And we're live, Painkiller Radio, episode 289. Kyle? Yeah, this today's episode is being sponsored by the USA Network's Mr. Robot, as well as Tracker. So we'll talk more about each of those things later on in the show. But right. uh, Our guest, JD2020. Hello, Dude, again. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a few years since we've talked, right? It it's a few years since the last... Been. Okay. So yeah, you were about to come out with a mobile game, I think, last time we we talked. No, or it was, was about it? to be released or something like that. I don't think right? it was mobile. What year right? was that? No, it was some sort of fantasy game. Oh, it was. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, that was probably uh, before Lichdom Battle Mage, right? That's. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. It. yeah. That was right after I moved out of out of California. I moved here to uh, to um, to Atlanta, and uh, that was this first game out of an indie studio here. Yeah, that has been a little while. Then it's been a couple years. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> I, uh, I honestly still thought you were the Call of Duty guy. It, I am way out of the loop. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to so be Taylor. I want to be so blissfully unaware of like <laughs> every piece of drama everywhere. <laughs> he has no yeah, idea. He actually lives in like, real world all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, you're not alone. A lot of people still are. A lot of people are still uh, confused by that. For I don't people, know. I don't understand why. For people to know, Josh, no, a.k.a. J- JD2020, was uh, the community manager for the Treyarch series, the Black Ops, etc., for, yes. uh, for a long time. Yep. Yeah, that stopped in uh, 2012. Well, end of 2011 was when, uh, was when that all stopped. So it's been a while. It's been, you know, five years. Why did that wrap up? Uh, I was just my run was really just done there. The yeah. company was going in um, in a, a little bit of a different direction, and you've probably seen that now, where like they, um, you know, they, they don't really have community leaders anymore. They don't really uh-huh. have a community department. And honestly, the the commu- the way community should have been growing, and, and the way I wanted it to grow was even even a more central and um, bigger business unit, right? I thought that it should move out of the studios and into the publisher, into Activision. Um, the fact that the communities were split up and segregated between the different studio branches felt wrong to me. Aren't you um, glad you don't have that job now, though? Wasn't that the shittiest job ever? Because, because hear me out here. <laughs> because you're this you, you're this you're supposed to be the guy with his ground to the ear you're supposed mm-hmm. to be the guy out there who's who's getting uh feedback <laughs> from 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 people like me i'm supposed to be coming to you and saying hey man there's this exploit where everybody's doing this thing and it kind of ruins my games and then you're supposed to be going to the dev team presumably or somebody and be like hey we need a patch pronto and then it's supposed <laughs> to actually happen like like that's what the people out there who are like blowing your Twitter up were thinking. That's what a lot of people were thinking, but that's not what happened in practice. So you're sitting there, everyone thinks that that's what's up, and the patches aren't coming. So they're like, well, all I can imagine is that Josh guy is a real motherfucker. Right. He's sitting yes. on his hands over there, just doing laughing, fuck at, doing fuck laughing all at my tweets, even... <laughs> laughing at my tweets like I'm not crying my heart out over here. The, and uh, the most stressful jobs job. are the ones where you don't have full control, right? Like, if it's just your job to do a thing, then that you, know, you sort of own your own destiny. When it's your job to influence someone to do a thing, and you, you know, you're, it's a nightmare. So, JD, I, how did, is that how it went? Did you say, hey, the community needs this fix? People have an issue with this, or people love that. Let's do more of it. And then what happens? Like, 
it, it used to be that, you know, and that here's the thing. I think that the, the pain for a, a lot of the reasons why that became such a pain point for people to understand and keep up with is because it has changed a lot. So it used to be at the beginning when I was kind of getting my start, that was a lot of what it was. It was, it what was, was me a lot of my what it was? I don't know. Uh, my ear to the ground, listening to the feedback, understanding uh -huh. where the pain points were, and then helping the dev team to prioritize that uh, those bug fixes and those patches and updates. But the role as a discipline really began to evolve more into a, you know, you look at Ubisoft, they have roles for, they call their roles community developers. And it, it evolved into, you look at Riot Games and Blizzard as well, um, you know, it evolved into your role became more specialized. And so you started to um, develop programs and initiatives that would uh, help the overall community health and the overall uh, opportunity, creating this opportunity for community to flourish and for community to to to, to um, you know spread and for brand to grow and for for, for brand to brand awareness to um, to reach a critical mass. So an example of that would be at Riot Games after I I, I left Treyarch. Um, you know, I built their their cosplay program, and so you'd think, okay, well, what you know, what what exact value does that bring to the community? Well, so much of what League of Legends was and what Riot Games was all about were their live events, were their in-person events at PAX. Now it's all about their esport events, and cosplaying was this visceral way for fans and players to connect with League of Legends brand in a way that they've never been able to do with any other brand. Really, they could go up and have a conversation with their favorite champions, their favorite players the favorite characters from their games and that's this 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 personification of an ip that uh is really hard to get and hard to do and so, so building out a program to understand how to make that experience the best it can be for league of legends fans was a part of the community discipline and that has nothing to do with what patches or what weapons are overpowered and nothing what, to know, do with our question so why the fuck wasn't cod patched again like <laughs> i get lost <laughs> in that big stream of what the fuck you're talking about cosplay yeah. i don't you know learned a lot about cosplay i don't know where <laughs> like, what going. the fuck is this guy on about politics <laughs> so real real quick though i want to know how how old were you when you started at treyarch as basically the public twitter beating bag like how yeah. old were you uh, I was 20 years old back then. Oh, 20 God. years old. See, I didn't I think about this. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about this back then. But looking at you now, I'm like, okay, this guy is a, he's clearly a young guy still. So that means he was even younger getting. God, people were so fucking mean to you on Twitter, and you couldn't. You're 20 well, again, years old with no so, control over it. You're having to go deal with people who are doing things that you can't change. So it's not like you can talk to a programmer and be like, hey, these noob tubes are out of control. And they go, fuck you. And you go, well, I guess I'm breaking out the programming gloves. It's going to be a late night. Like, no, you well, can't. Well, so to, to go back to your question more specifically then, yes, that actually was a big part of the job, especially at the beginning, was was specifically going back to the team and saying this is what needs to happen. You know, I don't I don't care about your numbers and your statistics. The it, perception a lot of times is everything and if this is the way that even if it's a vocal minority perception, if this is the way that perception is driving, then it's our job to make sure we're correcting that perception in whatever way whatever means we need to. Now, that's where you start to have this it, the, the the problem gets a, little, a lot more complex. So when you ask why wasn't this patched or why wasn't this fixed? Now you start to get into this really interesting nuance where a lot of times the players, the, the, the community can't really truly understand what the problem is or, or 
a lot of times they won't even, there's nowhere to have that conversation online where people would genuinely understand why the decision's the right decision to be made. I'll okay. use, I'll use yeah, it detection. Here, I'll even help you with one. Um, right. Why was the MP40 so goddamn powerful in the first Black Ops? Yeah, so the MP40 um, was a or fun the story. World at War, yeah. It, it, it had the, I think it had the slowest fire rate of any gun in the game, short of a bolt action. Uh-huh. Um, the slowest fire rate even of the heavier assault rifles. And so uh, when you talk about overall damage per second, in order to, if, if you decrease something's fire rate, you have to increase its power, right? And if you're going to increase something's power, you decrease its fire rate. Or, you know, what you can, sure. you can tweak all sorts of numbers to affect damage per second, you can tweak accuracy. And so with that gun, it was also a lot of kick to the gun. Mm-hmm. But here's the, here's the catch. Particularly sophisticated players with that gun could counter, could have their, their sensitivity set high enough, especially with a controller when you're talking about Xboxes, could have their sensitivity set high enough where they could counteract that kick to the point where their one, two, and even third shot, if it ever came to that, if people were using pain, uh, uh, juggernaut. Um, juggernaut, for example, um, you know, they could actually be really, really effective with that. But then again, when you look at the data, and you look at the vast majority of players, that sometimes can be very deceiving. And, and, and so you also have to, the, the problem is compounded by this massive skill gap. And if your matchmaking system is working the right way, you're matching lower skilled players with lower skilled, higher skilled players with higher skilled. And I know I'm opening up this Pandora's box of things sure. to bitch about when it comes to um, how accurate the matchmaking is. But the, the problems become really complex for the team to solve and that that's where it comes back to me where it's like i can't just go out in the world we can't we can't design a game by committee so i was never able to just go out on the forums or on twitter and lay out all of these problems and and and, you know there's this there's this common phrase right too many cooks in the kitchen Mm -hmm. uh that's bad enough if you have a room full of 12 developers that's probably too many cooks in the kitchen but if you add in 200,000 voices on social media um, it suddenly becomes this you know almost impossible problem to work through without with that many voices that was an interesting answer on the mp40 though like oh yes the damage per minute the accuracy like the other stats made it worse and you know, strong players and can overcome it. The hit, hit detection is the, 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 the example I like to use the most, though, because it, it, it embodies the lack of, a lot of times, perspective people have. Um, it's just a human trait. It has nothing to do with gamers or COD fans. It's just people. Um, you know, hit the, the Call of Duty, after Call of Duty 1 uh, came Call of Duty 2, and that's where they introduced this technology called anti-lag. And any dedicated PC gamers for Call of Duty will remember when we were configuring our dedicated servers, we had to we had this new this new console command called anti-lag and we were trying to figure out what that meant well what it is is it's the server whoever the host is or, or in the case of when there's dedicated servers it's the dedicated server is it knows what everyone's ping is in the match right mm-hmm. so let's say kyle's ping is uh 50 and let's say woody's ping is 100 milliseconds what the server will do is when the two of you get into a gunfight it will actually artificially delay kyle's shots from registering by an extra 25 milliseconds bringing him artificially to a ping of 75. Now the server can't accelerate your shots any Woody Mm -hmm. so yours are still going to register at 100 milliseconds but at least now you're at a slightly closer playing field. Kyle doesn't have a 50 millisecond advantage over you he only has a 25 millisecond advantage over you but to him it feels like his shots might be registering a little bit later because well they technically were 
And now when you're talking about a 25 millisecond gap, that's really hard to perceive. But a lot of times what you'll have is you'll have people with 180 milliseconds playing against somebody with 40 milliseconds. And then that system tries to bring, uh, find a middle ground between those two, uh, those two latencies. And the guy with the lower ping will think that he's being, that, that his shots are broken. But the reality is it's actually more fair for more amount of people. And it's frustrating to have that conversation publicly. And I couldn't have that when I was the guy because it's like, well, it's just never going to be a popular conversation to have because now you're going to have people with really, really strong internet connections or people who are really close geographically to the data center who are going to be going, why am I getting punished because other guys uh, live out in the middle of nowhere or because they have bad internet. Because they bought their connection from Walmart. That's what they'll tell you, right? right. That's so, the so thing. It, the, the, the reality is in that context, the, the hit detection system, the anti-lag system is creating a better experience for more people, but for the ones that it's slightly deteriorating the experience for, they are so loud about it and makes it sound like and seem like there's this broken system. But the, the truth is hit detection's working exactly as it was designed. Also, theater mode didn't help with that because theater mode is a local recording of your local game state. And so in theater mode, when people were uploading their YouTube clips and you're seeing a bullet hit from around the corner or from five feet away, that's because the local client doesn't, isn't taking into account what the server was delaying in terms of that, that, that shot from registering. So it looks like a more exacerbated problem when you record it in local theater mode and put it online. So, and so, again, it, it even further like pour gasoline on the, on the conspiracy theory that there was some, something broken with hit detection. So did, did the hate bother you? Tell the truth. There was times when it bothered me. Yeah, I mean, you, you read about it now. You know, it's really big now. When um, I had to go into protective custody for like a weekend uh -huh. um, oh, when what? I got a death threat. Yeah, me, me and my girlfriend got threatened once when I was at the studio. Um, it was right before I had to go to like some big GameStop show and do a public thing. Um, yeah, these guys, they called like my private phone that's not listed anywhere. It was like a, an old flip phone that I would wear on my hip that only my family knew the number to for emergencies. And some someone called that and they read out my actual home address, which was also protected and obscured because we don't want people knowing where I, I live. And um, and this was after like weeks and weeks of these guys who were calling and harassing our receptionist and giving her death threats and rape threats because she wasn't telling them my phone number and how to reach me because she knows better than to give that information out. Mm -hmm. But they, they were getting mad at her. And then so finally these people found it out and they read out my home address to me and they, they were telling me they were waiting for me to come home and they were going to rape my girlfriend and kill me and all this horrible shit. And um, and so, you know, they took that one really seriously because that seemed to be like really corroborated. Um, and so we had to go and, 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 and go into, you know, protection for a couple of days while they vetted the actual threat. Now, the threat ended up being not as serious as we were all feared it to be, which is great. Um, but nevertheless, like that shit was happening, you know, Did, way back then. And they found the guy. Yeah, it was some uh, it was some kid in uh, I think it was like Jersey, some sixteen year old kid, and uh, he was using his dad's uh, credit card to try to PayPal like gangs in the LA area to intimidate me and shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, That's a little serious. You can but, just holy hit up. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is like. <laughs> You know, no, nothing, nothing came of it. He, he was really just getting scammed, right? Like, no one's going to fucking, like, mm. stick their neck out for some stupid kid. Or his and and the, the funny thing, what he was pissed off about was, you know, do you remember back then, Nazi Zombies was the big thing with leaderboards. And, right. uh, and everybody wanted to get the highest score. So what people would do is, short of, even, even people who weren't finding exploits, 
people would leave their consoles on for like a week at a time and they would they would find little spots where the zombies couldn't get them and when they had to go to sleep or get something to eat they would all just walk away from their controllers and then they'd come back and pick up their high score run yep i so, did that so many times so so <laughs> is that bad fucking surprise when your so. xbox crashes after being on for four days straight right and they blame it on us that like oh you know your, your game crashed and ruined our high score because to it be fair when you're on round 80 anything can can ruin your day you know <laughs> yes. because then it's not just i lost out on this game today it's god damn it i haven't watched anything on this tv in a week and a half and now it's fucking gone <laughs> i totally <laughs> empathize with how fucking annoying that must be but to blame that on the game like yeah, your hardware is not meant to run that long it, that's just the reality yeah. and and then to blame it on me uh, me and to be threatening these people and with all this violence like our receptionist she's like this doll like there's no one could ever say a bad word about her and the shit she had to go through like she'd play some of the voicemails they're leaving for uh, for me and for her on there and i'm just like i'm so sorry you have to you know you have to deal with this but so yes to answer your question that kind of shit did weigh on me and it did get really 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 annoying but i also have to be completely honest and i'm not just saying this because i don't even work for them anymore like i don't have to just say toe the party line but it honestly was way more rewarding than not rewarding overall like there is still a lot more really like positive people who are really passionate and really fun and supportive but you know, a lot of times the vocal minority does take root, and a lot of times that's just really, really toxic. My wife burns this into my head. She's like, "You say one negative thing, it takes twenty positives to overcome it." You know, and and like right, you remember the the bad more. I mean, and it, it's not just me, and it's not just you know sensitive YouTubers or whatever. Like if I say a thing about Hope's outfit, Hope is my daughter, then uh, you know if I don't phrase that right, Jackie's like. Now you dug a hole. Nicely done. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got to come up with 20 positive things to say before that's really over with. And yeah. that's just, that's the way people are wired. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, my, my dad did not implement the uh, 20 nice things for every <laughs> critique approach. Um, you know, it wasn't like, God, you you really fucked up English this semester, Taylor. Your hair looks great. I like your shirt. Uh, your glasses are okay. You, you look like you're losing a bit of weight. Uh, blues are playing well. Doesn't have to do with you, but you know, like you didn't go through some list. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm sure Kyle's family did not either. Uh, no, they, it was very um, um, sort of. I'm trying to browbeating and yeah. loud, very loud. My dad, when he's um, disappointed or upset and angry, like has a very he, he has a bit of a snarl on his face, like his lips curl back, and he's just just so intensely angry sometimes, and he he screams. Um, and uh, it's maybe been 15 or 20 years now since he screamed at me, but I can remember having a panic attack one time when I was like 18 and he screamed at me because it was so goddamn scary. So, yeah, at following that, there was no like listing of my good qualities. It was like, yeah. you half-assed piece of shit, you gotta yeah. do it right next time. Who you gonna be? You gotta do this the right way. And it was just hours of that and then, uh, okay, I will. That, that's kind of how it went was way better than the silence because at least if you got yelled at you knew like okay they're getting some frustration out of this too so they're not going to be as mad as they were before after this bout oh so you're doing a public service you're you're yeah. at this point you're you're like therapeutic for them yes yes I'm very <laughs> silver selfless. lining very selfish <laughs> yeah. but so, if they were quiet about it you know that's just building that resentment you know so you almost wanted to instigate them into starting freaking out you know I never Maybe wanted not. that. I, I tried to tiptoe around that, tried to avoid that as much as possible. You don't want to set things off. Uh, and if possible, you want to try to defuse things. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Different I, approach with Lamar. 
Yeah, yeah, you gotta be get a little more, more a little more careful. So like... a fan. Oh, go on. You can go. I was I was gonna say a fan was kind enough to send me, and he's loaning it to me just so there's no confusion. I'm I, I think he is. Um, I, that that was that that's what we discussed was that I'm sending this thing back. But he sent me a uh, a 980 Ti classified graphics card for my new setup because I've been waiting on the 1080 uh, to come out specifically the uh, the Asus Strix and it seems like they're recalling those because they're overheating or something now so I uh, might be waiting a little bit to get the 1080 but he sent me the 980 so I knew I had to get started on my uh, my computer build the parts had just been sitting there all week so I started the day before yesterday I got like 80% of 90% of the stuff done the first day and I don't know I don't know three or four hours or something and then the second day, maybe less, I don't know. All I know for sure is that putting it together wasn't much of a hassle. It got done, and I was real happy with how everything looked. And there's still a little tweak here and there to do. I'm going to add another fan and some LEDs. But me and Chiz spent about 10 hours getting this thing set yes, up on did. the inside. We were working on that BIOS, working on the operating system, and uh, working out little bugs that we had with, between the frame rate issues with my hundred, uh, <clears throat> with my overclocked monitor, and it, it was a nightmare. But everything's set up now. Everything works. I don't have it all put together the way it's going to go because I haven't put the desk in the room over there yet. But I've been gaming with it a little bit, and it, even with the 980 Ti, which I, I'm acting like that's not a, a nice graphics card. With the 980 Ti in Witcher, it's so fucking beautiful. I'm maxing all the settings out, playing in 60 frames per second or God, something that like that. Pinnacle of perfection when it comes to a video game. That game, it's beautiful. It's unbelievable. Um, I uh, all the uh, all the hair effects and stuff. Like uh, it's it's very immersive. I'm I'm really digging it. I haven't played very much for me. But just... For me, it was the level of depth. For me, I got uh, I got like 12 hours into it, and I'm like, man, I've put a lot of time into this game, and I'm not even like 5% of the way through. You know what I mean? Like that's the crazy amount of depth and content in that game, um, and I just didn't have, I couldn't find the time to finish that game, right? But it, it, it's a masterpiece on every level: art, visuals, animation, storytelling, gameplay, depth, complete, just amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to getting more into it now. I'm probably I, I got in there for maybe half an hour just to see what it looked like and, and tinkered with the settings, and then I went I started like overclocking stuff after that to try to get a, get a few more frames per second. But I really love this setup. I'm glad I invested in it. Um, I'm gonna post a lot of pictures and and, and stuff of this thing when everything when I get get everything in its place and the way it's supposed to be. But um, what kind of case did you go with? Did you, you build this computer custom? Uh, I, I assembled this computer, the, but yeah. the um, it's an NZXT, um, what is it, the Cool Air 440, I think, the red one. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't want to see you posting about it on Twitter. I'm enjoying getting all the updates from, from Kitty. Kitty, because the way she's taking those pictures and what she's putting in there, like, she'll, she'll take a picture of you smiling with it, like, and it's like Kyle's super excited about his new monitor, and it just comes off as like you're a Make-A-Wish kid, and she <laughs> made your dream come true, and that you're just so excited about it. Wow, this is going to be great for the next eight months. I don't have to worry about replacing it. I won't outlast this thing. <laughs> I really love this monitor. It's the um, it's the what is it, the Asus? Yeah, it's the Asus um, like ultra wide, so it's 3440 by 1440, um, hundred uh, hertz monitor. I've never had a monitor like this before. It's incredible. It's like two monitors without, you know, the bezel in the middle, and it's ultra HD. Oh, All those super widescreen ones. <clears throat> yeah, I love. Them. I've seen them in like uh, the Microsoft Store in the mall. They look awesome. 
it's uh it wasn't cheap i think this was like thirteen hundred dollars so it's by far the most expensive thing in the setup um now do you have the curved one or just the straight one yeah, yeah I got the curved one yeah it just came out um i'm really digging it i uh i'm i'm, I'm building a desk uh it's the desk is like nine feet uh, long um and i'm putting it in a room over here and kind of just making a that room over there of my house it's going to be like a dedicated gaming room i'm going to set up the vibe and all that stuff in there so that's gonna be fun that's I think you tried a uh, Company of Heroes two on it yet? Yes. Oh my limit. god. Oh my god. I if I felt sorry for my squads and Company of Heroes before, I'm writing letters to their families now. <laughs> this is intense. You send your eight guys in, and the machine guns open up, and they're just like blowing apart. There's arms flying, and I'm just like, oh god, somebody get the arm, get the arm. I've got everything maxed out. I'm playing an ultra wide, and uh, you know it's it's running it. I don't know how many frames. It's it was it was kind of just. I think I had a frame rate issue where I couldn't unlock it, but it was stuck at 60 frames, uh, maxed out on everything. But uh, I'm sure it'll run at 100 when I get it to do it. But it's beautiful. It's incredible. I'm I've been playing uh, Company of Heroes 2 on. So that's an RTS game that Kyle and I have been playing, where top-down strategy uh, on PC, and I've been playing on mute most of the time because I'll have Seinfeld or something going in the background and so I never really got their little like quips they would say during it and then I unmuted it a couple days ago while I was playing and man they've got a lot of really depressing things that those characters say because I had no problem sending my men to die until I had the volume on and you hear like but general we are losing all of our men and it's like we are dying here comrade please help Please do be helping us, like just even you'll hear. Ah, we're burning, Captain! Yeah. No! <laughs> and, and he'll literally scream like that as the tank explodes. But they've got like unique tank animations, so sometimes a tank gets hit and the battery goes off and the whole tank explodes. Sometimes it goes off. Uh, sometimes a tank hit gets hit and the fuel goes off and it bl explodes a different way. Well, sometimes it's just the fuel-air combination, I guess, so the top of the tank just erupts like a flare out the top of it, so you know it's just cooking everything on the inside. <laughs> and and you can, it, yeah. it'll blow one of them out of the hatch, and he'll tumble through the air ragdoll-style and land on the ground all smoldering with the flesh burn off. It's I like the uh, Americans where their tank crews, like, it's like programmed in for them to start screaming when it's already far too late for you to save them. If you micro perfectly your tank away from their anti-tank, like there's it, no way. It only triggers this. You'll just hear like your grizzled tank vet be like, no, no, no! <laughs> and it's just him dying. <laughs> and it, it's, I, it's tough, man. I, when, I, when I was playing that game um, originally, I, just, I, I never zoomed all the way in. I never scrolled all the way in because it's not useful for gameplay to do that. It's only nice if you want to see what I'm seeing, you know, see see the crazy shit up close. But man, with with this new thing, I'm telling you, it's yeah. I feel sorry for them. They've got like I, birth defects and the list of their favorite authors. Like <laughs> it, you can see on there. They got different color eyes, these fuckers. Like <laughs> they really have color eyes. You can zoom in like on the church and you'll see this like the stained glass and you'll be like you you can make out which saint it is. You can say, Oh yeah, that's that's this or that's that. It's it's very impressive that they spent that much time and to get the detail right. Consider it's an RTS game where most of the time you're zoomed way the fuck out, so you can't even tell who anything is. Yeah, yeah. And hearing you talk about this whole PC thing, and you did offer it. You sent me a list of PC part picker, and it's only like nine hundred bucks, nine hundred some odd bucks. And apparently that's a really nice one. I did do, I did no research into any of the components or the pieces. I trust you. 
You know, I, <laughs> I did a lot of research. Like, I like, like this. I, I feel like a proud parent almost. Like, you know what? Our Kyle's taking an interest in something. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, every day he's like pouring over parts, trying to make sure he's got just the right build that does everything he wants. And, and you know, he's putting it together himself with it help, but you know, he's doing it all. And, and in terms of offering support to Kyle, the kinds of questions that you might have legitimately asked two months ago are somewhat insulting now, you know, and, and you know, cause he's just picked a lot up. He's now he's a guy who's yeah. built a PC before. What yeah, I've I learned is that there are way more parts in a PC <laughs> if you're building it than what I thought, because <laughs> you sent me the list and I was picturing it to be like, you know, you got the case and then you got the fixins. And you got the battery, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it turns out there's much more to it than that. Uh, yeah, um, uh, but what I what I set, I set up like a uh, the R an RX 480 build for Taylor. That's a $250 uh, card that's that really competes well with the 970 cards. Um, it's yeah. it's it's crazy impressive that it can do that. It it just came out, but it was I think it comes to $925 to set up I put together for you, and it that'll max out any 1080p game. Um, of course, you need peripherals to go along, like mice, keyboard, and uh, monitor. Well, he's got his wireless, like fourteen dollar mouse right there. I've yeah, he's bad boy. Uh, <laughs> the Razorback Seven. Got it, <laughs> uh, got it from Best Buy as they were about to close. And the gentleman, as I was checking it out, he told me, uh, "You know, we're not supposed to be open this late." So, you know. <laughs> so it's <They're>, real. <laughs> a limited edition. I don't see how that makes your mouse any less of a shit fest. That's right. Why do I need a nice mouse? Convince me on that, Kyle, because that's something I don't get. I don't feel like anything different than this is going to make me better at clicking around. So for me, maybe it's just that I'm used to this. I don't know. This feels like this reminds me of a rifle trigger or something like that. And it's uh, not that I've got the best one in the world or, or anything. I've got the same one Woody's got, but I lost a piece of it, so I don't use it anymore. I like Hold this. One. I like this one because it's got all these weights inside of it, and it weighs a shit ton. Hmm. And you can uh, configure that, right? You can pull like one or two of those out, and it can be a little bit ha like less heavy or or heavier, right? That's right. Yeah. And the weight of your mouse is why is that important? <laughs> no, I like I like to have a uh, I like to have a good throw as they call it in the community um, when I'm gaming. Um, I like to have um, <laughs> I like to have get my Uber Micro uh, fully unleashed and and I feel I can do that with this with this mouse. I don't know. I for me honestly, it's got some more some more buttons that yours doesn't that I use sometimes, and it's got. Um, it's super adjustable with the way it fits your hand. That's also a thing. Like all these plates so, slide around and stuff. Let me give. Yeah, this I'm not a ripping try. on it. I just really never. So look, I, I used I used the Razer Naga and and because you know I, I play a I lot have. of League of Legends and for me it was the number pad near the thumb, the one through six that I could put all my item slots into and then so if I had any actives that I was using in the game I could quickly cast them on my thumb. I didn't have to lift my hand off the key, you know, the Q W E and R keys. Exactly. So by default these are one through twelve. And can you see what I'm showing? Yeah, you guys can. Uh, yeah, we can and uh, for me, it was Minecraft. I don't pretend to be great at Minecraft, but I played it a lot. And um, there's a hot bar across the bottom. So as you're fighting people, you might have like a sword in one hand, a bow in the other, and put, I don't know, say potions in the <laughs> other seven slots. So you need to, in a hurry, be able to like go to hot bar number three, throw a potion at your feet, 
get back to your sword and get back in the fight. And if that stuff's on the keyboard, well, like you're already WASDing, you're coming off, etc. But with your thumb here all the time, and I was only good at it at my best. I was never great. But I could like quickly just, you know, bounce over to four, bounce back to one and, you know, do my thing. And the RTS is like, I bet you can imagine an application for that in your games too. Yeah, right? you like, could have three Cromwells going into battle. Each of them's got a number. And as you're going in, you can quickly change, make your tanks do it, do stuff independent of one another. You could get yeah. some, it'll help your micro skills out a lot with something yeah. like ah, that. So I could basically not have to do the hotkeys I'm doing for my unit groups anymore. And I could just do it to, all with you'll my have mouse. To learn you have it, it over there. It's gonna it's gonna be a big learning curve to get used to because when I got the nugget first, it was just weird and but so like you're gonna have to train and practice your way through it. But yeah, once you get efficient at it, you will be more effective at, at your best than you are now. Yeah, and then there's other like so I found the like one and three for example are the are kind of the top corners. I could go those instantly. So things that were like especially critical to me, I'd put in one and three. And then yep. like four, it was like the next one I learned because it was right under one. And then you know, I just, but like if you asked me to pick off like eight from the list. Six is the worst to get to. <laughs> six. Okay. Well, six is right under three. For me, it was eight. It was eight. Oh, okay. it, yeah. Like I, because it, it's, it's, I, I guess it'd probably be eight and five. Like the two middle ones were, were the slowest for me to learn. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. But, the, you know, just even getting like, even having like four, like the corners that you can instantly learn is a lot better than having to futz around the keyboard to me yep yeah i want to be able to see what it the game looks like as you're playing kyle but i realized that asking you for a screenshot would not have helped yeah uh, it, it, he could make a video somewhat. you could play a video that he's yeah doing. i could i could yeah. and i could record a video a little picture and picture of your hand next to the, the, the on the mouse scale yeah so i know it's i'm looking forward to getting it all set up i've I, uh, I've got my lumber for the, the desk and everything. I know where it's going to be. Everything's measured and cut. Um, I'm waiting on them to finish uh, planing all the wood, and then I'm going to start staining and securing the desk together. Oh, and so then... you're, like, building your office, like, legit. Like, yeah, I, uh, yeah I, found, uh, I found some reclaimed lumber that's, uh, it's like, 45 years old. They, they sawed it out of old telephone poles. And uh, it's been sitting um, in, a, in a building for like the last 10 years or something like that, drying out. So <clears throat> I'm going to plane all that down. It's, it's two inches thick, uh, eight inches wide, and 10 feet long. Uh, I'm going to plane all that down, make it look really nice. And I think I'm going to stain it really black. dark, uh, almost black. And uh, everything else is kind of a red and black theme, so I might do the trim in like a dark cherry or something like that. I don't know. I've, got, I've been thinking about this for about two or three weeks now, and I'm, I'm getting to put it all together now, so it's fun. Good. That's cool, man. Yeah. I'm having a good time. I'm looking forward... And it all started when we had... Uh, I guess uh, when we had Tucker on a while back, and he was talking about the, the Vive and how much fun the VR stuff was. And I was like, ah, well, now I have to buy one. So I got my... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order the Vive. Uh, I think I'll order the Vive tonight. I've been putting it off. Do it on stream. Fun. Do it. Right. What, like now? Let's watch. Let's live... Yeah, stream the... I purchasing you, of the vibe you want to like watch me as i like mm -hmm. click go to amazon and make it happen <laughs> you know the yeah. peak of it all will be if you give us a reference number three two nine eight seven six five four that's a it's a good hair hairbinger what is the word i'm looking for harbinger harbinger, harbinger. Yeah. yeah i've read it too much but uh. yeah i like that you, i like how kyle gets into things he very you you ramp up into hobbies very quickly there's there's not much of a dabble period for you where it's like oh this computer thing's kind of interesting it's like half an hour after Tucker leaves you're like ah 
this $3,000 monitor is actually 10% better than the $1,900 monitor, and I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've been... I, Whenever he said that, and he talked about how uh, how immersive it was, and then I saw a few demos of some stuff, and I saw a few of the games that I would like in particular. I like I like the bow and arrow game. I like the uh, the race car game. Um, there's a few of them that I've seen that. I, there was one that was like a horror, uh, like you're in a horror movie, and uh, he's like, uh, I saw uh, it was a J Two Cents video, and you're like, he's like looking down at like hands that aren't his hands, you know, because he's just in this world and like flipping through files and stuff, and I'm like, shit, this looks like I'm gonna go live in a movie. This sounds, this seems awesome. And he also said something that really struck with me, um, stuck with me. He, he said that the younger the person is when they try out the the Vive or VR in general, I guess, the less impressed they are with it. He's like, I gave it to my daughter. And she's like, oh, this is cool. Okay. <laughs> like shooting the bow and arrow. But then he's like, then I gave it to my father, who's 74 or something like that. And, and it's like... <laughs> and he had a heart attack right then and there. Yeah, you know, like, like you know, to, to yeah, the older he'll still you are. Tell you that... from the right side of his mouth that he really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! That's great. Yeah, I like that one. Wow! <laughs> he kind of wears a chalkboard. From <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Legends of the Fall, that was a great movie. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so that's a thing that's, that that. That, that I keep thinking about too is like I want I want to show this thing to my dad because my dad's uh, 63 or 64 or something like that I don't know I want to show this thing to my dad because I think because all the uh, all the while growing up I'd try to get my dad to play video games with me and he never would because he'd be like look at that what is that just a bunch of little shapes bumping around in there like like he he he, he it really needs to be visual for him to appreciate it it has to look good because <clears throat> I remember when I showed him Call of Duty 4 single player the AC 130 scene. He was like, "Oh, oh, that looks like those YouTube videos we, that we've watched of you know AC 130s actually killing people." And he was impressed by that, and he thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the next step up from something like that. So was he impressed when you told him that you were the captain of said vehicle? Oh my god, oh, that was so funny. I, yeah, there was one time when I was um, <laughs> back when Halo uh, Three came out, and I was just trying to explain <laughs> to my dad how this video game worked. And, uh, and and I was like, yeah, you see, I'm a lieutenant colonel here. And I was just all I was just trying to explain was that there's a ranking system, and I can remember like like <laughs> the next time like the family was together at a dinner or something like that. He he was like, looks at my mom. He's like, Kyle's a lieutenant colonel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like so embarrassed. I'm like, that's not what I meant. I wasn't <laughs> bragging that I have some rank and I'm like ordering people around or anything. I'm not in a fantasy world. It he made it he, he made it out like I, I was playing a, a fantasy role playing game and I was bragging that I was the brigadier general of Utopia or some bullshit. So he was and, busting your chops. He wasn't proud that you were a lieutenant colonel. Of course he was busting my chops. Yes. <laughs> Seemed pretty proud when you did the impression, I was just saying. No, that's clearly <laughs> making fun of him. Yeah. That's how my father mocks people. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a dry sense of humor. He's, he's just like, and mom's just like, oh? I'm just like, oh, I remember how, how embarrassing that was. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. So, because uh, you don't have a degree, did you have to go in in a different level than a lot of the other players uh, <laughs> to be able to jump right? Uh, you know, or did you have to start out as NCO or what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, my my dad stopped trying to understand video games after they got they introduced the second uh, joystick. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. After N sixty four, it was just it was for a, a lot of people. They were just like patting your head, rubbing your belly, can't do it, and they signed yeah. off. Like, it's yeah. so fucking frustrating to watch people. I'd say ninety five percent of people over the age of fifty, yeah. they have to do that thing where they look way too quickly and then they readjust. Then they will look way too quick, and they're up in the sky, and they're down at the ground. It's infuriating. No, the worst, just, what happens is they'll, like, walk into a wall and get completely lost. They're looking oh. at the ceiling. They're trying to adjust themselves. Things aren't making much sense, and it's like, can't you see you're looking at the floor? But no, they, they can't, and they just can't get their, their settings right. Everything is a wall because they're looking straight down. It's, it's a nightmare. It, it can be very confusing. Um, I, 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 I like watching people play when I, when I give them a controller for the first time or whatever, and it's... Like you said, they can't use both sticks uh, simultaneously, so they'll walk for a while, but they'll just kind of be walking in a half straight line, yeah. but, but sort of just strafing a little at the same drifting. time, and then they'll bump into the wall, and, but they'll still be, now they're gliding along the side mm -hmm. of the wall, and I'm like, well, at least you're going in a straight line now, I don't correct them, but then all of a sudden they're in the corner of the wall. Right. Or, there's a table there, and that's, what are you going to do now? <laughs> you know? well, I remember broken. trying to get my broken. grandma to understand... Uh, some shooting game, or maybe it was PS2 when mm -hmm. PS2 first came out, and she just could not get it. And I was younger, so I was like, "No, no, just do, just go, just do this. Like, just, just do it. Like, why can't you just do it? It's harder." And she, I kind of opened my eyes, being like, "Taylor, I didn't grow up with running water." And I was <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, that's true. That is true." <laughs> I feel like the world needs to start. Like, there should be an expectation of at least getting this kind of thing. You know, like it goes for YouTube or video games or whatever. That the bar is set too low. Yes, yes. I, I feel like now. Expectations okay, worldwide. Okay, here's the thing. Correct. So in the news, right? Sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, you know, this murderer played Call of Duty. Well, that figures. He's been playing this murder simulator for so long. Of course, you put it into practice." And it's like, no. Not only is that wrong, that is so stupid, you are not allowed to be that stupid anymore, right? That time has passed. If you said that in 2004, well, there wouldn't be a lot of cod, I don't even know. But if you said that in you know, 2007 or something, then eh, it's just dumb. You're still saying that you shouldn't be in a position where other people listen to you. That's, that's a Clinton stance, I believe. You know, it mm -hmm. could it's be, a I don't even know. It is. Yeah, it's it all comes down to life context, and the no matter what, no matter what media, because every every form of media has come under that fire. It was it was rap lyrics in the '90s. It was Marilyn uh, Manson before that. I almost said Marilyn Monroe. Um, <laughs> it was you know, and now it's it's video games, and 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 and, and even before that, you know, it, it was I'm sure it was books. It was there's lots of lots of violence in some you know classical. Sure, and there were book um, burnings. Uh, writing. So, so the, the reality is, it's just context. It's, it's just, you know, no matter what that form of media is, it represents a tiny percentage of your life's context. And what was happening um, prenatally uh, to, you know, in, in your surroundings, in your environment has more of an impact than a video game you're playing growing up with an abusive parent or with a, um, you know, an alcoholic in your family or getting incessantly bullied through school or, you know, all of these things have heartbreak, having someone cheat on you and, and ruin your life. I mean, these things have way more people giving you shit over Twitter than that, certainly yeah. harassment, <laughs> bullying, whatever wherever that comes from certainly has way more of an impact than you playing a video game for a few hours of your day. Even if you just look at it in terms of raw percentages, it's a fraction of 1% of your life's context is this form of entertainment. And, and sure, it has some influence, right? There's no doubt that 
I tear up at some movies, not really because I'm a man, but there's yeah, no neither. doubt that there's there are movies and music, there's song that'll put me into a different mood, a video game will make me will elicit an emotion. So no doubt it has an emotional impact on people. But when you talk about it causing you <sighs> being even in a, a substantial, even a significant cause uh, to you acting out in a violent manner is just absurd. I mean, who plays more who plays more video games than anybody right now? Esport players. And do you see any pro pro esport players running around? You know, shooting those up guys don't look like they can fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of esport players actually. I know, I'm just being yeah. a dick because I don't watch esports. But yeah, I mean, like the whole thing you're saying, totally agree. Like, if you actually want to look at statistics on gun violence, like they've been going, gun violence has gone down in every way since like the 80s. Mm -hmm. And when has video have video games been around? Like, we'll say, like, Doom was the first one that they could say, because I, I think in the 90s that was the big one. Pong a lot one. of people negatively. What? Yeah, you, Pong really influenced a lot of people negatively. That ball going back and forth, it's very confrontational. People used to smack each other with ping pong paddles and parking space arguments. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was because of Pong. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's just a... Back on you. <laughs> Josh, Josh, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, did you read the books at all, or do you have any book knowledge? Didn't read the book. Perfect, perfect. Because did you watch the season finale recently? I've, I'm completely caught up. I'm really, really right. happy with it. So I, um, I guess for the audience, we're about to talk about Game of Thrones a little bit. So yes, be warned. Yeah. Do, yeah, be, not, so, do not, do not ban me on Twitter. Do not unfollow <laughs> me if I spoil something. Okay. <laughs> no, you won't. So you saw the episode. Um, who's Jon Snow's mother? Uh, Lyanna. Okay. Saying Who's Jon Snow's father? Uh, not Ned, obviously. Rhaegar. Not Ned. Did I say it? Rhaegar. Um, I, yeah, I think we could say it. Rhaegar. Yeah, it's Rhaegar. It's Rhaegar. Rhaegar Targaryen. Why are, why are yeah, we yeah. testing poor JD Twenty Twenty? The reason I'm asking <laughs> him this is because most of the people who are didn't in get it didn't get it. The people yeah. who aren't book people and don't have any book knowledge and sticks just to the show, oh. they didn't catch any of that. They're sitting yeah. there scratching their heads, curious about well, what that scene even meant. To be fair, I think that in, in, in some ways they want that. I, I think that I think that the architects of, of HBO and then and the show wanted. The, the, you don't you don't want to inundate people with too many reveals. I think that they were okay with the reveal being that that was Jon Snow, and they they very you know directly cut in that last episode between him as the baby and then he's you know they they cut right oh. to the eyes to the eyes of him as adult. So I think that right. I think that they really wanted to close that logical gap, and I think the Rhaegar. Uh, reveal they might still want to have come later in season seven, season seven because I do believe that it's going to be Jon Snow uh, more spoilers and, and, and I'm sorry if you don't want to hear my theory uh, Tyrion uh, I think is another bastard who probably comes from Dragon Blood and of course you have Daenerys so I, I, I think that they want these reveals to come in packages and, here's my question and, will all three of them simultaneously ride dragons yeah, you know, I'm I'm really fascinated about this because who's the third? I'll come in my pants if they do. Like oh, right there, yeah, I'll right. just it, that'll be the greatest moment ever. That that's that's what I want so badly. They all seem to be really fair leaders, but you have to imagine that at some point they're going to have to clash. There's going to have to be a dragon on dragon battle, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one of the two or or all three are going to have that falling out. I'm thinking I that the, I think that Drogon, well. the big one. Is mm -hmm. if they do have little dragon drama, then no, it's I think be he's the talking about the characters. Are, are you talking about Tyr between Tyrion, the Khaleesi, well, and John, right? 
them, them controlling their, their respective dragons. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think that just with the way I know the show goes, that there's going to have to be some drama that unfolds where they don't, aren't completely cooperative because if they were think about that right that this is not a this is not your happy ending show so if the three of them just formed an alliance and ruled happily ever after in a fair and just world i don't think that there's going to be a lot left to tell in this story right so i feel like there's going to have to be some uh conflict between them at some point i yeah, think the, I... the dragons themselves like no one is talking about what a horrible dragon mother the khaleesi is she rides in on her favorite child <laughs> after spending tons well, of time with just him and then doesn't even un doesn't even let the other kids out when she's back home. She leaves them in the dungeon. They have to break out of their own volition and then she's just kind of like what are you waiting for? Fall in line. Slaves. <laughs> like what, what the, the really what the really mother. hardcore dragon lore people would explain is that you can only create a, a soul bond between one one dragon and one dragon can only bond with one human being. So, like truly bond. So she, the, the one that she rides is the one she picked and the other two she won't be able to have that kind of control and bond with. They might not be hostile and aggressive towards her, just like the other two weren't hostile and aggressive towards Tyrion. But uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't really fully bonded with one of those two remaining ones yet. Either, I think he'll so. have that wrapped up by next season, though. I can't yeah, wait. To, I really want Tyrion on a dragon. Here's another thing I want to throw out there because we we we, we um Tyrion's earlier in the week, Woody and I. Yeah, yeah, he is. Earlier in the, with the dragon, maybe uh, the dragon's gonna like eat her, like chomp her up real good. good like that's how I want it. Um, yeah. So early in the week, Woody and I were talking about um, how the uh, Viserys seemingly teleported around a lot in the season finale. I uh, I talked to Chiz about this, and we were wrong. So if you look very closely in that last scene when the the Khaleesi's uh, fleet of ships is sailing, the Martell ships are right alongside them. In there. I wasn't wrong. I knew that I already. Didn't know, I didn't pick up on you that. You did? Yeah. So, well, what that means is that she picked him up on the way. Like, he didn't have to go from Dorne back to Slaver's Bay. He just waited at Dorne, and she shows up, and, and then they keep going on. So I did realize that there were more ships there than I thought that she should have had. So I, I did think that, like, maybe something it's, else... It, yeah, it's the Dornish ships. It's the Martell yeah. fleet. It's the yeah, Ironborn. Yeah. It's the sh ship she captured. Yeah. Yep. And uh, well, whatever she, I don't know if I let him get it out, but yeah, the the sails on all the ships had the sigils of the different houses. So it, 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 on first look, you might think that was just Daenerys uh, sailing, you know, towards Westeros or whatever. But it was yeah. really Daenerys and all of these people that she's assembled, uh, all these other houses. So is is episode one going to be like Blackwater two point Like, is that going to be how season seven seven opens up? I think so. They're not going to do I don't well think it's gonna open Blackwater 2.0. They're all yeah, on fire, and well, Tyrion's on the other side. Have no fear. Daenerys rebuilds all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, she goes from, high, like, OP character, most OP character in the show, to, like, completely out of power and back up again all the time. So Daenerys couldn't care any less about those slave cities that she freed and seemingly cared about. Not two episodes ago. <laughs> She's... We have to make sure that, you know, slavery is abolished. And then it turns out that, you know, Plan A came back into the fold of, you know, we actually got ships now. And she's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll come back eventually, I promise. <laughs> like, we will, right? Like, well, she left the sec. She, she told Dario, you know, you know, you and the second sons will stay behind and make sure guys. that this peace stays and all that stuff. So, 
she and the, the the masters are all dead, so they've really conquered the ruling class there. So so the whole conflict's over, I, I think, for the most part. At least the you know the enemy, which was the the wise masters, they've been crippled, and there's only the one left, and he's been ha- he's had a talking to, you know. So I, I think yeah. it's problem solved. But she created a power vacuum, and she's not there. And well, I think the the the, the one, yeah, maybe so. I, and I those know. people who she left and trusted the city to were also people who worked right alongside her former enemies. So it's kind of, kind of like. I'm stupid. with Taylor. She's a terrible mother. She's a terrible leader. She's bad at everything except gathering troops, at which she is awesome. You know, she's and bad at most things. Let's be honest. But, by the way, Tyrion is was pretty bad. He he, he did not manage Slaver's Bay effectively at all in in uh, Daenerys's absence. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, you had always thought of of Tyrion as a respected sort of leader. And I thought and, he did well. Uh, I thought did he, you? Yeah, it's I thought like he did really well. He, he did great city, until he didn't. Yeah. yeah. The, the only problem was that the wise masters lied to him and and, and turned on him. But what he did do was he got, uh, remember, he got that red priestess to come in, and he was like, look, we're Team Khaleesi around here in all the cities from now on. Understand? Like, she's what gets put out. So uh, the whole city is in love with her. That She's won the people, and that's all that really matters. It doesn't really, and she crippled that fleet. Her beating an, beating an army was never what she needed Tyrion for. She needed Tyrion to help her win the people, which is what he's great at. Tyrion's I just think like, that, well, she comes back I, I the just, next day, the city's gone. Right, and, and so I just, I just think well, it was like that, a that was a month or two, right? He's, it was, been, it was a, gone. Hey, what are you saying, Josh? Well, it was a while, but I guess what, what I was happy from a, from like a plot development standpoint was I felt like Tyrion getting uh, humbled like that was really, really, really important because he's always obviously thought very highly of himself and he's always been a step ahead of everybody else in King's Landing. So I felt like that was a moment of, of humility for him that um, you know maybe he doesn't have all the answers and and um and i think that could ultimately make him more of a team player when it comes back to uh all these plot points coming back together i'm with I josh them, completely they, they don't like they're not as not as cool with dwarves i guess over there in essos as they were oh, in westeros because it was almost like he was he was the famous dwarf in westeros like when you think dwarf you think Tyrion. essos i guess dwarves still on the lowest rung of society you know, they, now, don't, they don't care for dwarves there. My question for you folks is, what, what? I mean, what about Jorah? You know, he's been sent away to find his cure. I um, hope he never comes back. I'm <laughs> so tired of the Khaleesi. The Khaleesi could be a good leader eventually if she wasn't surrounded by a group of pearl-clutching yes-men who are constantly... <laughs> placating themselves and making sure that she's happy with every decision. It's like, no, sometimes this lady needs some hard truths. She's young and she brought you in to give sound advice. And most of the time she's like, if I, should I just burn them and take the ships? Of course, Khaleesi, they are yours to burn. (laughs) And it's like, no, that's not fucking helpful, Jorah. Just because you stick so hard every time you get around her doesn't mean that you're giving her poignant uh, economic or policy advice. Her foreign relations are worse than Sarah Palin's at this point. I can see Westeros from my house. Like, no, she has no fucking idea. Like, and, and it's because she's a young girl being fed by asshole yes-men who are out for themselves. I was so happy to see her say to that guy who's not the blue-bearded guy anymore to be like, yeah, nah, yeah, you're yeah. staying here. You're staying yeah. here. But but I wanted to be your yes-man over there. No. No, I'm going to be getting a lot of strange dick over there, and I need to come with Mark. So you're going to stay here. Probably betray me. Whatever. Bring slavery back. Don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> that's 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 where I am. Like do your own thing. Whatever. Yeah, I like that. I love I love that she kicked him to the curb. 
I didn't. I didn't. I felt like Tyrion did like a, a great job, and that's why she get, she made him the hand of the ki- of the queen or whatever. She was saying like, I thought that was her seal of approval. The, the things were kind of falling apart when she got back, but he. But that wasn't <laughs> his job re- really at all. His job was to get the city going and get the city working, and he did. And you know what it's like? It's like uh, she showed up and got a situation under control that is only controllable by the three mythical beasts that she happens to be friends with. Like, it's not like she showed back up and was like, this is ridiculous. We need four battalions of men on the eastern side of this pyramid. We need two over there. Like, no. Like, it's like a guy, it's like an eight-foot-tall bodybuilder walking into a bar and the fights, the scuffling, you know, kind of coming to a halt and everybody being like, oh, Jesus. It's not because he was a good diplomat and he walked in and was like, let's everybody discuss this and see if we can't come to some sort of agreement. He walked in as an eight-foot-tall man and said, I'm going to eat you if you guys don't stop. Like, that's the way... I think what we were meant to take from Tyrion's rule was that his decisions are not infallible. You know, he went in there, made peace with other people, and it turned out to be dumb. And there were people advising him, like Worm, Grey Worm, saying, no, look, man, you're making the wrong call. You can't trust these guys. It's going to go wrong. And Tyrion was wrong, and Grey Worm was right. That... Yeah. Scores posted, dude. I mean, you, you can sit here and say, you know what? Things were going really great until they almost burned the city down. But like prior to the burning of the city, things were cool. Yeah. Nope, scores posted, man. I, I, I think mm-hmm. the takeaway from Tyrion's rule was sometimes he makes bad calls too. And, and I don't, I think, so I, I think I, th- I think that that was at the end was Khaleesi extending an olive branch when she made him the hand. I think that was her saying, you know what? Uh, I know where your value is, and for that. Because he balances her out in a lot of ways. Yes. He does a lot. He's yeah, not yeah, her yeah. yes man. Yeah, he, he does a lot of the things that, that you... Yeah, he's not her yes man. He does a lot of the things that she needs to be balanced out by. And so I think that was almost her mea culpa, or her, her extending the olive branch at the end by saying, I, when we do get to King's Landing, I want you to be my hand, um, you know, and I won't I, make the mistake of leaving you in charge solely ever again. <laughs> no, I, I, to me, it was like, oh, you know what? I recognize you're a good, we're a good team, right? Like, you did some yes, good things yeah. when you were gone, but you're fucked without me. And hey, you yeah. know what? I wasn't so hot without you. They had Sons of the Harpy issues. She so, was in trouble, man. Yeah. Without so, him. So, um... Um, yeah. But then together, things go good. Now, th- to me, that was her recognizing that there was a good partnership there. I definitely disagree. I see it the mm. other way. Well, I'm but sure the subreddit will hate me and say I know nothing about Game I'm, of Thrones. Cause fuck well, I, you are good at reading like, between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could go on about that. that. Her, yeah. her making Tyrion the Hand of the King is the first step on her path to being a legitimately good ruler, if that's where she's going to end up, I think. Because right, delegating like, and, and, and trusting other people and yeah. advisors. And, I, yeah. I do disagree that Tyrion just somehow fucked up beyond belief. Like, he he made a treaty with them, and they broke the agreement, like, immediately. So it's it's more that he tried to get it going. Like, if, if the Khaleesi were present and there, they would have done the exact same thing, and the exact same thing would have played out. No, I, I agree. So I, I don't, I don't want to blame the, it, everything falling apart on him, like, exclusively in that way. But I guess what I would say is... His his everything he knew about politics from King's Landing did not work here, and and so it kind of it kind of backfired on him. And you're right, like if they didn't break his treaty, things it would have been the right decision, right? The things he was doing would have been good. But nevertheless, he didn't see that coming because I think that was sort of a blind spot from where he had come from in King's Landing. Yeah, I, I feel like him getting betrayed. Valid is partly on him, right? You're supposed to be clever enough to recognize which alliances are good ideas and which ones are well, bad ideas. I think it could have been, like, just like Josh just said, of the code. doing business in a different area. Like, he had yeah. 
a higher expectation of honor and right. trustworthiness and, you know, being a man of your word. Like, I guess they're more like in Westeros than in Essos, where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're totally down for this. We're going to totally like fuck the, them in the, two the days. Type of, the know. type of fuckery that happens in King's Landing is more subtle than the type of fuckery that happened where they just simply broke the treaty right away. Like, so I think that he was maybe, like, looking for the wrong type of fuckery, and so he <laughs> wasn't aware that this was just going to be so, like, you know, a brick wall crashing down on top of him. Kyle, you were saying that you disagreed with something to do with Tyrion. I'm curious to your, your perspective on it. Um, which part? Oh, you were, you were saying, maybe it was in just regard, maybe we just mulched over it Oh, again. yeah, that was it. That's what I was talking about. I was just, like, I disagree yeah. that, that I, I, I don't think he did a bad job of the city, and I don't think that she thought he did a bad job, and I thought she was, like, award, rewarding him for doing a good job. I thought that's what was going on. That's, that's how I read it. But um, it was a huge episode. So much shit happened. The Lady Mormont character is my favorite new character by She's far. So badass. She's, yeah. She's so awesome. Badass. I really hated her when she first got introduced. I was kind of like, eh, not really feeling this. But then, like, when she showed up on the battlefield, when she showed up, you know, at the end here, you know, naming the new king, and then I was like, you know what? You you came through, girl. Like you. Yeah. You're in the minority. Most like, people instantly fell in love with her in the first episode. Uh, in the background, she was like packing up her horse, and I'm like, "Oh, sweet, she's coming to the battle of the north." You know, like I, I was excited that we were going to see her again, and and she didn't disappoint. She and, then, and I said this in PKN, but I'm interested to see what happens to her like next year and the year after that because she's at an age where two years from now she'll look completely different, right? She, she's yeah, yeah. she's about to grow up. I mean, go look you at Arya from the first season, and it's a huge difference. Like all these characters went through puberty. Except I, for like, Arya is not Rob the best example. John. To me, Bran is the Bran was Bran's, you know yeah, yeah he's he's the prime All example. Of I'm Brandon Sto Stark. Like John <laughs> Snow. John Snow is like looks like a little boy in the first episode. I was hmm. watching. Um, I was I, I was watching. I saw this thing on Reddit, and there's this part where in the very first episode where uh, Robert Baratheon comes up to Dan and he's like, "It's been ten years. What have you been doing? What's kept you away for so long?" And he says, "Ah, guarding the north for you, my lord." But like right over his shoulder is John Snow. And uh, and when they zoomed in on Jon Snow, I was like, shit, that's Jon Snow? He looks yeah. 12. <laughs> like, he's completely clean shaven. He looks much smaller. Um, it, it's, 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 it's been six years. Well, he hasn't gone through puberty that much because I think he was 23 in yeah. the first season. So I think he was, no puberty he was pretty much through. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did a good job at, at, at making, it, making him look that way then. He yeah. looked very, very young. Yeah, it's a YouTube video I just shared on, on my Twitter today. It's the uh, where he, it's, it's just like a – it's called GOT King in the North. Um, and it's a tribute to him. It's someone that like montaged his character progression from season one all the way to season six, set to this amazing score. And it's one of the most – as long as you're caught up, I highly recommend watching it. Um, I'll put the I could put the link in the chat or something, but it mm. you know it's um it's it's an incredible uh, journey to like revisit all the different plot points that because like if you think back, he had always been a good swordsman. Like he was always really yeah. this natural sort of fighter, even though he was you know the the bastard and always kicked to the side as like some lesser person and not a true lord and not all that. but he, he always was like this like really almost natural leader and warrior and all of his decisions that he made were always really like instinctive and yet right and and um and and that's the sign of perhaps you know dragon's blood all right he's so he's like really soft-spoken he's very introspective like Rhaegar yeah. was supposedly um yeah. i i i I really love that show. I, I am more into Game of Thrones right now than I think I've ever have been. 
Um, this season was amazing. What a good season. Yeah. As a season, yeah. it was amazing. And I, I, I criticized myself. And uh, for Episode 10, to me, had too much in it. I, I, I feel like instead of one super-packed episode, the season would have been even better if the last like four were good. Well, that was my criticism of the very first episode of season six, was it, they tried to pick up on literally every plot line, and it was mm-hmm. too much. It was They should have just picked three or four and then gone with the other three or four in episode two, but they, they crammed too much in the very... My only criticism with the season was I thought the season the episode one did had too much. I didn't feel that about, about episode 10, honestly. Hmm. Um, maybe I'll go back and watch it again and see if I pick up on it right, but they, they, didn't, they didn't touch at all on Jorah in episode uh, 10. That's I don't true. think they... Or did they touch at all on the on the Brienne and the and the Jamie uh, storyline in episode ten? To me, they wrapped Only up Jamie. Brienne. They yeah, I Jamie, guess they did Jamie. No yeah. They wrapped up Brienne and Brienne, and then of course the Sansa Snow thing. And uh, yeah. what else did they wrap up in nine? There were like two major things. There was the big battle. Well, they with wrapped J- up Ramsay. It was it was the Khaleesi. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was the Khaleesi. Yeah, that's right. It's picking up the Ironborn. You know, um, um, Theon and his sister. Um, Theon's. Yeah. I, I really like that storyline. Um, I like Theon again. Um, after Theon, it was sometime after they cut Theon's dick off that I forgave him for burning those children and being a real son of a bitch for for like two seasons. Like you know, I, I forgive him now. It's that it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because he he was being a. I completely agree. They, they they worked his villain character to a masterpiece because he you realize that he was doing all those things. You can empathize with it because he was doing all those things for like this greater good. He wasn't doing it strictly to be sinister the way that Ramsey was doing things, right? So in order in order to bring some of his humanity back, they juxtaposed it against someone who truly was just a monster. Mm. And then you realize you start to realize that 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 Theon wasn't a monster. He was just immature and like a really immature and impressionable leader. And, and, and yes. he, he was impressionable. He wanted to please his father. That's mm-hmm. all he's ever wanted. You know, he he got manipulated into doing some awful awful things and things kept escalating and getting out of hand and it was like oh the only way to cover for this awful thing i just did is by doing that terrible thing over there and then one after another until he's tied up to the cross burning the boys was terrible but those boys were not main characters the thing that he did to me that always resonated is like why theon's bad is betraying the starks like you know he's the reason they lost if he was was more upset by the the kid burning than by the stark betrayal well, perhaps that makes you normal, but to me it was. I like... didn't like it when he chopped the the that guy's head off. Um, I can't recall the oh, character's yeah, name. Oh yeah, yeah, Maester yeah. Mister Lewin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, that just, was a just pure too. stubbornness, you know. It, he, he, but again, like you said, he was very impressionable because he was being. He had his sort of sailor, you know, goons who were gonna waiting to betray him, who were like trying to coax him into it. They're like, yeah, you should do it. They won't respect you if you don't, right? Like they were. They were mm-hmm. basically like the devil on his shoulder, and he had no angel to counteract that, really. So, um, you know, he was highly, highly influenced even into that decision. They like he, they like socially manipulated him into into just doing that. And he was just such a fuck up. Like like in the uh, I remember in the books, there's this part where like he. He's leading his little ironborn guys in like raiding a village or something or another, and maybe the battle's over. And he sees one of his guys doing something he doesn't like. He's drinking on the job, or maybe he's completely drunk on the job, and the job is like pillaging. So he's like, ah, I'll show him. And he like knocks an arrow and fires an arrow at the guy. And I think the idea was to scare him or maybe shoot the the jug out of his hand. But instead, he just shoots the fucking guy, and he's like, ah, shit. (laughs) <laughs> like he was always fucking stuff yeah. up, and but but at this point I can uh, I can definitely forgive him because I feel like he has been punished thoroughly somehow uh, more 
I'm sorry. You know when, like, an Olympic athlete loses a leg, it's somehow a bigger tragedy than when, like, a you know a housewife does. When he lost his cock, you know, it just seemed to hurt him more than everybody sure. else. You know, one apparently, I don't know if we ever saw it, but I guess it was magnificent. And two, he really used it a lot. Like that was like it was a big part of his sense of self worth, his identity, and that's true, I guess, with all guys, but with Theon Greyjoy in particular. So when he lost his unit, I was just like, ah, oh, man, you know, like. Poor guy. I, like I know you killed a bunch of people, but this makes us even, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been punished. You know, like, obviously, like... obviously, Varys has suffered the same fate in his whole life, but we don't nearly. It wasn't nearly as important to him as it was to Theon. So you don't, you know, you don't. That doesn't define his identity as much as it, its loss did to Theon. Yeah. Made him hate magic, though. I just <laughs> feel like, oh, go ahead. If I took, if you lost your dick. If you lost your dick right now, it's mm-hmm. gone completely. Like it's blown off. Like like maybe like a stray bullet comes and just clean off the right mm-hmm. right at the bottom. Do you want to go on with life? No, no. Are I'd you- give. I'd, I'd have like. Uh, <laughs> what what kind of question is that? <laughs> no, Welcome to I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say uh, I'd, I'd go through like a very quick, like depression. five stages of denial, where I'd be like, my dick's gone. It can't be gone. It's not gone. It is. Oh my god. Oh, I'm depressed about it. Bang. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Just real yeah. quick. Are those the five stages? Horrible. Yeah. Would you shoot yourself? Would you shoot yourself? Probably wouldn't. I mean, just uh, out of guns or banned. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that just because I don't want to add to any stats that are going to be used <laughs> against the Second Amendment down the line. And so I would definitely pick a different uh, thing. But yeah, I, I would not. What would you do? I, I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to live either. I would kill myself. Um, and the and I have had that thought before that like you know if I ever did do myself in, don't use a gun. Like like let's and also like I'm, I've always thought that like if I ever go on a rampage, crossbow, crossbow. They're not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a longbow. I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be that guy in the mall shooting people with the longbow. I don't want to be some yeah. some. Uh, I can just see the bigger. news right now. You know, crossbows were built specifically to kill people. They have yeah, no yeah. other purpose. That's why crossbows are there. A more effective meanwhile, killing like, machine. Meanwhile, there's a, ch- a, a a wheelchair bound guy over there trying to hunt. Who's like, why? Why take this? Yeah. <laughs> see, wh- how would you kill yourself? Because I think hanging is is awful. I, and I think at home, hangings often turn into strangulation where you just Carbon piss monoxide. yourself. Probably. Yeah, oh, I like the House of Cards way. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like as bad of a way. And there's also no, like, cleanup. Yeah. You could you know? get really wasted, like, while you're in the car and, and just kind of pass out from that and, like, not even know anything happened. Or, but, like, wouldn't you want to, like, not like go on a rampage or anything but you'd want to like do something right before you left like something impactful like maybe you just go right up on stage and you just like slap a presidential candidate like well, right in the middle of their fucking speech i thought just you said you like, did, you're a liar and i don't appreciate it and then you do it right there but, yeah, but then you then, the but then you would die by then you would die by the gun though so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that guy i think he was British, maybe, but but that's probably wrong. Did you see that guy who tried to pull the gun on Trump the other day? He tried to oh, get a, the, he tried to pull a cop's gun. Yeah, yeah, I tried, yeah. yeah. 
They said he'd been planning for a year, and that was his fucking plan. Give me two seconds, and my plan will be better. Like, uh, <laughs> don't do that. That's stupid. That's so fucking absurd. He's like, yes, for years I've thought about this, and yeah, it's also a- absurd. He just admitted it all. He, it's like he didn't even care. Like he was just like, oh yeah, like this is this was my plot the whole time. It wasn't like he didn't ask for a lawyer or nothing. It's like when it's like as soon as he got caught, he was just like, I'm tapping out. Like you got me. <laughs> Only someone trouble- who knows nothing yes. about guns could think that you can just steal it from a holster like it's fucking. John Wayne's revolver, where you just yeah. sneak up behind him and grab it, and he's like, "Oh shucks, you foiled me again, you did." Or like, <laughs> For people that don't know, police holsters, uh, the gun is locked in there in two different ways. There's like a strap across yeah. the top, and then there's like a button. Kyle, but maybe you know better than me. Yeah, there's a yeah. button as you like reach for the gun. There's a button to the holsters that. Holster wearers Maybe we thing. shouldn't be teaching people on mm. PKA how to steal a officer's hey. <laughs> Down and yeah. then up. Down and then up. You're going to want to pull, but that's not... Down and then up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those retention holsters are made to hang on to the gun, and specifically like the surfaces and stuff, there's a button you got to press, and so if you, you could grab that pistol by the butt and just pull and pull and pull, but... I mean, you might drag me around on the ground by it, but you won't get out of the holster. Even if you um, know how to, those holsters work, like they're designed... To keep you from being able to get it, unless you're the person with it on your side, like you can. I don't know. I can I'm take sure one. Like, I, go ahead. I fucking take a gun out of your holster. I know how that. I mean, it's it's, it's not like it's a puzzle, right? It's not like <laughs> I have to come in there and like Rubik's elbow. cube it out. You are going to catch an elbow from a big fat cop. The second I saw... you he feels any kind of pressure or movement on his side, like did you see the guy who did it? Tai Chi will come in. Hang Tai Chi, <laughs> so you're gonna lose yeah. some weight. <laughs> did you see this video of the guy in the police interview room who tried this? Yeah, I saw that one too. You saw... Yeah, yeah. So there was yeah. a the cop was a a, a pretty this is Chicago, fit... I think. Uh, I'm not sure. God, I'll take that. Yeah, but it was in America Chicago. for sure. And the cop was like a pretty fit looking guy in a short sleeve shirt with the holster on his side in an interrogation room. And was he actively uncuffing the guy? Is that like... He was He was trying to cuff him. And this is the thing. It, it, when you look at the video, the cop was also just being an idiot. Like, he was not using very good training. He was, like, both bent over. Both his arms were working on, mm-hmm. like, trying to cuff this guy's hands to the chair, I guess. And so, like, his Maybe gun and holster is just sitting there right next to him like, in this guy's face. The guy just had to glance over to his shoulder and he's like, yeah, there's a gun and holster like right there. Yeah. And so he, he, he guess was an actual murderer and so he just reached for the gun to try to get it out but of course it wouldn't come out and then the cops started wrestling with him and they dragged the chair that he's handcuffed to across the but room. You left the whole thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. So the guy's yanking on it. The retention holster's doing his job and the whole time he's pulling on it, the, the perp is saying, shoot me, shoot me, kill me, kill me. And there's like, like oh, yeah. in a real hurry, two or three other cops rushed into this small room and he's trying to suicide by cop. Shoot me, shoot me, kill yeah. me, kill me. It was pretty heavy. And he's, I'm, I was a little surprised that he wasn't successful in his attempt at uh, suicide. But they yeah, restrained that's themselves. That's what they always say, right? Cool. Like when the cops shoot somebody, they're like, oh, he's trying to get my gun. That's that's the oh, that's the, that's the um, yeah. he was threatening. Uh, I felt my life was threatened for law enforcement. Like 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 if if Woody shoots somebody, I felt my life was threatened. Let <laughs> me speak to my lawyer. Like like, if, but if a cop shoots somebody, he was trying to get my gun. Hey, I found the video. It's fifty five seconds long. You guys want to see it? Yeah, sure. I'm always up to. Oh, nobody gets hurt though, huh? Hmm. Better luck next nobody time. Nobody gets hurt. I don't even know if I care. All right, are we all queued up? So we'll have oh, the JDs. I'll say ready, set, play, and we'll hit play at the same time. Oh, all right, sounds good. Oh, I'm surprised. It's a black guy. I'm all squared oh. away. <laughs> ready, set. Are you ready, JD? Yes. 
Ready, set, play. Oh, that guy looks. Look at the, look how big that guy's arm is. He looks very strong. It looks like Wolf sitting there. He's fucking. Yeah, arm see what I mean? Like he's just. <laughs> it's just he's putting his gun in his face. <laughs> he's looking at that gun like, well. The perp has had like, ten seconds to think about this now. Yeah, yeah. This it is. It wasn't on his mind until it was presented to him. You know, like it wasn't even. I don't think it yeah, even crossed his look mind until it was there. Look. Oh God. Oh. Oh, he's got the gun right. Do you hear back the audio? Up. But that was probably one of the only reasons why they didn't shoot is they probably realized as soon as he started yelling kill me they just realized oh that's what he wants so let's yeah. not do that <laughs> like they were just being jerks about the whole thing yeah <laughs> what we were going to like, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it jim it's what he wants <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty bad. intense i wonder what, what he would have done if he'd gotten the gun in his hand he might have he probably I'm just sure. would have pointed it at them and or he might have just started shooting them because he wants to die anyway. Or shooting oh, himself? Or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for some reason, that's what people want. Did, were you in the D.A.R.E. program when you were in elementary school or anything, Taylor? Like the, the drug prevention bullshit? Oh, yes. I learned all about resisting drugs and violence. Did you have a cop come in and, like, talk to you? Oh, I did. I had a couple cops come in, and they gave you very poignant lessons about life and drugs. A kid tried to grab our cop's gun one time. She, what? She, he did grab the gun. Like, like he, he grabs it and like it wasn't like he was trying to pull it out and go to town. He was just like, "Ooh, a gun!" Eh. And she lost her shit on this. I, I'm trying to let me think what. It's a female we're police in. officer. Yeah, it was either sixth grade or eighth grade. I can't be sure which. But she lost her shit on him, like finger in his face, like like you just stepped into my world, little man. Like it was crazy. Like, she like should have tased him. She should have tased him. Before Jeez. tasers were really a well, maybe ta tasers were probably new back then. I don't know. It was like 2000. 98? I don't know. It's been a long time oh, ago. Oh, there were tasers in the 90s. Right? I don't remember. The, I, 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 I pop out and deploy and, and like, you know what? Yeah. They were definitely the, the kind where they bridge the gap. The world pre-YouTube is hard to remember, honestly. It really is. Right? There's no documentation that I'm aware of. That's right. <laughs> There's no documentation outside of books. Who reads those anymore? Dude, what Google owns at this point is like so essential to mankind. It it almost seems like, and this is not typical me, like like the government should own it instead. Like we we need a non corporate caretaker of this Library of Congress. I know, I know, it's scary to think the government could own it. It'll stop getting good, but like. Dude, imagine if Google didn't work as a search engine, how, like, it's, like the advancement of mankind would recess a little bit. If bing! It, yeah, just bing it. You know, I'm not just talking about porn. Like, there's other things we need to look into. Um, the, and YouTube is, like, a similar thing. Like, I, I feel like you know, if you want to know how to replace the rear... Uh, backup camera on a Toyota, then like YouTube is where you go to find that out. YouTube is, is so essential to everything. It ties into my thing 20 minutes ago on how you're not allowed to be dumb about YouTube anymore. You need to know that a professional YouTuber is like a thing that exists. You need to know that YouTube is a resource of knowledge that will kick your library's ass. There weren't right? very helpful videos on the internet pre-YouTube for getting anything useful done. Like, all I remember is watching useless garbage on E-Bombs World and, like, Albino Black Sheep or whatever other fucking sites had funny videos on it. But there was nothing helpful there. Like, hey, you're trying to plant a garden? Well, make sure you get this nitrogen. 
to like lay around there, and then your tomatoes will get big. Like nothing helpful. Well, when when YouTube was invented, we people on my I used to run the, the whole reason why I worked on Call of Duty is because I used to run the biggest Call of Duty fan site. This was pre YouTube, pre Facebook, pre Twitter. So I ran. It was called Call of Duty HQ. You were Hutch before Hutch. You were like the yes. guy. Uh huh. So we had we hosted videos. We hosted trailers, and again, there's no other place to really watch them. There was GameTrailers.com, but it was that wasn't that even nearly what it is today. Um, and plus, for Call of Duty uh, news and, and info, my site was still the destination. So we would upload RAR files with little readme texts that were the description, effectively, and then the AVI file or the MUV that you would watch. And so um, when when YouTube was invented, we also hosted. We were big into modding, so we also hosted. Um, to to our credit, would be um, helpful videos, educational videos. We hosted, um, you know, how, basically video tutorials. These entire sites and industries have emerged for video tutorials and video training you on how to do something. And we were using that for GTK Radiant and for um, Gradient, the the level editor for Call of Duty back then. So we would upload all these videos for different mappers and modders, teaching you how to export a weapon uh, anim into you know, from Maya into into um, in engine or getting build building a level, building with a level editor. Um, and we would, so when, when YouTube came around in 05, like we immediately realized that like, this is, this is the future and this is absolutely going to take off while everybody else kind of saw that as just another place for silly videos like E-Bombs World, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is that and so, around? E-Bombs World, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that came from my hometown. Eric Baum, he comes from Rochester, New York, which is where, uh, where I grew up. Hmm. Huh. E-Bombs World is like a hometown success story for Rochesterians. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> E-Bombs well, let me, uh, let me tell everyone a little bit about Tracker. Smart cars, smart phones, smart homes. Technology has made everything smart, but when you lose those smart things, it can make you feel really stupid. Tracker makes losing things a thing of the past. Tracker is a coin-sized device that locates misplaced keys, wallets, bags, computers, anything in seconds. Just pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its precise location with the tap of a button. It's that easy. Lose your phone? Press the button on the tracker and your phone will ring, even if it's on silent. With over 1.5 million devices, Tracker has the largest crowd GPS network in the world. So your lost item shows up on the map, even if it's miles away. Never lose anything again with Tracker. Listeners to, the, to our show here get a uh, special discount of 30% off your entire order, so go to thetracker.com and enter promo code PKA. That's thetracker.com and enter promo code PKA for 30% off your entire order. Again, that's thetracker.com, promo code PKA. <laughs> it's a big monitor. It's hard to see everything. <laughs> a lot of real estate over there. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of t- I'm like, yeah, I should stick it on my paramotor. I've got two of them. I'm like, yeah, that's what we should do. In case someone steals it and flies it away. You know, I just, I just feel like... <laughs> I, I'm trying to find the perfect thing. Like I, I could put it on. You say could, you like, could put it on. You could put it on your dignity. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, like, if I were to put it on, like, um, I don't know, a gun, for example, right? Dude, I don't just like oh, carelessly leave them sitting in the back yeah. of a truck or something. Like, like, it, it, I, I have. I catch it necessarily, yeah, you know, because it's coins. It'd be like dangling off somewhere. Yeah, and it's not like someone wouldn't see it. Right, right. But I picked it because it's the kind of item that I keep my eyes on. So clearly that that you know like if that gets stolen it's because they took it from my cold dead hands right <laughs> such a tough guy but like the paramotor like you dude i could like slip that in the harness and then i can imagine a paramotor event where i walk away from it like how is that you can't just easily like tuck a paramotor in the car and lock it for safety or something like it's too big yeah so I don't you know. do uh 
it, 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 I th- oh, that's right. It, it was really windy yesterday, wasn't it? Dang, that oh, sucks. Dude, it totally did. Oh my gosh. You, here, come show that to everybody. You just made this? Yeah. Oh. Oh, fuck. Look at this camera so you know what Is that tiramisu? Uh, what is going on there? I'm so bad at this. There you go. Is that a. What is this? It's cold, Damn. I see. Ice cream sandwiches. Oh, this is like an epic mealtime meal. Like, you pretty much just made a lasagna out of pre-bought store food thing. Excellent. No, those are good. That's Uh, the thing, yeah. Not ready with that dog. Whoa, the dog! (laughs) It's like this Gangster. It does look amazing. Are you you sticking or going? Uh, I have to go cut this. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure, I'll take a piece. That looks really tasty. Uh... Best wife in yeah. the world, but like totally unaware of all sorts of video things. Like she has no idea she's not she's like six feet from a mic or like I don't know. Just like here, check it out. And it's like <laughs> off camera. I'm like, come on, baby. But Look, <laughs> she's yeah, showing it to the monitor, not the camera. But anyway, oh. she's wonderful. She just <laughs> she's just not a natural at this stuff. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah. So the video goes live uh, tomorrow as we record this, but yesterday for most of the people listening. And uh yeah, I got there in the morning, and it was like a, a close call. So the instructor flies first. He comes back, and he had a hard time with the landing because the grass was completely wet. Like, it, it wasn't just dew. It was rain. So um, he's like, you know what? Take a breath. Maybe, you know, practice some throttle control. Hang in. There's like a simulator where we can practice things. Let the grass dry, and then you go. And I'm totally, like, strapped in. I'm, like, like a helmet on, strapped in. Like, I'm about to go 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 it's time and uh he's like you know what i'll just I can take another lap but it's gonna go right quick make sure that uh he, the, the air was doing something tricky like the wind sock which is like 15 feet off the ground was doing something different than the clouds and he's like let me just see what fuck's you know actually happening so uh so he takes a quick flight and that didn't go right and he just called it quits so well we, shit so we, that's even worse than i thought see i thought that you had gotten a weather report oh it's not gonna work today and then you were just like oh it's off you're telling me you drove all the way the fuck out there strapped your thing on and then they were like nope dude yeah i had my wing laid out i strapped it on we, we put more fuel in i was that's like bullshit. yeah i was that's bullshit. they couldn't have emailed I, you real quick and said hey it's probably not gonna happen don't waste your whole day coming out here it's how much driving was that like it's like three hours each way right hours yeah yeah fuck them <laughs> ah dude them. at this point i would be like you know what it's pretty fucking calm out there today <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're I putting a lost... Wright brothers amount of time into flying and aviation has been possible for over a century <laughs> i i don't want to like... join in the rip fest of marco i i think that it's just difficult to predict this kind of weather a day in <laughs> advance it. It, it just sucks because you know it still... it does stink so <laughs> want to do it three want to see you do it and it's just not three trips ago i was gonna fly three trips ago i was gonna fly but the the weather wasn't right so it's just you know what a paramotor is uh, no i I mean i I think i probably do but he has a fan on his back and he's dragging a parachute and once he takes flight sort of sort of putters around through the air (laughs) a little protecting him from certain death clouds suck geese you know all those (laughs) things that you deal with at at ten thousand feet wind (laughs) <laughs> the most dangerous of the elements. I think that's hilarious how you said that, Woody, where you're like, the wind was doing something, and I wanted to be like, blowing? Was it blowing? Was there a gentle <laughs> idling throughout the sky of air molecules? A small, what's this? Ah, uh, uh, no, not today. 
Yeah, I feel, my finger feels a tad cool. Like I can tell because that means there's wind. And if it's if it's going down here, it's going even faster up there. I saw that on the Discovery Channel. So he trains like, in the <laughs> mountains, and in some ways that's really cool because you're not learning in like Fisher Price conditions, right? Winds shifting, blowing, picking up, like things come in quickly and go. Um, the beach would be the opposite. That's like Fisher Price, right? Wind just blows the same way all day long. If you learn on the beach, there's a strong argument that when you try to go anywhere else, you'll suck and you'll crash. If you learn in the mountains, well, shit, anywhere else is a piece of cake. But the challenge is, you know, it's just not the right day every day. And, uh, you know, even tomorrow, I'm going back again. And he's like, so, you know what? It looked good tomorrow, but it, since it's raining the day before, let's try to fly at night. And we're going to give you it a You should do it on the ocean. Like, even, like, because you know that's not what the normal flying is going to be like. Like, you won't be going into it thinking, man, I'm a master of flight now. Like, you'll know it's going to be different. You, like, you stay along go. the coast yeah, and, like, be out the there air. in the shallows. So at least if you hit, you wouldn't die. Maybe that's a bad idea. But I was going to ask this. So we all know from our videos and from watching you a bit that commonly you could just hop out in the field, like in my backyard or, yard or your backyard, just and go. Is it, uh, is it a more common thing or at least as common to just get on a mountaintop where you're really high up and use it kind of like a paraglider and just start from really high to avoid all the climbing or some of it? With a paramotor? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think that, mm -hmm. uh, paramotor guys, like they do go around mountains. Apparently, you know, part of the fun is, and I haven't done the fun part yet, is like checking <laughs> stuff out, like flying near things, you know, old abandoned, like is, factory. Wait, like the fun part of paramotoring, I'm told. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Is the flying. Oh, dude, it was, <laughs> it was great. Cause like there was almost a revolt last class. It was quiet. No one heard about it, but he's like, all right, all right. The wind's not good. Let's all put the paramotors on our back and run up and down the fucking hills with the wing over our head. And everyone was like... We're not or training for like a, a grand old time. <laughs> yeah, you're not training for a fucking bowl game. <laughs> you gotta get ready. You know, we're taking on the fucking Razor Sparrows paramotor team next week. You know, they're in first place in the division. Uh, if we're gonna rip North Carolina right. <laughs> there was one student who said, and it wasn't me, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've just... seen some of the people in the class. I think I saw him, maybe. I liked, uh... I've done... I... Uh, by the way, it should be noted, it's not like I just revolted this. I have run up and down that hill, kiting successfully, with the motor on my back and the wing in the air, dozens of times. I can do it. So it's not like I'm refusing to learn a thing. I just learned it. You know, stop. It hurts. It's not boot camp. Like yeah. we're not going for more reps here. Like I, I know how to run, and and like you're clearly able to support the 75 pounds. I was, I was surprised when um, Hope like like put on the 75 pounds. That Hers was, was smaller. Impressive. Yeah. So, oh, so okay. yeah, yeah. I have um. Well, I'm not impressed at all now. Yeah. <laughs> I there take back go. everything I just said. I was impressed <laughs> under false pretenses. <laughs> yeah. She, she actually, she's um. God, this seems so uncomplimentary for a girl, but she's a sturdy girl. Like I, I, I didn't really look at her in this way, but like I, I see her like I saw her stand and jump and stuff recently, and it's like oh, she's kind of got her dad's legs. Like there's some muscular, got some core strength there. Yeah, it. it Josh probably doesn't know, but I, I'm kind of just normal in my upper body, but in my legs, I'm actually pretty heavy. Yeah, he's I, a bit I'm, like a dwarf. Yeah. Undercarriage. Did you run? Did you do any sports in, in school? A lot of or swimming is what I did in school, which okay. doesn't really lend itself to big strong legs. You think, but you think yeah. upper body with swimming, right? But uh, but yeah, no, I've just I've just whatever strong in the legs, and uh, she is too, so she picked it up. 
But I should fly tomorrow. Heard that before? Ringing a bell? Good luck, man. Yeah. I, I really want you to fly, and, and I'm a little afraid for you. Uh, Kitty and Dude. I, we talk about this a lot, about <laughs> how, how, how worried we are about Woody and his flying contraption <laughs> and, and, and his, his, his new hobby of being an airman. It's, and I, I, I'm just like, yeah. He's, have you seen the videos of people crashing? She's, she's like, yeah, yeah. I saw. Thank you. He's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. He's just a big fan. <laughs> it's getting to where, like, every time I see those videos, I know exactly what the fuck they did wrong. I'm like, oh, what? Good. Why was that guy pulling brakes in a full stall? Well, in a full stall, you do pull brakes, but you know, like, it, like I, I just I sit there and diagnose it. Like, oh yeah, you know, he did that. Oh, that's the exact opposite of what you want to do. And uh, that feels good because even has a few been, weeks ago, I, I didn't feel like that. Has there been any more talk or had there been any like, – like I'm just imagining like fisherman stories. Like everybody's sitting by the pier and one guy's got the eye patch on and he's got a cloud suck story. Is there any – has there been anything like that? Well, we've all – we watched a – like I mentioned a documentary where this woman, world-class paraglider, got sucked up by cloud suck. Went unconscious, you know, hypothermic, like and then just like her, her paraglider collapsed – she sunk like 8,000 meters and then it came to again and she lived to tell the story. But her, um, it's not a GPS, but picture like a GPS that tracks you as you do your thing. So it's yeah. GPS plus. Um, it told the story of everything she did up there. And uh, dude, she got high. It was, it was like 10,000 meters. So I guess 10 kilometers. Oh shit, that's, that's, she, she fucking, that's deadly. How did yeah. she? Yeah, it, she was in the death zone. Her, Is her, it, her parachute collapsed because the air was too thin. Because it froze. Because it, it was froze. wet. That's like was, where jetliners yeah. cruising altitude yeah. is ten thousand meters. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, she 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 went unconscious because uh, no there wasn't enough her. oxygen in the yeah. air. A jetliner could have hit her. Sure. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh, now that's you know it's a, it, it's statistically unlikely. Yeah, yeah, very unlikely. <laughs> a lot of air. But she's up there at the right yeah. altitude to get hit by a fucking seven oh seven or something. Where I'm Can at, you? I could easily oh. achieve the right altitude to get hit by a jetliner. Because you know what? I'm just outside What's, of Class C airspace. Go on. Another thing that's that's much more likely because there's more people doing it and is equally terrifying is like, what if you're out at sea doing one of these like, you know, you and your buddy are sailing a, a ship or something, and it's just one of those gigantic oil uh, 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 ships, one of those shipping ships, just hits you. Like those things are. There's a whole lot more of those constantly crisscrossing than there well, are jetliners going stop. through your particular airspace. No, they can't stop. Yeah. And they what if it's nighttime and you're Imagine this: you're you're doing some sort of like cross Atlantic journey, like as a, on, a, on a lark in some thirty foot racing yacht, and all of a sudden a gigantic six hundred foot long tanker ship just hits you in the middle of the night. It, so they have would... systems. I forget what the radar is called that that prevents that. But not like the Levagabond guys; they didn't have one. Yeah, they're just like, ah, you know, we wing it. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got this horn here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it beeps and it'll like wake you up if um. If someone is too, you know, too close I feel to like you. like an air horn was their answer to everything. Like, like what happens <laughs> when, the, when the ships come? Oh, the air horn. <laughs> what about when the rapers come? Oh, we give them the air horn. It's lot, well, we don't like to be too rude to the rapers. We, we turn it down a bit. We don't point it right at them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you hear where, did you watch the video where the Levagabond guys got attacked by pirates? No. No. But I can already tell that it's not as exciting as their title <laughs> said it was. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, it was pretty frightening. So in the middle of the night, uh, they're just like sailing and sleeping or something. They have an autopilot. And a fishing boat approaches them in a place where there shouldn't be a fishing boat. Like they're out too far. And uh, 
Um, like I think that Alina, um, if I pronounce that right, she uh, <laughs> Alina, she um, she spotted them first, and she's like, you know, Riley, 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 you know, it's like pirates out there, and they had. Did he put her down below, like in Waterworld? They had a plan ahead of time, and yeah, dude, there's literally a little like cabin that you might not even know is a is a place to store things. And they put things in there that you don't use much, like the bumpers for docking. Uh, are they called bumpers? Whatever they're called. And um, so they pulled those out and they stuck her in and she's hiding in like a little compartment where you might store like a spare anchor or something. And uh, he goes up top and you know they're asking like, what do you want? You know, he's asking them, what do you want? And they ask for food. And he doesn't know if this is like the opening for something else or whatever. So he starts chucking cans of food at them, right? And like the first one comes and uh, uh, I, I think it like hit the, the deck and like skittered off past the end of the boat. And he throws another one and it hits the side of the boat and goes in the water. And he's like, but I'm, I'm starting to dial it in now. And, and he, he, started, <laughs> he like hits a pirate with a can of food. <laughs> Beggars. Those were sea beggars. <laughs> they were sea beggars. Well, I don't. I don't actually. I, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all to learn that this is like a pirate technique. Like, oh, step one, see who's on board. And if you haven't seen Riley lately, like he's he's looking really athletic right now. No homo. And I, I wonder if they were like, uh, next one. You know, like it, they're looking for a good like sixty-three-year-old sailor, and not These some guy. Like Worst pirates ever. Why don't they have a gun? <laughs> like, if, if if they're actual swashbucklers out there, then fucking bring it. Like I got, like you're gonna have a hard time getting in here. I'm just gonna poke you back down. Like he needs a spear at that point if you're dealing with that kind of pirates. I, but I, I still stand behind that fucker needs a gun, at least some sort of blank firing, scare him and pretend yeah. like it's a kind of gun. In just... that situation, he pulls out the fake blank firing gun and goes bang, and they all shit themselves and leave. Those were just homeless. Sea folk, sea beggars. Who are what? sea beggars? That's like me going like on the way through the the city here, and there's a homeless guy like uh, you got change or something, and I'm like bandits, and I start beating <laughs> the shit out of them. Like no, I wouldn't do that because it's not a bandit. Like it's, it's a homeless guy asking for money. He's not gonna you know accost me any further if I just walk past him. Just like these folks, like I kind of picture them being like, I am not the captain now. But I would like some food. And he's like heaving fucking old cans of lima beans at him, spitefully. Like I don't, I don't know. I like don't to think like all they got pirates. out of it was like you know some chicken broth and tomato paste, and they're like, "Well, yeah. fuck." Ravioli, you son of a. That's too was good. Was heaving them at him? Like, like was he throwing them hard to impact them? Um, it sounded like. I mean, based this, on the this fact that... This is our only boat. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the boat so fragile that a can of peas sinks in. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and he's up on, like, some sort of international yeah. terrorism charge. Peas <laughs> sink a boat. Like, um, like he's the ultimate sad. irony. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the judge would sound. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, it, it sounds like they were just being mean to sea folk. <laughs> No. I don't know that Give sea beggars are a thing. It seems like a really inefficient way to get food. Like, they just go out into deep water. Really not the place to, that's not the place to panhandle, is it? No. no it's not. Yeah. On the people. open sea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should really be waiting outside of, like, a 
sports stadium or something. <laughs> Dude, the I ocean s- is not a good place to find random folks. Have you guys seen the movie Into the Wild? Is that the one with the what's her name Reese Witherspoon? No, nope. look it up. Uh, no, that's wild. Is that the one where the guy goes crazy and goes up to Alaska or something, lives in a van and then dies at the end? Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Just so you guys know, there's going to be a spoiler a few seconds ago. Don't worry. It's not a spoiler. It's me saving you a little fucking time so you don't watch such a depressing fucking movie. He... And the, the the bad part is he dies because he's not good at his job. The whole movie is him like being cool and great at his job at like surviving and 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 all this stuff. He died because he ate poisonous mushrooms, right? Um, uh, close to it. So. Yeah, yeah. He died because he he ate some plant. I think it was a root, and it was very similar to a, a root that he should have been eating and got poisoned. And I don't know if it was the poison so much that killed him as it was the poison that made him like. Uh, unable to like forage and drink and like do the things you need to keep yourself alive. Yeah. Like, like he, for he example, basically was like a survivalist. Like you've seen like the the funny like uh, YouTube videos where they'll be like, you know, oh you can tell this is a birch tree because of it's the way it is, and <laughs> oh you can eat these mushrooms, give it a go. Like he had that level of knowledge in the wilderness. He was a less and, interesting bear grill. Out there and did it. Yeah, he he was not knowledgeable. Like he he was like Bear Grylls if Bear Grylls, you know, didn't do any training or had any knowledge of anything at all. Like he honestly wait, went wait. out there with little more knowledge than so I had. So this guy's this guy's 22 years old. He's super effective in school, right? His grades are good enough to go to Harvard Law School, but instead, he sells he has like he has 26 grand in his college account. He gives 24 grand to charity and like gets some cash or something drives out and he decides to just live life he's like for fuck possessions fuck like i don't know your whole I don't world need all that man i don't want a career uh, happiness isn't achieved through personal relationships it's all about living new experiences so mm-hmm. that becomes his thing and he's like super fascinating he hooks up with some of these hippies and they're having like trouble with the relationship and he helps them patch that together he meets up with some grandpa learns leather working learns how to um Kyle, what is it called when you get the meat out of it, like a deer or something? I Butchering? But okay, yeah, I couldn't come up with that word. But yeah, he learns how to like butcher an yeah. animal, yeah. yeah, clean it, whatever. And uh, he picks up some life skills, and he's like going around on trains. He, he overcomes fear of what, like it was a really inspired. Like I loved the movie personally, and then at the end, he's just like struggling to find food. He, he ate poison or <clears> something, <throat> and he goes. <gasps> And then, like, a drone shot pulls away. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing you do for a death scene. But, nah. And, like, I, I, I couldn't believe it at first. And Fuck that movie. I loved My it. My ex-girlfriend Until the last minute. That. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, so, for me, like, I, so there are movies that, you know, for the first 90%, it's, it's kind of a fun ride. But because of that last 5 or 10%, whatever it is. It, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So the whole movie, I'm dreading the end. Braveheart's like that. It's why I don't watch Braveheart anymore. That movie is is has all the negatives of Braveheart that I don't want to watch it because of the way it ends. But none of the positives. Like, I, whenever I see someone doing that thing where they throw money away, it just strikes me wrong. I don't like that at all. Um, and when I see someone like I, I, Th- throw money I like, away, aka give it to charity. <laughs> yeah, he literally threw it away. Yeah, he threw it away. It, it, yeah, when giving away what twenty four out of twenty six, uh, twenty four out of twenty six of mm-hmm. his entire worth to to some 
what charity did you even give it to? They probably yeah. kept 80% of it. Fuck him. Yeah, knowing charities, yeah. it probably added like 18 grand to the CEO, 3 mm. grand of pink t-shirts, and 60 cents made it to a and, scientist for him to and, buy luck. And I, I like the idea of like an alter, of alternative lifestyles in general, mm -hmm. but I don't... He could have done it. Why didn't he take that 26 grand and buy himself an RV or something? Didn't he live in like a books van? out of the fucking library? Like, I don't know, uh, Rachel Ray's In the Wild, or, or some kind of cooking book Who did that, that would give you a little bit of foresight. That's actually what he did. He brought a book with him on how to survive off the land. But it's Not a very good of, book at the end. Well, it's the kind of mistake I think anyone could make, <laughs> you know, where they make misidentify a plant. Like, I, that was never used, getting returned. He could have used yeah. a smartphone with Google. He should, <laughs> yeah, he should. See, the it thing about in mushrooms, the early 90s. though, is eating, I feel like anyone, everyone knows that the mm -hmm. riskiest thing to do out in the wild is to just willy-nilly start eating Eat mushrooms shit. and berries. Yeah. Like, mushrooms and berries, your first, like, the reason they're bright red or a crazy color is because it's telling all the, the animals around there, like, hey, I'm not even trying to fucking hide because if you eat me, you're going to have a horrible day. You may just get fucked up to the point that you die. You want to die? No, don't right. eat me. If something's but bright guy, red in nature, they're daring you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that, that and, really is true. But that every so often, it! every yeah. so often, there's one like, "Oh, I'm just pretending to be a badass." You know, they're all chest is puffed up, but it's the really a tomato. Looks like a snake. Yeah, like yeah. raspberries. We know your game. <laughs> <laughs> Portland apples. Yeah. yeah. So, but but well, I love that kind of. And I, I, I couldn't hear your words. You said some things want you to eat them, though. You know, that's because that's how they spread their seeds. Oh sure, mm, yeah, like yeah. cherries. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, oh, I love that kind of movie. Like, there's one called I'm gonna mess up the name of it, like 180 Southbound or something, where they like, dude, it's great. They take a sailboat, sailboat breaks, they go surfing for a couple months, and they go mountain climbing. Like, that's a really great life experience. 480 Southbound was the name of the movie. Right, 180 Southbound, I 180 think. Southbound. But I'm I'm uh, close. I'm, I'm not maybe not right on. Now there yeah. was another one called like <clears throat> Maiden Voyage. And they all have these rough endings. Like, they don't end exactly like you want them to. There's one where a 14-year-old girl goes sailing around the world. Have you seen that one, Maiden Voyage? By oh. herself? Yes. She's going to be the youngest solo girl to ever go around the planet. And um, where she's from, the Netherlands, probably. Something close to that, like that. Who knows? And yeah. uh, the government <laughs> wants to prevent this. They're saying that her parents are, like, incompetent, and they're, like, based on this decision alone, like, 14-year-old girls shouldn't be sailing around the world. Obviously, you need government intervention on this. But, like, if there was ever a 14-year-old who was prepared, it was her. She's been sailing forever. She's, like, done other cross, like, big sailing trips and stuff. And um, if ever there was one, this is the little girl for the task. By the way, she's not one of those 14-year-old girls that pass for, like, 22 she could pass for 13. You know, she's on the other end of the spectrum. And I imagine her lady, it's Lady Mormont, but on the on the seas. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Just for my own. So, so she fact. sails around. I'll spoil it. So fast forward 10 seconds if you don't want that. She gets to like a rough part, like the South Sea by going around Cape Horn or something and bails on it and decides, you know what? The around the world thing, not my priority anymore. I'm just going to keep sailing and I like this lifestyle. She's like 15, and she picks up like some 19-year-old dude, and they become like partners in this endeavor, and they sail around like in love. And I'm just like, at 15 though, like, 
Yeah, her parents are bad parents. Right? Because, like, good lord. Like, a 14-year-old, you shouldn't even tell them that they can go to a huge party where parents won't be there because shit's going to go down. Like, much less, yeah, go have a ball around the world. Oh, you're a 14-year-old girl? It's fine. The world all around has a general track record of treating 14-year-old girls pretty well when they show up unaccompanied. So go, go hog wild. I'm sure that when you like, you know, sail into the coast of Africa for emergency repairs, they won't try to do like get one over on you. you yeah. know? When no. you pull into South Africa, just treat it exactly like the Netherlands. <laughs> it's all the same. You know, just go in and you tell them, hey, I'm needing fuel for my <laughs> boat. And they say, uh, you're not leaving here. <laughs> and then you say you don't understand I go around the world to try and break a record I am from the Netherlands And I have no real challenges in life So it's almost insulting to you as a boatsman That I would do this as a joke As a joking thing Like, that's, like you, don't, you can't send a girl from the Netherlands Around the world and, and think it's going to be okay How much is 30 gallons of diesel? Oh, two rapes you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're fucked. Yeah, well, we're going to need three of your fingers to sell in our voodoo shop. Like, <laughs> where the hell is she refueling at? Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. Fingers and rapes. That's the currency of the day here. Welcome to hell. Fuck. Like, <laughs> it would be a, a truly horrible place. Um, I never want to go to South Africa now. I didn't know that about that place. <laughs> it's actually... Somewhere, it's Central or West Africa, but there is a place where they they dismember albino people because they think that oh, they yeah. have magical properties. That's true. Um, That's and Raleigh. I've seen, I've seen where, like, um, like, some of the albino people had escaped it, but, like, lose, they lost a hand, and they're like, where's your hand? And they're like, they ground it up into powder and snorted that shit because that's what they fucking do where I'm from. That's so fucking... <laughs> God... What a horrible life. You, Constantly being horrified. You're already be- hiding from the sun all fucking day, every day. Now they want to grind you up into powder and snort you. <laughs> I would I would go somewhere else, maybe. No shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and they'll like, say like, no, 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 don't you understand? They're broke, they're immobile, they can't. No, I would make it a top priority. <laughs> you right know? Now- the same thing is true for those people who like live in those like ludicrously bad neighborhoods that are only really seen in movies and television, I suppose. Like where there's like a shooting every day and like you hear the gunshots and you just know to drop and get low or whatever. Like, why the fuck are you living there? What is your rent? Is it non existent? Because otherwise leave. Like like it, it doesn't even make sense to eat if it were free, it doesn't make sense to stay there. Like, like there's apartments everywhere for $300, $400. Like, there's Airbnbs that are dollars a day. <laughs> Go just live out of Airbnbs. <laughs> I saw, when I was in L.A. and I was kind of scanning through the Airbnb, at the very, I, I, I was like, what's the bottom tier, you know? Because the top that's, tier. That's where that Airbnb is, is that neighborhood for a dollar a day. <laughs> it's worse. It looked like oh, somebody was renting <laughs> out a cot in the back room of their workplace. It was like Kevin from IT doesn't come in on weekends, so he just rents out this space back here. There was literally an army cot, like just metal poles with canvas stretched across, and in the background you could see the worst cable management ever for like <laughs> a data center or something. Just wires strewn everywhere cables and they were all plugged into these multiple access points. And like that's the only picture that came with this fifteen dollar a day Airbnb. <laughs> Dude, I would never go to an Airbnb that was pr- like less than like eighty bucks or something. Like I would put it at like a real hotel level, you know? Like I'm not going and sleeping anywhere for 80 cents a day because it's a deal because that's just some dude who ran out of skin to paint on 
and is, is looking for an out to re-up and murder you. Like, there's, it's, no, you shouldn't be just staying in people's homes for eight cents a day. But I do think Josh is probably What's right. The, the Airbnbs you're going to find for a dollar are going to be in those neighborhoods that are just garbage. Like, I mean, I'm sure those albino people in Africa, like, if they could leave, I'm sure they, they would, they'd head out. We'd hop on the they'd hop on the first fan boat out of there or whatever, ride giraffe, however they get around. <laughs> however, yeah, primary. Why did they never harness any of those wild animals over there in Africa? Did, like, like, I, like, like they had so many cool animals. Why did they never like ride any of those giraffes or zebras or anything? I know we've heard the zebras are cocksuckers, but couldn't you? They take just never them? domesticated them, I guess. Like it takes a while before like you'd need to go through generations of giraffes. Until you came upon like a friendly mix of giraffe that wouldn't just like neck beat you to death when you walked within range. So that's part maybe of the deal. They got like a generation in, and they were like, "This is horseshit. No way. Like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, I can't they, even uh, get up on there conveniently. What? What? What does this help? Did we watch I, if it I together? Get up there, I'm high enough to fall down and hurt myself, and not high enough yet to get plants from the trees. Like, there, there was a really cool YouTube video on like why different animals got domesticated. Did, did we watch it together? Oh uh, yeah, we watched that. I recall now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we need a new topic? Sure. What you got? Twitch has introduced a new thing for streaming, right? Of course, it was gaming at first, and then it became music, and then they added something else. Pornography. No. What was the really? next one? No. What was the next one they added after um, music? What do you call it? When it was the like creative or something for like Bob Ross and painting and shit like that. Uh, the new one, social eating. Twitch has opened up yeah. social it's really, eating. really big in, in some of the Asian markets like Japan. Um, so I, let, me, let me just make sure I know what you're talking about. You're referring to where people will run a stream where they'll just, it'll just be them eating dinner and they want to talk to their audience. Yes. That, that's what you're it is. You're shitting me. That's yeah. so what a profound stupid. waste of time. <laughs> this is the this is one of the dumbest things. Do they I've talk ever about seen. the food? Is that uh, the central? Just one topic? second. For everyone who's in the comments hating on me for eating my uh, that thing my wife just gave me, you don't realize <laughs> I'm ahead of the game. I'm gonna rule this shit. <laughs> you know? This is the well, new hot thing. Yeah, you all just experienced the newest thing in entertainment. It's really, 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 really popular in like Japan right now, I think. So where where a lot of really popular things begin, right? Um, <laughs> so they I guess it's like these big these big YouTubers or or big influencers, Twitch streamers, streamers of of of, of the day. Um, they'll eat dinner, they'll get their dinner, they'll prepare it, they'll, they'll put it in front of them and they'll sit at a table and they'll put the camera at the other end of the table and it's as if they're eating with like their family and then their, <laughs> their audience who also, you know, this is what they figured out and it, it, so it, it, sounds, yeah, it sounds so stupid and sad but think about it, right? This is what they figured out. They figured out that there is a market of people, probably the average viewer for them and even the average viewer for a lot of folks who don't, they don't get that lifestyle. I was fortunate enough, when I grew up, we had nightly dinners, 5.30 p.m. every night, the whole family had to be at the dinner table or you were fucked. So, but for a lot of people, that's not the case. For a lot of people, they eat by themselves, they reheat Chinese food, they go and get takeaway, and they just eat in front of Netflix or in front of YouTube. So what better way than to say to your audience, hey, everybody get dinner at the same hour, it'll be 7 p.m. every night, I'll be here eating and you can eat with me and we can eat together and then they can have this feeling of connectedness and this feeling of family. Bizarre. It's, it's kind of not the worst logic ever and it apparently it's is not. huge. I, I, I'm with you a little bit on that. Like, like, 
this isn't even the same thing. I remember like we used to uh, get on Xbox Live and sometimes we'd watch a, a Netflix movie together. Like we'd all be like three, two, one, play. So I same can time, I, right. yeah, can I, so I can appreciate sharing an experience with someone who's not even there. Some you know through the internet or whatever. Right? That he, makes a lot of just, sense to me. He just did it on this podcast when we watched the Police Escape video and sure. right, we play at the same time and we watched it together. That's a little bit different because we're entertainers trying to make a show for an audience, but. But it's also it's it's really of the same ilk. It's from the same vein. I would be interested in things during dinner, or are they just eating? I think they're just chatting, and sometimes they'll put they'll put nuanced variant variances on it. Like like they'll do a little challenge, or their audience will pick their meal for the next night, and then they'll eat it and describe. So like there there are niche sort of variations on it, but the the fundamental motivator here is that you're eating together with your audience. See, I, I keep looking for ways to like go a different direction with it, but it's it's clearly about the connection you're making with the audience. It's specifically around the dinner table, yeah. but I keep thinking like, well, maybe you show how you prepare the food. Maybe you prepare a really gourmet meal. Maybe it's something really tasty. Maybe that's the draw. But it sounds like the real draw, the reason this is popular, is because people are more and more turning to online relationships, and they don't have someone to eat dinner with them at their home, so they're like, oh, there's a stranger on the internet who will eat with me, which sounds very sad to me. It, it does. It. I understand it from, like, a... Because, like, when you watch someone online, you want to connect with them more, and you want to feel like it's not just the one-way relationship that it is a lot of the time. Like, you want to yeah. feel like it, there's some reciprocity there. So <laughs> I get it. It's just this medium for it. It's almost like the curtain has been fully pulled back. You know, where it's like, we're not even pretending. There's nothing entertaining on the screen. I'm not doing anything you couldn't do. I'm not doing anything you don't have the ability to do. I'm just eating. And you want to be here with me because you're eating alone. And you want to... You know what would make the next cool? step? Dude, the ne- is- next... No, okay, I hear you. Dude, the next step <laughs> in eating, this is what you need. Turn it sideways. <clears throat> no, not, None of this just camera stuff. You need one of those 360-degree cameras. And then you add it to a family dinner. Right, like if you occupied one of the chairs, there's six chairs at my table. Right, we'll give you one, and then you could sit there and like choose who you're talking to. That would be way better production value than what we're seeing. Conference room, we're all eating together. Yeah, that's the future. I'm hoping that that's what that that's what's going to come of the HTC Vibe. I don't know if that's already a thing out there, but like I, I saw those. I want us to do like video conferencing. Like we all put our 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 things on. We all sit there, and all of a sudden. Woody's you're, sitting you're, next to me. This guy's there, and you're thinking too small because that's the obvious application. I want to see VR stadiums where you pack a stadium full of virtually connected, digitized in VR beings, and now you're doing like VR sports spectacles. Hmm. That would be neat. <clears throat> yeah, would... I'm a. Hmm. I, I saw the the one game that I was particularly interested in because I'm a big Star Trek nerd is the bridge, uh, the bridge simulator game. I don't know if you saw that, but you and like three or four or five friends are the bridge crew of the Enterprise, and I can look over and see you and wave to you and be like, yeah, fucking put the shields up, and you're over there toggling shields on and and targeting the Klingons, and I'm over there trying to get the transporters to work so we the, can get Chekhov off the planet or doesn't whatever. Doesn't it seem like everyone wants to be the captain though? Like I always feel like no, the captain's just giving orders. He doesn't actually do shit. Hmm. Well, then I just feel like tactical officer because all the roles are not the same. Yeah, maybe everyone wants to be tactical officer. The pilot gets to fly. Hmm. Yeah, and the cabbie gets to drive. You know, like the engineer. I think is like keeping shields on, maybe, and like maybe a system goes down and he has to fix it and get it going back again. He's operating the transporters. It's a team effort. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but like it's like a cool job and a bunch of other jobs. 
Maybe. I, I, I don't know too much yeah, about Yeah, I don't them. know either. Um, I, I just saw, like, some flashes of them operating panels and stuff and, like, putting the shields up and targeting stuff. And, like... It depends on the genre of game, honestly. So, obviously, that's almost built for that experience. But, you know, back in the day, there was this game called, um, I think it was called Savage, where one player out of the 64-player uh, team or 32-player team or whatever it was, was the commander. And he had a view like an RTS. And he could literally put waypoints and select squads and direct people where to go and give them orders and commands and build structures and get level-ups and upgrades. Only one player had that view. Everyone else had a first-person shooter view. Mm-hmm. And um, you would think that everyone wanted to be the... The commander, but believe it or not, most people didn't, and they didn't want to be burdened with that role, or they because they 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 wanted to play a shooter. They didn't want to play an RTS, and so that game had trouble doing well and finding an audience because of that problem. Because maybe that's what hell is. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's what what uh, my version of hell might be. I I believe that about like the afterlife. If if the if there is an afterlife (laughs) and it and it is a perfect afterlife, then we'll each have our own unique versions of of heaven and hell. And I, I can just imagine one where you just keep getting reincarnated as my co- company of heroes troops to be sent in to be eviscerated <laughs> over and over again. You're just like like one horrifying death after another, and you just ah oh god again oh no I'm, I got a flamethrower in my back this time. Ah, and you're just getting pulled into combat. Could be worse. Like at least your hero troops win sometimes, survive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mine all die, all what die. I'd like to do is and and, and also you. They really question the leadership when they play under me. They're like, really? Like, I'm a conscript. That's a tank. And you want me to shoot it. Like, I don't know why. Why am I shooting tanks with bullets? This is not working at all. Just, yeah, just, I, I clicked on one of these social eating streams. Mm-hmm. And there are hundreds of people watching this chick just sit here. And I guess she finished eating because there's no more eating. And for the like three minutes I watched, she didn't even speak really. Well, you remember it one was... of the most, the, one of the first viral YouTube sensations was Maggie Bon, right? Or is it Maggie Bon? Uh, it just M A G I B O N. You could search it because I'm sure her videos are still archived. She's this little uh, Asian girl, and all she would do is sit there on screen for like five or six minutes and just go and smile, and then that was it. And her videos would get millions of views. The easiest yeah, way to get good, a lot though. of views on YouTube is to be female and really beautiful. Yeah, and do it in 2005. Because then it's gonna, or I guess 2000, like, I don't, I don't even know like how the algorithm really? of YouTube would be best optimized for, I guess is content uploaded in 2006 still getting a lot of views? I have no idea. I, Maybe some of it. I don't know. I, and, and, you know, I act like it's easy. easy. I, I swear, if you're a really beautiful girl, you've got your own set of challenges too, right? You know, she's gonna be branded as a slut even if she's wearing a Hillary Clinton pantsuit. It's just the nature of being a pretty girl on the internet. But Yeah. Sadly. But I you know, I think it's funny. I, I was um, talking to Joe Rogan last year and he was like, It's he's like, I sincerely believe it's just a uh it's just a phase, you know, it's a, it's a moment, it's a, it's sort of our transition period. And so, yes, you know, all of this discovered new, newfound communication that nobody earned, but we're all just sort of fumbling our way through and with, um, it, 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 it's, it's 98% beautiful. It's 2% toxicity and disgusting side effects and consequences, but that's, that's just the, 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 the way it has to work before yeah. we can get to someplace better. It's I wonder if he good. still believes that. Like, it, it's a net good, okay, undeniably. But this notion that, like, you know what? 
The trolls will stop trolling on the internet. No, man, new trolls are born every day. It's a stage of adolescence, you know? When you give an idiot anonymity, that's what he'll do. You know, it's, it, it's not it's not about troll versus not troll. It was more like and the example he gave that I loved was it's it's more like a butterfly going into a cocoon doesn't know or sorry, a, a, a caterpillar going into a cocoon doesn't know what's on the other side. It doesn't know it, it, there's not like butterfly support groups. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not like these these caterpillars are going to support groups and they're going, oh, you ready for butterfly them? Like it's not that that's not what he does. All he knows is the next thing I do is I make this cocoon. And then when he comes out of it, it's something beautiful. Right. So it's like this is almost the we're in this this grace period where we don't know what's going to happen next. But what happens next is only going to be because we went through this phase. And, um, and, and you know, that may very well ha- be, be less trolling. You know, that very well may be less toxicity in, in whatever it is beyond that way. I feel like I would have thought that too back in like 2011 when I was only a few years into this. I'm like seven years in now. It's not getting better. As a matter of fact, by far the most popular growth where the explosion of growth in YouTube right now is is cyberbully channels channels that will just pick someone and call him cringy or terrible or lame or disgusting or, or whatever yeah, YouTube's shutting that shit down though right I mean they're, they're they have to just catch up to it and they made a rule and they've done it, I haven't seen it enforced once how long does it, it usually take them to act on those policies? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a notoriously bad thing, right? <laughs> there is the whole Make YouTube Great Again campaign and everything. This is the perfect, a perfect example of, of what I was talking about before, though, which is like these, there are these companies that have grown tremendously through just being in the right place at the right time. And I, I don't want to discount YouTube for being innovating. And obviously they have a lot of hard workers and smart people that are building features in this site. But there is there is an element of that as soon as the invention was made, it was destined, the, the sheer demand for it was going to be destined to just take control of the wheel and do its own thing. And so they're largely playing this reactive, the, the amount they have to mm-hmm. react to these negative things is a testament to how little they actually architected and pre and because they didn't preempt these things. They didn't pre-plan social them. architect. You mean, cause I, I think their technical architecting is pretty impressive. You know, every time I try to play a video, it pretty much plays. <laughs> right. Well, right. I, and, but so I guess, I guess really what my point is that there's, there's these policies in place and they've been notoriously slow for, because they haven't been proactive about, mm-hmm. it's like any, anybody who works in hospitality will tell you, like anyone who works at a, a hotel, um, they'll tell you that, that 98% of their job is being proactive about service. You, you need to be proactive about, about things such that a customer never has a reason to complain or feel like they had a problem. If, if a customer has to go to you to ask you to solve a problem, you've already failed, right? And so YouTube, it's like they haven't quite gotten to that level of proactivity yet. And so a lot of the problems that face the YouTube community are reactive and it's, it, it, it's something, something grows and boils to this, this boiling over point and, 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 and that's what, what, what it takes for YouTube to react to it. And so it has been notoriously slow, but they are, they are to their credit, reacting to those things. They're gonna shut that shit down. And, and um, I think over time, the more we talk about these issues, um, it'll become a less toxic place for sure. We'll see, they Let did me, fix uh, the fair use stuff. Oh, go on, Kyle. I was going to say, let me tell everyone a, a little bit about USA's Mr. Robot, and then I want to talk about suicide some more. Don't let me forget. 
<clears throat> Today's episode is sponsored by the Hit USA Network show, Mr. Robot. The riveting computer hacking drama is about to return for its second season. The Peabody award-winning show follows a young cybersecurity engineer who becomes involved in the underground hacker group F-Society, who plans to take down the world's largest corporation when their hack is successful and the consequences are far greater than they imagined. Rolling Stone magazine held the number one show of tw- held it the number one show of 2015, and the Huffington Post calls it brilliant. Mr. Robot stars Golden Globe and SAG Award nominee Rami Malek, Golden Globe Award winner Christian Slater, and uh, let's see, it's coming out July 13th. Yeah, so make sure to tune in Wednesday, July 13th at 10 9 Central, only on USA Network. Uh, remember to remember to. Be sure to check out Season 2 of Mr. Robot on Wednesday, July 13th at 10, 9 Central, only on the USA Network. Tweet using the hashtag Mr. Robot while you're watching the show. Is it that hard to read your screen? Um, it's because there's a, 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 a camera, like, right in the middle oh, of my screen. Oh, I see. So you don't want the, that the, above angle. You try to prevent oh, that. Oh, I... Well... I never really considered it, to be honest. I've just got it on a tripod because I like to be able to, like, completely get that out of the way. And I also mm. like a lot of control over the camera. And the setup is, like, really jumbled right now. There's a monitor on the ground. My new PC's here. My old PC's there. The older, older PC is under the table. So I got a lot of stuff to move around. It's been... I, I, I ripped the GPU out of this thing three times in my lap yesterday just while I was talking to Chiz. So there's tools there and shit that. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very upsetting. So no, I was going back to suicide. How would you kill yourself when you lost after you lose your penis, Woody? I would take my paramotor because I'm I'm a hundred percent sure I can launch it. Landing it, we'll figure it out. But I'm launching it. I've got that licked or not. And uh, and I, you know, go up to like eighteen thousand feet and land in a thing. I don't know. Do you want to skydive into a volcano or just the ground or maybe the water? Well, definitely not a volcano. I don't want to hit that meniscus and kind of like bounce <laughs> off a tiny bit as my entire left side of skin you think you'll survive evaporates. that sears off yeah as it's just like boom ah! and then you sit there and you slowly sink in as you're just have you, did you see Gollum die there should be an impact right like did you, you see should... Gollum die in mount he's Duke? gonna be moving pretty fast though 18,000 feet it'll, it'll be painful he's going 150 are... miles per hour when he hits the lava <laughs> yeah and it's gonna suck for a little like I would 150. rather have 150 miles an hour. I think you're still looking at like at least five or six seconds of solid. No way. You go. Like Woody's going to be head first like a goddamn bullet. He rises. First of all, there's not a fucking <laughs> prayer that Woody gets going 150 miles an hour in that parachute. No, 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 no. No, you're no. You unclip. That's terminal velocity for a yeah, human no, body. No. So you're just going to float. You're just going to go up and go then, up, 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 and then unbuckle, swan dive. Uh, you know what? Seeing, you know, knowing the precarious situation the sky often has with wind, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would see you getting up above a volcano, like releasing yourself from it, and then you kind of just blow twenty yards north, <laughs> and you just like kind of hit the side of the. Would you die then anyway? Bounce down. I mean, well, yeah. What if, what if I just went to, to like? Your way back up? What if you just Kill flew there. around New York City? You know, buzzed, waved to people, the skyscrapers, went well, to the top. They'll shoot you down right away. I wonder. I wonder what people would do if they saw a paramotor. Like I, I, I swear. Like they're just not that threatening, right? Like if I flew around in a plane, they'd be like, "Oh, shocks, take that thing down." If you flow, fly around with a fan on your back and a parachute over your head, well, they think you're lost or confused or 
They're going to do more than shake their fist at you. I, I guarantee it. I, I like to believe that there's like some gun batteries on the Empire State Building. They'll turn those on you. Maybe like some 20 millimeter cannons or something. I wonder if they do have like reasonable. defense syndrome. <laughs> defense syndrome. They should, but systems. I'm sure they don't, right? I guess we're relying on the Air Force or maybe yeah. some, something oh, like we that. We don't want to shoot the other buildings in the area, pussies. You know? <laughs> That is what would happen. You know, I, I definitely would not use a paramotor as my ticket out. Uh, That's where the planes are. All right. You know, you can't just be against things. You have to be for something better. I was for something better. Carbon oh. monoxide. Oh, that's it's true. It's a tried and true mm -hmm. method that I've seen in multiple movies and television programs. But people survive it, too. Only when they're rescued. Like they get like brain found. dead for a really long, long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the last thing you Also known as dead. Yeah, you, the last thing you brain dead, <laughs> or just regular dead. Brain um, going brain dead's even better because then, like all those people that you didn't really like anyway, have to look after you and keep you alive forever. Mm -hmm. The last like your, thing you want, body. the last thing you want is like not a failed there. gunshot wound where you're just from that day forward, Mister No Lower Jaw. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just like you're still alive and you have to like just. Oh, I used to not think I had much to live for. <laughs> But every day now is a little brighter. Like, the the like, only job you can get hired for is like warning high school students about the dangers of suicide. Yeah, you have to lie to like Big Tobacco and say it was because of Chud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely not because of that Remington 870. It was because of skull wintergreen pouches. They made available to children. Like just... <laughs> There's, I think I've told the story a couple times, but there was a guy like that in my hometown. I don't know where he is now. Maybe he actually passed away by now, but he shot himself in the head over some woman, and like the bullet took out his eye socket, like that area. So now his face is just ruined, and he has to wear an eye patch. And well, I, that's I was, the thing. Even even if your aim is right and true, like it, it, as soon as the, the the bullet hits something, it's gonna fragment. Pieces are gonna go in different directions. It's it could alter the direction of the bullet and the trajectory of the bullet. So, um, yeah, it's nothing to fuck around with. Yeah, and what they say is if you like what, a common thing for shooting yourself. Apparently, I don't know if this is a real fact or if I saw it on CSI, but you put your gun like too far forward on your head. And you just end up blowing through your eyes, basically, and you just blind yourself. And well, what it is is, if you think about the trigger, I did that to a deer I, once. There's a if, if if you ever spend any time at the range, um, there there if you if you have if you hook the trigger too much with your finger and you don't just pull with the with the pad of the finger. Obviously, I think you guys are all, uh, yeah, all we're gun all, guys, right? We're so you know that you'll pull your shot will pull to the right. Well, it's the same thing with the head. And in, in, in the la in that last moment, you squeeze and flinch and you pull your whole muzzle that way, and then you just take out you know. What an you eye need to do is be like that uh, that guy who made the suicide helmet with the like nine shotgun shells that would all simultaneously go into his head. You mean yeah, the guy from Saw? Yeah, you want to turn Saw? suicide into an arts No, no, this is a real thing. First. Put this it on Pinterest. <laughs> Sounds like something out of the Saw trilogy. It is nah, something out of the Google, Saw. Uh, no, it's not. Well, it is actually kind of. They yeah, did a thing like that. But Google uh, suicide, yeah, the, the, yeah, the... suicide helmet or suicide shotgun helmet, something like that. You'll see it. It's very ingenious the way he uh, designed the thing. He, he had some, some in, inoperable brain tumor or something like that. So he wanted to make sure that there weren't any bullets deflecting off his skull or anything like that, I suppose. So... I think it's nine shotgun shells into his head at once, or something like that. that Maybe not shotgun trick. shells. Probably the nine bullets way to kill yourself would this just be disturbing. alcoholism. Like I, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> the course of decades. <laughs> I'm not but, showing uh, this to actually, people. Actually, I'm sure that gets to be not fun at all. You're not going to show it to people. Dude, I'm like 
I, I don't know what it is about this helmet that creeps me out, but I feel like it'd get me age-restricted. Like something that... <laughs> Link it in the chat. Yeah, okay. show the group here. Uh, it, it's not if like... If you can. It's not that bad, but like... If you dare. Yeah, I just... Looks like a Pokemon. My, what is that? I, I don't want my IP address to be on the visitor log for this site. <laughs> you, just, I feel like you're sending me to some like hostile like network where... You don't know you're, Imager? Like, you're, you're... Imager? Alright. Uh, um... So yeah, it, it, my brother-in-law shadowed a coroner for coroner for a few weeks and showed him this strange contraption from the case of a forty-plus-year-old. Apparently, a young man constructed a suicide helmet that fired eight shotgun shells into his head simultaneously. Oh, I'm sorry, the case was forty years old. I didn't read it very well. And uh, yes, yeah, so this guy built a, a suicide helmet, fired eight shotgun shells into his head at once, and. But that is really overkill because if you're going, Christ. if you're going to affix the device, believe me, one shot. He's buckshot. Yeah, he's buckshot. Really <laughs> overestimated his toughness. Yeah, <laughs> he's buckshot. Yeah. yeah. yeah what is that? A third of an inch st a ball yes. bearings that he basically yes. fired out of there. It is lead ball. Yeah, exactly right. That's 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 a that's a he. I bet he died. <laughs> yeah, and the people that lived in all the buildings next door to him in every yeah. direction. That's they the got their TVs shotguns. ruined. Yeah, that is fine. a serious, that's serious overkill because a shotgun is already overkill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what an ingenious guy, though. Like, I think he had a brain tumor or something. So, you know. New if topic? you do have to do oh. it, I think mono carbon monoxide. I, I think that's the actual. No suicide helmet for you? No. No. Fair enough. So, the iPhone 7 is completely underwhelming the whole world. No one gives a crap about it. it I didn't know they released anything about it. <laughs> they there's didn't, leaks. but there's leaks. Um, it's yeah. pretty well defined. What happens is the leaks get really reliable. Like parts start leaking. Of course, the case starts leaking. And the case can tell you a lot. Like, you know, did the double camera thing come true? Did the double speaker thing and no headphone jack come true? And, and pretty much it's an iPhone 6 without the headphone jack. And it, it's supposed to have a better f camera, the front-facing one, not the you know the one you take pictures with, um, as opposed to the selfie one. And that's, well, that is not going to do well at all. No, and and dude, Apple knows it's shit. Like Apple is ordering fewer parts from their suppliers. Like everyone is underwhelmed by. It. I don't want to say hates it. It's just the it, you know when you go from like the iPhone five to the iPhone five S, and it's like oh yeah, well this is an off year. They, I think what they're doing is they're doubling up on their off years and then they'll go from the 7 to the 8 as opposed to 7S and that'll be their 10-year anniversary iPhone that is going to be like the memorable one. And oh, that makes sense. Well, then that, that, that's make not sense, as shady though. of an outlook for the company then now that, I, now that you say that because it sounds like they've got a new phone in, in the works. They've, they've probably got big ideas, but it's like, well, the 10th anniversary is coming out. What are we going to do? Release this big blockbuster thing that's sort of a new form factor now? Or let's, why don't we just wait another year or two and it can be bigger? Kind of. I, I just feel like... You know, Apple used to be the innovator in this. Everyone would have to catch mm -hmm. up to them. And then over the last couple no, years... No, that, that, was, that, was that was never the case. Oh, it was never the case. They literally, like, it was like the iPhone versus the trio. Since the, since the iPhone 1, that really was never the case. And even the iPhone 1 was not the, fir it was not the first smartphone. Yeah, um, I had smartphones before the iPhone, and they yeah, were what, shit. What, 
what Apple's really, really good at is they're really good at letting other people be the first man through the breach. They let them get bloodied and then they perfect the technology and make it, they put a shiny polished veneer on it. They make a that just looks sleek and sexy and it feels good. It has the right amount of weight. Kyle, you were talking about your mouse with the right amount of weight. These iPhones, they don't feel like cheap plastic like the Galaxies do. They, they, they refine and perfect the overall user experience. And they, so they're usually almost, you know, always six months to 12 months to 18 months lagging behind whatever the innovation is. No, there are a few I'll tell you why I disagree. I think what you're saying is pretty on target for like 2012 or something. Like that was the state of affairs. If you go back earlier, smartphones were all about the hardware. You know, it was, does it have the rolly bar? Does it, how powerful is it? What kind of RAM does it have? How many megapixels are in the camera? And Apple is the first one to turn it into a platform, a one to make it really software-based, right? The Apple was the people who made it so that they opened up the API and everyone else was able to start putting apps on it. Prior to them doing that, yeah. it, it, these things weren't even that interesting. And then suddenly they became the center of your life because you're like a, I don't know, crazy beer fanatic and now you can find places that sell it. And when they opened up the API and made it software based. So Apple had a hard time penetrating, I think it was the Japanese market because the consumers were still looking at hardware specs when they're trying to figure out which phones are good and Apple didn't win, right? The iPhones didn't really dominate in the hardware specs. But it wasn't. It was only the people who owned them and saw what it was to be in an ecosystem. Now, since then, Google has caught up a whole lot, and, and their ecosystems improved. But sure. that's that's where <laughs> Apple, you Apple, know, Apple's really changed the won. game. Apple's always won on the software side. Like their their even their OS has always been better. Maybe not for gamers, right? But their OS has always been better than than Windows. Um, the, the software is just where Apple's been, and and. Uh, and yeah, so for a long time, their hardware, I mean, that's why their hardware was lagging behind a lot, right? Um, the iPod helped them a lot transitioning into gadgets, into the hardware technology side of things. But, um, but I think that they, um, yeah, they, they, they've always been lagging behind on the hardware side. But I agree that on, on the platform side, on the software side, they've always been about making that experience. And that's the, that was the, the, the thing you said about until people experience it. That's the per exact, that's the perfect way to say it because... It, like all my friends who have made the switch finally, you know, we'd always be at, at each other's throats on social media or just, you know, jabbing each other at parties about, oh, you're Android, you're, oh, you're Apple. But it's like once they get an iPhone and they have a MacBook and they have an Apple router and an Apple TV and it's just seamless and easy to just get your video up on that device or to back up your entire hard drive in real time and just behind the scenes and everything just works and you plug in a printer and it just works and once people get that experience they realize that's amazing right they can pull an email they were writing on this device on, on the laptop and just pull it over to their phone and walk out the door um, and finish the email I, on the train right like that but that I, I don't agree I don't think Apple has always lagged in the hardware though right like Apple Apple was leading in the hardware when when they did their early stuff their screens were better their screens were brighter right the, the early Android stuff wasn't better than the what at this point was the several years in Apple stuff and then somewhere Again, there's, there's around like 2012, it was like, all right, you know, the specs aren't as good, but the overall experience is still competitive. Now, like with this new one coming out, it's like, really? So we're going to go two years in a row without really stepping up our game. It's, it's disappointing to me. And I don't think 10 year anniversary is a good reason to like throw away a year. 
the, the advantages that Apple always had were, were obviously <clears throat> screens, right? Because they've been doing laptops and they've been doing screens since forever. So like that, that was an area where absolutely they've been innovating with their retina displays. Um, but and, and yes, and now Samsung and HTC have caught up. Um, but yeah, the, in, in general, their hardware and their hardware has never really been uh, the key selling point of their devices. If you watch any keynote, like they eventually get to some of the specs of the phone, but not all of them. And they're always about the experience first. And they're always about the um, what it is to 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 what it's what it's like to feel what it feels like to be an, an Apple customer, an iPhone user. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's interesting to everyone, but it's interesting to me that Apple. I don't know. Impressive it's like they're not trying, or they've stopped their ability to try, or, or something. Because you, you say very impressive company, I say yeah, the greatest company of 2013. You know, they like, they genuinely lost Steve Jobs, and a lot of that was him. A, a lot of the the long term visionary leadership um, was him, and and I still give a lot of credit to Tim Cook. Obviously, he was the hand selected successor by Steve Jobs, so obviously he believed in him in a lot of ways, but. Also, I think that people are expecting Tim Cook to uh, replace Steve Jobs, and what they don't realize is that Tim Cook's going to be a different kind of leader. And 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 Steve Jobs, he was the phone and the music guy, right? And so I think when you look at Tim Cook, he's not going to be as revolutionary in the phone and the mobility space necessarily. He might be looking more towards the living room, might be looking more towards the car, might be looking more towards AI. Um, and so those are probably. Uh, still a, a ways out before you start to really truly see that wow moment. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he invents something in the living room, maybe centered around the Apple TV, where it blows our minds in the way that the iPhone better be go, soon. Because oh all he's that. done so far is lose momentum. You know, and and I know there's some Apple car project that's out there floundering, not doing shit. You don't get 15 years to make a car. You know, like. Fuck off, right? Apple, it, Apple does. They got no, they don't. He'll be fired. Two hundred billion dollars in the bank. I, I, dude, Tesla is the Apple of cars, right? Yeah, Tesla can pre-announce a I car. I think they replaced. They passed someone for like ninth biggest automaker the other day, like VW or something like that. That's incredible. Huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't. I'm never gonna get into a, a war. I mean, Elon Musk is one of the last truly uh, visionary leaders of on our planet. So like, I'm not at all gonna put one above the other, I respect the shit out of both those companies. Um, but I just think that they're playing, uh, Tim Cook is playing a different game with Apple than Steve Jobs was. Um, and he's aware that the iPhone is, it's on, uh, it's a different product life cycle, you know what I mean? It's almost on autopilot and that's okay, right? Um, and I think he's okay with that. So um, I think I think we'll be eating our words, those of us judging him too, too harshly and too critically now will be eating our words uh, two to five years from now, they might fire been, him next uh, year. Consistently losing ground to Android as far as like yeah. total users. Their phones like, consistently the using ground. The iPod is just as a like I don't know about competitive market, but the whole market is fading away. Right? People is, don't is buy true, iPods. Though? Yeah, I yeah, heard it's that. true. I didn't know if it it's was. true. Again, that's and, that's and their computers are losing ground, and they've stopped release the people who know Apple stuff, know like the release cycles and like, all right, you know, this computer's been out for a year and a half. Don't buy it. There's a new one coming. That's the case of almost everything they make. Like it, if they have like 10 different computer brand lines, nine of them are don't buy right now. You know, they're just too fucking old. And uh, some of them in an extreme case, like the Mac Pro, the one I'd be most interested in, it's been over 900 days since they came out with one. It's the longest it's ever taken in the history of that product line. Um, yeah. and that's so the not a good time to buy. 
on no, almost and then I could buy it. Yeah, Apple is is suffering to deliver fucking anything worse than uh, they can in, in you know since before Jobs was hired. The Apple TV is doing well, I'm sure, I, and it's a really nice interface. That I think that controller has like three buttons on it, but it gets everything done. Um, that's the only. Uh, that's been my favorite Apple product that I've ever used. Was that you fucking like Apple it? TV? Yeah, I prefer the Android phone by and large. Now, the reliability seems to stink, though. I've been through so many of these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. They're two hundred dollars a pop. I, so I'm amazed really at my iPhone six. My criticism is the seven gives me no reason to buy it. You know, I, I think I'm gonna hold on to my six until the ten year <laughs> anniversary one. I guess the removal of the headphone jack makes the well, phone again. slimmer and makes it more waterproof. I think those are the the two advantages. But you you're really losing a lot there, as you said the other day. Like like everything from the credit card scanner scanning technologies to to you know just listening to music on your iPhone mm-hmm. on your on your iPhone, it's kind of not there anymore. And all the peripherals that that go along with it, it's a whole market of stuff that you're turning off. Well, just remember, from a business standpoint, there's going to be a bunch of now dongles that they're going to be selling. So if you wanted to plug your auxiliary thing into your car, you're going to need a dongle that plugs into the auxiliary port of your car, and then it connects via Bluetooth to the headphone jack. Those credit card readers, same thing. They can now send out new credit card readers that either just use the RFID or that are uh, scanners that are connected via Bluetooth now. Um, so like, it, it opens up more revenue streams for Apple from a business standpoint. That doesn't sound but, secure yeah, at all. Yeah, dude, that sounds like it, I could rephrase that is just remember you know we can eke another thirty dollars out of fucked over unhappy customers and and again like like the 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 critics of apple will always say that right but apple people don't it's it's never really been a prohibitive thing i'm an apple person the the perceived the perceived value add on that the other thing about your phone is is the iphone 7 that maybe maybe you're not maybe you're 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 discounting is it will do something on the software level that your iphone 6s can't do right just like this six the iPhone 6, which is what I have, I skipped the 6S life cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way Hey Siri works for me is if I have it plugged into the, to the, the uh, charging port. On iPhone 6S, you can Hey Siri uh, at any time and it'll come on. And so I'm assuming that the iPhone 7 is going to, and the iPhone 7 Plus, will have some feature that in the OS that, that won't work on the other phones, right? Which is going to, and not just one feature, but many, that is going to drive a lot of interest. Like, I still don't know why... I can't have a YouTube player play a YouTube video playing picture in picture while I'm on my home screen flipping out and switching through other apps. I don't know why that's not possible yet on iOS, and I bet that will be one of the. It's not. I thought that was a feature in YouTube Red. Uh, Maybe it's a feature in YouTube Red, but I I don't know. You have to pay for that. So again, that's what I expect will be will be maybe possible with the iPhone Seven is having an, a whole app running picture in picture, and that's not possible on iPhone Six, right? I think on the, on the iOS level, they're going to be able to supplement a lot of that feature set. So YouTube owns. So it used to be Apple owned the YouTube app, and they kind of did a shit job at it. So now YouTube writes the YouTube app, and um, I guess it got better. I couldn't detail to you, you know, in what ways it got better. But one of the things that's happened is they've introduced YouTube Red. And if you're a YouTube Red guy, you get features that regular Apple people don't. Like, I know that it's popular in Painkiller already. I can see the analytics. And uh, it makes sense because people who watch a four-hour podcast might want to be able to go to other apps. And YouTube Red yep. lets them do that. So, uh, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's one of the side effects, I guess, of YouTube owning their own app. But it also got better. I don't know how, but it, it does more shit. So, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I'm kind of like as an as I, 
I am an Apple guy. This is a PC. I, I do both, but I like Apple. I, I check Mac rumors several times. Oh, you didn't a week. go with an Apple machine to edit your HD video and play and play games at high frame rates? Why not, <laughs> dude? I that one I talked about that's like nine hundred days old. Uh, that's that would be my editing station. And I'm like, I'm not gonna buy into some Apple editing station that was last updated in 2012 or 13, something like that. Like, just fuck it. No, like, what am I, an idiot? And um, if you look at it, shucks, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to everybody. So it's, uh, let me see here. If you go here, it can show you, I, I keep waiting for Taylor to come back. Oh, yeah, I've used that before. I've yeah, used yeah. that before. So look, yeah, at the, cool. look at how often they update this stuff, right? And look at where they are right now. Right, so it's like, you know, uh, the first one's 240 days, 280, 420, 500, 685, a little quicker at 556, and now 925 days since the last update. Like that For the MacBook are, Pro, right? Yeah, that's that's the. Not are MacBook they maybe Pro, gonna merge two Pro. lines together, or, or are they gonna discontinue one? Yeah, at this point, you ask yourself, like, are they even in this business anymore? Like, who who makes computers from? Here it is, December of 2013, and and like still runs on 2013. Oh, the Mac Pro. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you go to the very top of this page, it'll like show you where the different product lines are. And so the MacBook got updated two months ago. Yeah, the, the, the MacBook Pro last is 1480 days. Well, that you got to be careful because that's there's a Retina MacBook Pro that's that's updated more commonly, but. If you just scroll, well, what would you do? I don't know. The, the Retina MacBook Pro, which is kind of the one they keep current, is still 408 days old, which is yeah. pretty mm. wild. Like, and, and if you look at the update schedule on that, you see like they don't even let it go a year. You know, 250, 280, and then all of a sudden it hits 400. Like you were, you were defending um, Tim Cook. I look at shit like this. Like they are just failing on the hardware front all over the place. This, they're not able to deliver new stuff. I don't know what their problem is, but like. Well, again, I, I think it, I just think it might be a little bit of a mistake to think that that's a to think that it's not intentional, right? Like, what what if there's a reason that they're not updating those things as often as as you would want? I mean, you were you were kind of just criticizing the 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 iPhone being updated too often and not having enough innovations, no, right? No. No, not at all. I was saying the iPhone is making a mistake by going two years of shit, right? They do the, the 7, the 7S, the 8, the 8S. Don't go like 6, 6S, 6, what's the hell, QRST, 6T, and then 7. Like, that. that's my problem. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, look, this iPhone 7 is really not being updated. That's my issue with them. And uh, um, here looking at their, their, like, hardware product line, it, it's crap, too. So at least in the computer, I don't know. Maybe their peripherals—they're doing a little better. Uh, well, again, I have the I have the last um, Retina MacBook Pro, so the one from 2015, uh -huh. um, and uh, and it's boy, it's it's wonderful. I think I got mine in January 2015, and it it's the one I'm talking I'm, I'm skyping on right now. Um, it's blazing fast. It really has no issues. Um, you know, it's it's almost like uh, it's hard to fix what's not broken. Um, and again, I, I, I think that they probably do, especially in the MacBook Pro arena, they probably, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see an update at the next Apple event. Um, but I think that, you know, they've been focused on other areas. I think rather than, rather than being focused on the bleeding edge and on the, 
on the early adopters who buy these products. If you look at the products that they have been updating and coming and, and, and innovating with, the new MacBook, um, they've been focusing more on the middle, um, the people who uh, want to come into the Apple ecosystem but don't want to come in at the upper echelon product like a MacBook Pro or a Mac Pro. Yeah. They had they had their 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 the, the the point in their company life cycle where they were fueled almost exclusively by early adopters and only, almost exclusively by the fanboy and and their whole strategy has been just come much more mainstream um, and a lot of that's been on the on the on the shoulders of the iPhone um, and so you know all the all these other products they've been releasing like the watch you know it all comes back to ultimately you know shipping more iPhones and, and connecting to the iPhone user. And watch isn't doing too well. I don't. Under, I don't think either. No, I don't. That's the one. That's probably the one of the only Apple products that I can think of that I truly just don't like. I mean, I don't it, want that. I, it, I, it, it's too. It's too thick. It sits off your wrist for, too much. For what it's worth, this like the the crash they've had in their stock has dropped them down to 2012 levels. So, wow. you know that it's well, not hang like. Hang on, is this? Where was it before Brexit? Because I think that's taken the wind out of a lot of sales globally, right? Well, especially a global company like Apple. So I'm trying to think. Brexit was when? Um, a week ago. Yeah, still, still below 2012 levels. Okay, never mind then. Just thought I'd throw that out yeah, there. Never know. Yeah. You know, maybe last week they were mediocre but not terrible but this week they're a little bit lower that i guess uh, that brexit thing was pretty interesting that's it, it's been fun to watch the uh, ramifications of that and all the uh it, I'm, it's I'm really been trying fun. to learn more about it now like last week we talked about brexit and we like it was honestly sorry my computer totally crashed i'm just jumping back in so i'm oh, sorry good. if i mulch over the same shit you just talked about but no we haven't um, even just changed topic okay it basically happened as the show was going on and so we just picked sides based on like a team sport like, yeah. So I immediately picked leave, and then that's what a lot of people were doing. Yeah, I go with the blue when, guys. <laughs> when leave started winning yeah. towards the end, I started thinking, well, maybe I'm I'm always an underdog kind of guy, so now I'm pulling for Remain a little bit because I didn't really care or no. Yeah. Uh, and then basically, all my research has been looking at YouTube videos. Like I watched the whole Brexit uh, documentary that's on YouTube, and obviously that was for the side of we need to get the hell out of the EU, and I tried finding other shit like the, the the other side didn't have a documentary so <laughs> that uh, you didn't have a youtube documentary so that definitely hindered your, your progress there but i i think based on my limited what knowledge it, it made more sense to leave and dude can we watch a video Kyle? together vox did one in two minutes that i thought educated people really well uh it, it, to me it's pretty non-biased and uh and it, it just From Fox? No, Vox with a Vox. V. Oh, Vox. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. Fox being unbiased. Yeah, I hear you. What? I would I would never say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is Vox, and it's got a couple million views. Are you guys ready? Yes. Ready, set, play. Voters in the United Kingdom have voted to leave the European Union. I hope this victory brings down this failed project and leads us to a Europe. Of sovereign nation states. It's a major blow to European political and economic integration and a huge embarrassment for British Prime Minister David Cameron. Who called for the referendum. Britain Who originally proposed it. Inside yeah. the EU than out on our own. At the heart of that is the single market. 500 million customers on our doorstep. A source of so many jobs, so much trade, 
and such a wealth of opportunity for our young people. Britain's exit, or the Brexit as it's called, will have huge implications for the British economy. The EU functions as a single integrated economy, kind of like the United States. Yes, and the now that Britain is out, regulations block. could make it harder to move goods across the English Channel. Lots of multinational corporations have their headquarters in London. But now they might find that it makes more sense to have their European headquarters in the European Union, which could lead to job losses in Britain. The EU also allows for the free movement of people within its member states, which means that any EU citizen can live and work in any other EU country without a visa. And the UK's high employment rate has drawn migrants from poorer countries in the EU, like Poland and Lithuania. But many in Britain resent these migrants, and that resentment was a key driving force in the decision for Britain to leave the European Union. So now that Britain's out, nobody really knows what's going to happen to all those EU migrants. So what comes next? A long negotiation between the UK and the EU's member states, where they have to hash out issues like trade, change their flag. tariffs, agriculture, immigration, and a whole host of other issues. Nobody really knows what this means for the other EU countries. Still look exactly they could the same. rally together the and push for even more integration. Or some countries could look at Britain and say, we should get out too. But one thing is clear. Britain's exit is a huge blow to the dream of a united Europe. Well, I guess they didn't really want to pre present the other side of it. But. I guess not. <laughs> I've remembered it being pretty unbiased. I don't know anymore. Would... I mean, I, it's Vox. Like, I don't really, I'm not familiar with Vox. Uh, well, they, they definitely lean left. Okay. Yeah, but, but everything they're saying is true. And I also, I've also heard the other side, and I empathize with the idea of, uh, the idea of having uh, a nation's sovereignty. And, and not every... Not every nation is like the U.S., where we signed up to take your your poor and your you know your your um, uh, homeless. Masses. Yeah, like like we're not. That's that's not what every other nation was founded on, and I get that. But what I'll say is um, everything in the Vox thing was true, and and the long term negatives are just profound. Like just just thinking about the trade, right? Like what. What what parts? What other European nations are going to even want to trade with Britain anymore now that they oh are my sort God. of this people who might be interested every, in the fourth every, or fifth largest on, country on, in the on, planet? Okay. Every, every, go every, okay, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. The British Empire has lasted for like fifteen, eighteen hundred years or something like that. The EU is fifty years old. Uh, the the UK has only been in it for like twenty years or something like that. Everybody's acting like, oh my God. Something has happened like never before. It's like no, it like there are marriages that 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 are that are that are older than the than their relationship with the EU. Everything's yeah. going to balance because mine you got, might be because you got a free market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is this marriage the, the, is older than the than the European Union? The big I mean, problem the big the big problem is that things have just changed, right? So back back before when they were this independent empire for thousands of years. That was that was when everyone wanted to work with them, and and now this moment has changed everything because now no one wants to work with them, they, and they still do though because they they want to trade with the United Kingdom. Uh, I mean, are they going to suddenly switch and be like, oh well, all that all those goods and services that we were garnering from the well, United Kingdom now we're just going to get from Estonia. See, now there's a negotiation because there's more of a free market. Instead of a bunch of guys in Brussels or in France, because I think they like move the headquarters around to appease like certain nations or something like that with the EU, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, now that now that now there's going to be a negotiation. So now you don't have to be under the yoke of some bureaucrats 
you know, over across the Ch English Channel. We would hate that, right? Let me take if, a turn. If, if one of our main economic yeah. policies was ever dictated by some some guys in uh, Mexico or Canada, you know, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't like that. I feel like yeah. everyone pretending to know whether it's a good idea or not. Like, dude, you don't have the data yet. You know, for all we know, UK could hammer out a trade deal with the EU that has like all the positives of being in it without the negatives, right? They still want to trade with the UK. They might be mad at them today because they just left, but this process takes over a year and they might be like, you know what? Let's just keep the open borders, you know? Maybe it'll be a good thing. And then they don't have, say, the immigration issues that they didn't like so much. And uh, and they don't have to pay into the EU as much as they did before or anything. Who knows? Like, it, I, I, We just don't know what the terms of the deal are going to be, yet we're already figuring out whether it's a good or bad deal. And that seems crazy to me. I just yeah, like that there's like going to be a negotiation. Right after the... Uh Right after this happened, and of course, a little bit of instability causes markets to fluctuate, mm -hmm. everybody already acted like on Twitter, like, oh my God, the UK is crumbling. Look at the, you know, take note of this of where you are because a world superpower is no more. And it's like, oh my God, chill the fuck out. The UK is going to be fine. That it's going to be okay. It's going to bounce back. I, I saw people when on the Obama other side of the aisle two days ago posting stuff like, oh, look at that. It's already bounced back higher than it was. I didn't look into it that much, so I don't know if that's true. Uh, but well, it, our, our, mar okay. our markets have rebounded very... Like, we took a big hit the day of, but they've rebounded quite a bit in the past uh, yeah, few days. Really and, and that's to be expected, though. This is a long yeah. burn. Like, this is not... Well, who knows how to expect the markets? But the... Um, fuck, I had a thing. Ah, God, I can never get it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Something about Obama? Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Um, when Obama first got elected, the markets were also doing like a real fluctuating thing. You remember he came in in one of these awful economies that people don't remember. Like there were McCain and Obama like suspended campaigns and had to hammer out uh, those big bank rescue deals and shit like that. So when he got elected, uh, the right in particular used to use the stock market as like a real time. Um, uh, what do they call that popularity poll that that they do? Oh. That, the favorability poll or, or whatever, right? Approval. Would, yeah. Approval ratings, right? They would act like the stock market was Obama approval ratings, and they fucking loved right. it because he, he, he yeah. jumped in in a terrible market, and they're like, market's down 75 points again today. Fucking Obama. And mm -hmm. uh, they just like day after day after day. And then when you know the jobs started coming in and the market started doubling again and again, uh, they stopped using that, that metric. You know, to measure his performance. Well, yeah, of, of course, both sides are always going to use the least favorable, conceivable thing to, to reflect just, their opponents. I'm I just, just like, the only, hey, the I've about... seen this before, where they use the yeah. stock market as a real-time barometer of people's feelings on this or that. And it's like, stop yeah. it. It's the stock and market. It, it's... Yeah, it, it's manipulative. What uh -huh. What I didn't like and what really kind of convinced me more on the leave side was I really didn't like all of the stories and shit they were showing of local businesses and local like blue collar workers in the UK who were having their jobs their businesses ruined because of UK or EU bureaucratic red tape that you have to crawl through and it's actively hindering your ability to start a successful business and then it's propping up shitty businesses by by imposing tariffs on countries that are providing better goods for less cost like it 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 just seemed like on a moral level of like, yeah, they should be able to just dictate their own terms. They should be able to have their own fucking country where they decide their shit. And maybe I'm totally wrong, and that's just emotional, but it feels right. 
that, I, you know, yeah, that isn't fair. They shouldn't have a fucking government that they didn't really choose hundreds of miles away, which in Europe is like thousands of miles here. I think uh, I'm making oh, decisions. For I think I'm on the leave side. Who knows? Uh, but there were two powerful arguments for me. Um, one was like in the last 15 years, Europe is like the only continent not to experience growth. And in my head, I'm like, man, you know, like how many decades do you need to let an experiment go before you look at the results? You know, like Asia's growing, America's growing, Africa's growing. It was actually two, Europe and Antarctica are like the only countries that haven't experienced growth in the last 15 years. And I'm like, huh. So if I was the UK, is that the country that I'd want to be handcuffed to as we, you know, wow. head out and, and compete? And the other thing was, and I don't know how common this was because I was listening to some guy who was obviously, you know, in favor of one side. But he said that a lot of the EU, like, officials that were there were people who just got, like, kicked out of British politics. So, you know, like... Everyone grabs their torches and pitchforks, torches and pitchforks, fires their politician by voting him out, and then now he's in the EU, still ruling your country. And you're like, ah, oh, this is a terrible system. I hate being ruled by someone I just fired. So, there you have let's, it. Let's uh, let's change topics, but keep it in the world of international affairs and talk about these Rio Olympics because this the, this video that Chiz just linked is hilarious. It looks like uh, it's about away. the Rio Olympics. I think it's uh, Stephen Colbert talking for a minute or two about what's going on. This thing is really going to be a global disaster. Well, a, a disaster on a global stage. On a global stage, yeah. Yeah. So on a global uh, scale. Yeah. Is it exactly. four, 109, 110? I believe it starts at 109, 110. Mine's paused at 111. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I have it to me too. All right. Uh, are we ready? Yep. yep. Ready, set, play. Games. They are less than two months away or never because <laughs> just yesterday, Rio's acting governor warned the Olympics could be a big failure, which is actually an improvement because until yesterday, it looked <laughs> like a massive catastrophe. <laughs> The Olympics are in real trouble. Many wow. of the venues are still unfinished, possibly because more than $10 billion in construction contracts went to just five firms, all of which are currently under investigation for price fixing and kickbacks. <laughs> this has already led to top executives being jailed or charged, though on the plus side for those executives, the prisons will be completed until 2036. <laughs> plus... Plus, Brazil is one of the highest violent crime rates in the world, which led Rivaldo, a former member of Brazil's Olympic soccer team, to warn tourists to, quote, stay in their country of origin, because here you'll be <laughs> the risk of your life. <laughs> Leading to Brazil's newest tourist slogan, Brazil, come for the sport, stay because you're dead. <laughs> but, but experts... Experts don't expect an increase in arrests during the Olympics, in part because police patrols may grind to a halt because they can't afford to buy fuel. Though, with any that luck, can't the be problem true. will solve itself yeah, that can't when be the cars true. are stolen. Brazil has huge natural reserves. These budget shortfalls led first responders to cheap. stage protests all over Rio yesterday, including one at the airport where police held a sign that read, Welcome to hell. Yes. Hell explains why they're changing the Olympic logo from three people holding hands to two guys mugging the other guy. (laughs) 
But corruption and crime aren't the only things plaguing the Olympics. There's also actual plague. Because fear over the Zika virus, which can cause birth defects, has led some athletes to stay home and others to take special precautions like freezing their sperm. What's going on in there? Don't open the door. I'm training for the Olympics. <laughs> That's probably near the end of that. You're training all the time. Of course, <laughs> athletes could always hide from mosquitoes underwater, but I wouldn't recommend Guanabara Bay, where the boating events will be held, because this is an actual photo of the race site. Now, okay, that doesn't look good, but on the bright side, if Brazil doesn't finish the athletes' dorms in time, I think that couch is a fold-out. <laughs> and it gets worse because researchers just found drug-resistant superbacteria in the bay, leading one Brazilian professor to say, these bacteria should not be present in these waters. They should not be present in the sea. Now, I would say no but I think in this case, quite the opposite is true. But it's not... Oh, it took me a while to catch on to the no thing. Yeah, the no shit. Yeah. I want to point out that you have applauded two things. Shoddy construction and human waste. You're my kind of people. You're my kind of people. Should we keep going? I think it's about But done. it's not just humans whose lives are at risk in Rio. Uh, yeah. So yep. much has been made out of what a story Rio is. I can't tell if it's just like the hip thing to bully Rio or if it's that bad. And it almost seems like what really is going to matter is the coverage they give it in real time, right? If NBC is just like, you know what? Actually, all right, so the drywall is not painted, but it's actually pretty nice. You know, I like unpainted drywall in the dorms. Or if they just completely ignore all the problems people are having and, and do like sappy stories about how, you know, this rower's mom got divorced. Yeah. and They're totally going to embrace the bad shit because nobody's going to click on some bait article that says six reasons why Rio was better than expected. Like, Nobody's going to click that. It's going to be like, you won't believe what Michael Phelps found in his mm. vitamin water. Like, like silly stuff like that. Just, yep. I don't know. Anytime the Olympics is held in a country that we're not like directly buddy buddy with, it's, it seems like we always rip on it. And maybe that's because the, the countries that we're not really buddy buddy with have shittier places to have the Olympics. I don't know. Like, I uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the failure. The failure that this thing is going to be. It is going to be a failure. There are going to be rapes, murders, assaults, disease, um, kid maybe a kidnapping or two. Um, facilities are not done, and it's months away. The the facilities are obviously not going to be proper or finished. But what I really hope that I get to see, and Reddit will be great for this because it's not going to be like the photos they put on CNN. It's going to be like a dude like me out there going, uh uh. Here's what it looks like, and you're gonna see those those like world class rowers out there in the algae with the diapers floating. Like you know they're wear they got like nose pinch like like they're putting Vicks under their nose to to cancel the smell of the water they're rowing in. Dude, it's gonna be good. I didn't even think about the social media aspect, right? I'm sitting here saying it really matters where NBC points the cameras. No, it doesn't. Kyle's right. The Dude. athletes too. 
Yeah. I mean, dude, you can't stop soldiers from wearing GoPros in battles with ISIS. You know, you think you're going to keep the, like, Rio a secret? Uh-uh. We're going to know exactly what it's like. It's going to be on social, it's going to be on everyone's Facebook feed. That's, I oh, think how cool. we should just sit out of the 2016 Olympics, and when 2020 comes around, we will clean up. Because we will not have any sick individuals with shrunken heads <laughs> or, or horrible, you know, maladaptive tumors growing because of that nasty water. Like, I, mm. I say we just let other countries there have some a... gold no, have, and we're going to clean up. We can send our over 25 crew, right? Because they were going to be 29 anyway at the best. Phelps so, just made his fifth. Exactly. Send Phelps. He's not going for six. <laughs> it's his last year. Use him He'll up. He'll swim in that water. You guys aren't swimming? I am. I'm adding another, I'm adding another few medals. He'd be swimming in that dive for water. He don't care. <laughs> he would. Yeah, yeah. because this is his last chance. After this, he's got a long career of, what, like pimping five-hour energy or something? Like, what's he going to do? Uh, he, he's, I guess he's got it at this point, right? Look at him, all that Puidi's money. I wonder uh, what they Yeah, pay. he's probably loaded. I don't know. I, I would. He had Subway for a long time. Yeah, I, I feel like he, he's gonna. Be, he could be a motivational speaker. Like like when, when he's got he's got a big enough name and a wholesome enough character aside from the marijuana, which nobody gives a shit about. That like he can do whatever he wants at this point. He can go give motivational speeches. He could he could get, uh, like I don't know whatever the top collegiate swimming team is. He could easily just walk in there and be the coach of that and make some enormous. Well, I don't know what they pay those guys. I know in college football they make a bundle, but what do, what do swim coaches make? Go faster! I don't know. <laughs> right? Kick! <laughs> Kick harder! Harder! <laughs> I want you to go out there and swim through that water like it owes you money. You guys you are know? funny because you can't really hear your coach in swimming. <laughs> you, know? you can't hear him at all. <laughs> yeah, you're, just, you're just constant like, you know, you gotta go faster! <laughs> not even that you can't not hear a fucking <laughs> the splashing is actually really loud in your ears and that's all that you hear there's um if you swim a longer event there's like a lane marker they hold down like so you say when like i forget how many laps the 1650 is but whatever like pick a long one and they'll hold this thing down and you're like you lap 13 lap 15 lap 17 etc and uh how bad humans are at like even the best of the best swimmers in the world are being coached by people walking only a little briskly next to the pool where they're like sometimes mm -hmm. they have to like slow down to a calm saunter to make sure that they don't pull out ahead of the pack as they're like it's just the the people on the side I'm talking about like walking, walking and 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 Dude, walking. those swimmers it's are like, going faster than you're saying you have to jog for sure maybe run there is no way that you can swim as fast as someone can run i can no, run no, no, faster no, no, no. than any swimmer in history I would agree with that. What I'm saying is, to keep up with the swimmer, you would have to run. I feel like it's only a run like you forgot to get something at, you know, Walmart, and they're closing in a couple minutes. You're not going to run through fucking Walmart and look like an asshole, but you you walk a little quicker. A light jog. Yeah, maybe a light jog. Maybe like you're you're just doing hey. a quick walk. You're like shit. I could do a marathon. If like, you have two, two feet airborne at the same to. time. No impact. That's a run, right. and I think you'd need to do that, or you'd have to do that like crazy speed walk event thing with the the hips Power and the walk. twist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, like old women do walking past Macy's. Moss. Every time I see that, I just want to be like, 
<laughs> Stop! <laughs> Dude, Don't ever do that again. Just they, fucking jog. Why do they do that? Swimmers Hall. And people who've never uh, come to like a good swim event, not a high school one, but like, you know, collegiate level or the Olympic, Olympic level. Olympic level. The yeah. Olympic level, of course, especially, uh, are taken aback by like, wow, those fuckers are moving. And I've heard that's true in track and field, too. You're like, ah, I didn't even know people did that. <laughs> you know, those oh, are really hauling. Sure I yeah. just think it's interesting to watch like the best of the best humans do stuff like sprinting or swimming or jumping and then see much smaller, dumber animals accidentally beat <laughs> all of our records. Where it's like, look at, you know, Steven Johnson from the Republic of the Congo jump. He's so, he can jump six or seven feet in the air on the high jump. This is a chickadee we got from a petting zoo six <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, let's see if we can get it to, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Wow, 14 feet, more than, how do you feel about that, Well, Steve? you picked an yeah. animal that flies, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> chickadee sounds like a bird of some sort. You're like, look at it, 900 feet yeah. <laughs> over the house. He's the kangaroo, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Phelps, uh, Phelps made bank. It says here his net worth is 55 million dollars. Whoa. For swimming. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's before the the endorsement period of his. Oh. <laughs> the big oh, endorsement yeah. period of his of his lifetime. Oh, that guy is on the fat clock. <laughs> right after this, uh, right after these Olympics wind down, mark my words, that guy's on the, the not just the fat clock, the obese clock, because he's yeah. gonna he's gonna slow down and keep eating like he does, mm -hmm. and he honestly eats as many calories a day as I would wager all four of us on a standard day. Because he burns that many on a standard day. Because he burns. Yeah. So that, that's a dude who wasn't bullshitting you with Subway. While Jared's sitting there pretending like he ate a foot long, Michael Phelps is like, yeah, I eat six of these for breakfast, but I do a lot of work. So you don't yeah. eat six of these and expect these results. Look at this. Look at this stuff. <laughs> Ten of these a day, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Dude. Anyway, yeah. I like, uh, I like the, the, the athletes who you know are just better than everybody else at a thing. It, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's like, wow, you're a real you know fucking what? I'm... unique specimen. We need to take your DNA and do something with it. Like, like if you're gonna start making that master race, like let let's get some of Phelps' sperm because we we're gonna want to start there. Let's start with a Michael Phelps yeah. type uh, physique. Let's get and somebody else's face genes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, hey, I didn't. He's not. Yeah. He's I don't want a whole race guy. of foot people. <laughs> Imagine John Stamos, but he has three times the lung capacity of a normal man, and he can win eighteen gold medals a year. What's interesting like, that's for what we need Phelps is he's good at a bunch of events, right? Like most swimmers are like, yeah, you know what? I just got a knack for butterfly. I'm built like that, etc. He's like the best at butter, the best at breast, the best at back, and the best in the at, water. And, and the nearly best, the best. Right? At, yeah, crazy. yeah. Like you, you don't see like track and field athletes be like you know what i just happened to fucking kick ass at the javelin too yeah. you know like, <laughs> yeah, i gotta well, run the 100 free the 50 free and then throw this javelin and, and no one can hang and it, that's, that's what why he i'm does. really getting i'm really getting into american ninja warrior um like to me that's almost like the that's like to the athletic sports what like the ufc was to boxing and mm -hmm. like it's when you want to talk just talk about people's sheer athleticism and their sheer ability to do things that don't really matter but are still really impressive it's 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 these american ninja warrior things this mount midoriyama thing it's like you know they're they're it tests everything it tests it tests strength it tests agility it tests stamina it tests balance i know and a guy i think he can win that and it's I, I know really right? impressive. everyone like knows a guy, right? Like, oh yeah, Louis over there. I bet he could do it. No, dude, my guy. I, 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 I sometimes think about it. I'm like, dude, what if I were to fund your costs to enter this thing in exchange for like, 
I don't know, a quarter of the purse, right? Like I'll make this thing feasible for you. And then we'll, you know, like I'm investing in you. That Does that make me like a dick? I feel like that. No, that's no, just reasonable, that's, that, right? No, that, that like in things like that, like po- poker is a perfect uh, example of that. That is how a lot of poker players play poker at a professional level. It's by having someone else sort of hedge their bet on you. And someone else is is fronting the money and they're keeping part of the tag. And that way you can you can you can actually do it because it, you know over the long run so a good player will do well my son goes to parkour class and my son is not great at parkour it's really about socializing and enjoying himself and he's losing some weight and all the you know, good stuff that comes with exercising but one of his coaches like oh, he's like perfect at shit they've got that you know you see the warp wall at the end you know yeah. this guy does the warp wall like it's a joke you know, like a lot of them build it in their own gym and they practice on it all the time. Oh yeah, he's got a warp wall. That like, dude, yeah. I'm scared to try it. Like I, I've I've run up it, but I don't like Is that give the it one my where you all. Run up and try to jump and, and grab. And yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 it's like 25 feet in the air or something. Like it's really I don't know, maybe I'm sad. it's really tall though. I think it might be. No, it's higher it's than like, 15. I'm shocked. It, I think it's I like think 13 it, to 16 feet. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere in there. Maybe I'm exaggerating. If these I don't guys know. are running up 25 foot walls. They're just superheroes. Well, it's like it's a it's a ramp. It's the, like well, a quarter here, pipe. It's all perspective. What what really brought me into the sport was in 2014 when it was a uh, Casey Cottonzero. She was like this five foot nothing, yeah. like tiny petite girl, but one of the most athletic and agile athletes in the world and she completed the whole course i think she was the first woman to finish it she climbed the 16 foot wall and i'm like dude it's just unbelievable they have a foam pit right and on the far side of the foam pit is like a rock wall and you would look at it i swear and be like oh like dude clearing this foam pit and clinging onto the rock wall like a mountain goat is just not a task that humans can do uh, not rock wall, um, foam pit. Yeah, clearing the foam pit, getting to the rock. And it, he does that shit, and you're just like, like, and yeah. And it, like, and then he just climbs around on it like it's a ladder, like you're supposed to be able to do that thing. And uh, I, I don't know. He just look at him, and he can, like, do flips and shit. You want to watch this video? Sure. This, this is pretty this, good. This guy doesn't Which look one? like a real athlete. <laughs> He's going to run through all the, the obstacles. He'll surprise you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready, set, play. Go. Welcome back to American Ninja Warrior. We just saw high school teacher Sam Wilkins complete the course in 2 minutes and 38 seconds. That's the time to beat tonight. He breezed through the quintuple step, murdered the log roll, flew right up the warp wall, and then conquered the salmon ladder. You know it. Coming up next is a competitor. That salmon ladder is a thing they have in their gym. Story. Yep. Dude. Hi, I've seen those at a lot of gyms. He goes up and down those like 10 times, like all day. Well, he's. It used to be beautiful before the tornado. All right. It leveled everything. I've immediately judged the book by the cover. I'm going to be impressed at how this guy does. He's very impressive. Well, it's on the SNL channels. Thanks, Woody. <laughs> it's everyone can see it. Nobody noticed. That. <laughs> I just wanted to show the good people of Beasley that even when the chips are down, if you work hard and you put your mind to it, anything is possible. Wow, Jeff, you <laughs> This isn't about me. Uh, I'm doing it for the people of Beasley. And I see some of your friends and neighbors are here tonight to cheer you on. Hey, yeah, there they are. There's you got the neck brace on for the tornado. He's in a wheelchair. I am Captain Tornado, and I'm doing this for my town. Okay, Captain Tornado, go get him. 
As a reminder, he'll have to beat Sam's time for the qualifying oh, round. God. That's right. This guy's... How have you been, by the way? I'm depressed. Like, no reason. 100 pounds well, overweight. Yeah, Let's see if Captain Tornado will be our next American Ninja Warrior. And he's off. <laughs> and it's over. The cape is a problem. Let's take a look at the slow mo. He completely misjudged. It was almost as if there was absolutely no communication between his brain and his body. Now let's take a look at the reaction of his fans. If you watch closely, you can see the hope slowly draining from their faces. I mean, any respect that they had for Jeff has now completely vanished. And that's gotta suck for them. They put their eggs in the wrong basket. Absolutely. All right, Jeff. So what do you think happened out there? I did bad. Oh. <laughs> I did bad. You sure did. But Jeff, because we were so moved by your story, we have a little surprise for you. Oh God. We decided to give you a special American Ninja do-over. Really? That's no right. Way. So use what you've learned on your first run and apply it to this one. I will. I won't let you down this time. I'm going to do it for Beasley. <laughs> and he's focusing up. Look at the intensity on his face. No running He's start. Going to let this rare second chance <laughs> I don't know how they're going to play this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he made the second one. The mask fell off. Maybe naming yourself after the thing that destroyed your town wasn't the best choice. Well, let's look at the slow mo. I expected him to look a little more disappointed. I mean, he almost looks happy. I hate to say it, but I think that's an I'm peeing face. And here he comes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Are you embarrassed? Do over. I was not ready. My shoes are wet. I don't want to do over. There's pee in that pool. we don't have time. I'm sorry. I have to do this for my peeps, please. Oh, they're long gone, Jeff. They're out of here. Take a look. I don't care. Oh. I got to do this. I'm doing this for Beasley. Beep, 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 beep. Wow! <laughs> he run across the water. What did I do? Just a reminder, he did this for his job. And he's also lost his pants. <laughs> destroyed their home, but this tornado destroyed their spirit and showed its penis. We'll be right back with more American Amazing. Ninja Warriors. That That's good pretty one. good. Yeah. Hey, SNL's not that great these days, but that was a, that was a pretty good sketch. It never I, was. I always... I, okay. I watch Ninja Warrior? Like the maybe one or two times I have, I always like to watch it and see, like which ones I think I could do, and I've never <coughs> thought that I could do any of them, aside from the one where you just kind of like go. <laughs> yeah, the first time I'm always like the first time I watched it, I was like, let's see, everybody's talking about this. And I'm like, all right, oh, you bounce back and forth, ooh, big athlete. And then number two is like, all right, now you're gonna grab onto this bar and you're gonna do a pull up where you then rest yourself up a little more every time. Yeah. If you've seen that, where you're lifting yourself and pulling yourself up, and it's like, give me forty oh, minutes traveling. and a yeah, grappling so hook, and I couldn't do that. Like, there's that's <laughs> so difficult. I just, or maybe I just want one it. of them. You know, I just want the YouTube channel to build a little obstacle course similar to that in their in their shed, and then they invite other YouTubers on and see if they can compete. And like like that would be a million sub YouTube channel. I'm just waiting for someone to do that. Or if I'm, I'm watch, gonna, yep. watching your fellow YouTubers make a fool of themselves on those obstacle courses, that, that'd be some entertaining shit. Or the good ones. 
You know, there's going to be a couple YouTubers that, that I, I do great. Yeah, who who would surprise yeah. you? I um. Or it would be hilarious if you just treat it seriously, but all you do is go around to local playgrounds and Chuck E. Cheese's and just monopolize <laughs> all of the children's <laughs> playwear as they're like, "Mister, can I slide down the slide? I'm training. I'm training." <laughs> You're slide. climbing up it backwards. <laughs> yeah, climbing up the slide backwards you're, as you're getting booted in the face by like, you like the kids obstacle. <laughs> you're just, you're just like, sh- yeah, taking little, them out. Little Velcro feet hitting you in the head. I do the same thing, Taylor, about like uh, how I would do on those things. Except it's not me. It's hypothetical young me. Me is 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 depressing. You know, like uh, no, 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 no. I, I do, I, you I, you climb that rope really well. You climb that rope really well, and there's a lot of rope climbing-like like, stuff. Peak me could do 22 pull-ups, right? Like, I want to put that guy on the course and see how he can do. You know those, um, are, are, like, I didn't even do them, but in the gym, we had this pegboard where you, like, put pegs and you go up yes. and down it, right? Um, just, like, I don't know. I, I just, like, fucking tried it and did it my first time ever. And the wrestling coach was like, damn, you know, like, you know, people. That's a rough exercise. I could do that, and uh, um, so you know, how like long are the because that's what really matters. I think is like how long each rung is from the next one. Because if it's little, oh. then you can kind of be like eh. well, the the trick here is that it, it's, it, it taxes inches, your, maybe little it taxes your grip strength as well in a way that you don't anticipate because the pegs don't go in perfectly. They also kind of slightly canter yeah. down, so oh, you so have to squeeze to keep yourself on. Yeah, you got you got to also be rotating your wrist to keep the peg in there. Oh. And yeah, and then you have that like mini panic attack of like you're like, all right, I got it, I got it, okay, and then you don't hit it right away, and you're just kind of like, yeah. oh, 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 yeah, fuck. that's oh man, I'm running out of strength real quick, and then then you're just done. That's like, the it's, challenge right there. It, it's it's. Like, I don't remember having too much trouble getting the pegs in. I'm not even sure if it was canted. It was a long time ago. But um, I do remember, like, not always getting it on the first try. And now yeah. I'm doing, like, a one-arm pull-up one for longer than I want to be. Yeah, and it's like, all right, well, you know, reset. You know, because I've got this height. I can have this one again, you know, and then try it. You know, and that's the kind of nonsense it took. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty difficult. I'd like to try that. I've seen those. The the MMA gym I went to had one of those, but we didn't fuck with that stuff. I don't even want to try it anymore. I want to live in my memory. But but yeah, oh, like yeah. hypothetical Woody. I'm not saying I'd win that thing. I wouldn't. But like, you know, I don't know. It yeah. looks like a fun get, challenge. Let, let like, me take a couple what? practice runs and and you know I'm I might do something. I get enough pleasure from living the fantasy of myself winning it. <laughs> that I don't even have to train for it, you know, because I already know what would happen, how it would pan out, you know, just picturing that myself dominating it, like, oh, how'd you, how'd you break every record? How'd you do it on your first try? Well, this stuff just kind of comes easy to me. There you have it, folks. He, wh- what were you doing before this? And I was at, I was at Tim Hortons eating donuts. <laughs> just, just hopped on over. It was honestly not a big deal. Like I saw it on Twitter, thought I'd come over. You yeah. know, that the, the fantasy is enough. Like the fantasy you have of everything, like you stopping a robbery, you you know winning an argument against a teacher from a decade ago, <laughs> like you get you get so much pleasure from it, just fantasizing about it that at the end of it you're like, oh, it's almost like that happened. Yeah. I don't need to go back. You you see the guys on it and, and they're like, well, this guy enjoys rock climbing, and you're like, oh, well, that's you know that kind of hobby is what makes him succeed at this so much. And I think like parkour coach, like this guy, all day long just like does crap like that in the gym to keep himself fit. Dude, no joke, he could actually do this, right? Like it could he could be a guy. He could be sure. the guy. These these athletes have missed such a grand opportunity because they're all clearly very fucking athletic and instead of 
pointing all of that energy and focus into like, all right, I'm a six foot four guy. I'm in great shape. I'm going to point myself towards the NFL. Great wide receiver. Put all my eggs in that basket, and I'm going to get really good at this. Instead, he's like, well, I'm going to put five percent of my time into peg climbing, and then fifteen percent <laughs> into mild left foot jumps, and then I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to take out a, a thirty thousand dollar loan. I'm going to put lily pad jumpers in my pool in the back. I'm going to get an eternity pool. And it's like, how about you just you, you solidify that interest and you you learn a skill that people give a fuck about? Because at the end of the day, all it is is novel watching these people where it's like wow that guy ran up that wall like it mattered you know like, i remember <laughs> they, remember like, they, were, they were saying the same thing about x games the same thing about ufc at one point though all right so mm-hmm. the, the javelin has been out there for centuries that's not really take catching fire or take or, ca- or taking hold or anything how do you even get into throwing the javelin the discus or the shot uh, put you like lose a couple races and they put you in that <laughs> yeah. that's a, I know you, that you I lose out on the track and you go into the field. That happened yeah. to me. I know that happened because they happened to me. Yeah. In, in, in eighth grade, <laughs> I had put. to be on the track team, and I fucking hated it. I hated track. Uh, this is great. My parents were like, uh, you know, you got to do something before hockey season starts because we want you to be active all year. And I was like, whatever, track. Uh, first meet, first track meet ever. I, I uh, to be fair, I had not shown promise in any event. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they kind of were just like, you know, you do this. Ah, oh, Jesus! All right, do that. And they put me in the hundred meter hurdles. Who would have thought that'd be the right event for their goalie? Go on. Yeah. Hundred meter hurdles. They put me in it, and I'm there, and I look down the line, and the guy right next to me is a guy also from my school, and I know that he is really fucking fast at this because I've watched him do it really fucking fast next to me. And what I do, <laughs> there was only like, I don't know, like six hurdles or whatever many there are in a, in a hundred meter. I ran, got the first one off a bullshit jump, to be fair. This leg, right leg went over it, left leg kind of like went a swoop. You know, did a little yeah. swoop around the side. Is that illegal or just bad form? It's just Bad horrible form. form, and okay. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. But I was like 14, so it didn't, nobody was calling me on it. Uh-huh. I get to the next one. I make it over. I kind of I tap it a little bit. I give it a, I give it a, a little bit of a shake, kind of. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I already have an excellent view of who's going to win the race <laughs> uh, <laughs> because right in front of me, there are three hurdles ahead. The third hurdle, I jump like almost half-assed. Like, what am I doing? Making an <laughs> asshole of myself. Everyone was so fucking far ahead of me, and I jump, knocked it over, and I shame you not. I didn't even finish the race i just went to the side and just oh, jogged it up to the end didn't jump over anymore just kind of like wave into the stands of all like the eighth grade girls <laughs> who were there waiting for their event they're like hey i'm so you know i'm over here talk to to coach uh coach kirk who was over there and he's like how about you wanna you seem like a shot put kind of guy I'm, like, well, I'm, I'm certainly not a running type of guy and, and he was like okay and honestly going to the shot put event after that was like wandering in to like a special bus scenario where this was not like unlike the the running of the the hurdles this wasn't the cream of the crop no one here knew how to shot put or discus <laughs> or javelin these were all the people that couldn't run and i, I performed well amongst that group no but uh, it was, uh, yeah i was there were girls there so, <laughs> so i really really tore it up we oh, had God, the, uh... like, that is embarrassing i can picture everybody oh, looking right? at me we had the we had some sort of a, a elementary school Olympics, and I also threw the shot put, and uh, I guess I showed some promise at it for being like a, a fifth grader. 
Um, so my parents bought me a shot put to practice with. And mm. so like I'm out in the yard spinning around throwing this big hunk of steel all day. It was a very weird time in my life. They, 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 Cause everybody's like encouraging me. Like you're very good. You threw it 15 feet. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm just like, well, I, I, I okay I, I don't know i'm just throwing the steel ball okay i'll do that more and like now i've got my own like special one and some sort of shot put cleaning rag that you like <laughs> swip it around in or it's, it's all this bullshit and then we get to the meat and i'm like i don't really want to do this anymore do i have to and they're like no <laughs> that was it from the shot put thing they didn't teach any of us how to do it and so the and there were no like coaches over there because they were all caring about the real sports like the running and the jumping and we were in our own sequestered little idiot cell over there <laughs> and nobody cared. But for the first few I guess rounds of it, nobody was telling these kids how to shot put and I didn't know. So people were just guaranteed fucking up their elbows just like. <laughs> oh! and it's like the meanwhile just like weird tweaks and shit are happening like oh they're kind of smart you know i don't think this is how you're supposed to do it you're not supposed to bring it behind your head and whip it like a girl throws a softball but yeah that was track is horrible it's a I, horrible um, sport i wanted to be in track have i told this story on pka i am um, in track so like i was a sophomore in high school and uh, I, I think I was working. Uh, of course I was working. I had to always work after high school. And it was, I hated it. Like I'd go to high school, which I hated. And then I'd go to my jobs, which I also hated. And then at night I would not do my homework. That was like kind of my high school existence. And uh, I had this idea that I could, I, would, I wanted to play a winter sport. But uh, as a sophomore, I knew that I was like shit at all sports. So winter track is like the JV league track. At least it was in my, I don't know if it is everywhere, but spring track, that's track and field. That's when track and field happens. Cross country, that's in the fall. Winter, that's like, like, this isn't track season, track. So I thought I would start there and I tried to sell my parents on it. And my dad is like, no, my son, he works. And, uh, and I, I just, I tried to sell it. I tried to pitch it. And then eventually, and this is the argument that ended it all. He goes, you know what? I've seen him run. He's no great shakes. That was the line. And it was like, uh, I was deflated. I stopped trying. Who is great shakes? I, who, it's I, an I, old mean man term that you <laughs> say to your son. Jesus. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is a paraphrase. It's like, he's going to suck. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, all right, never mind about track. And that was, that's my track and field experience. Yeah, it's it's a terrible, in fairness, terrible activity. I might have sucked. Uh, to this day, I suck at running. But I've got, like, really good cardio like it comes to me quickly uh, even lower now. body apparently right so uh if they could have trained me to not run like a goose or whatever it is that i do then then maybe i would have turned into something who knows who's stepping around yeah. no <laughs> i didn't even put that together <laughs> i was just thinking of something that waddles or runs badly we think he'd be good on the team but he's constantly goose stepping <laughs> and saluting the crowd can i change that you know? to penguin i want to back <laughs> out <laughs> i just wanted a bad runner uh I, I remember every day after school for track the like training of it the first like warm-up was you had to run two miles down the street and two miles back and we ran down the street that all of my friends whose parents didn't make them play track would be driving home from school on and so it was constant days of like jogging while a teacher that I hate is doing that backwards jog in front of me, like, come on, Taylor, you got to give it to me. You got to show me you want to be here if you want to make this fucking running squad. You know how it is <laughs> Which you don't. Backwards. 
which I don't want to, just being berated by my friends. Oh, fucking pussy. Oh, you're doing running? Like, ah. Oh, God, what a terrible part of my life. I hated track and field. It was the worst. worst. How many years did you do it? One. (laughs) One year. But you did it a whole season? I did it a whole season. And the the following year, uh, my parents were just like, you you really don't want to? I was like, no, please, just let me play hockey year-round or something, if that's what it takes. Like, just no more running. Horrible. I wasn't. Uh, that, I would never even consider fucking doing that. That looked like so much running to be on the track team, and that's not one of my favorite things at all. I hate running, um, so I tried to avoid that at all costs. And it's not I, fair to people who care about track too, because they're trying to win meets, <laughs> that's and true. they've got this anchor on the team who yeah. they know doesn't care, and that's not yeah. fair to them. I, I was, you know, big lanky legs, so that track was pretty much the only sport that I was really. Uh, half decent I, w- I went from bad like like you taylor to actually half decent um and the way i got there was the the advice i got i was sprinting so um but my big mistake my common pitfall at, at the beginning was i was trying too hard to get my to, to get my feet to the next push off and i wasn't thinking enough about my stride so when my coach told me that you know try to envision launching your front foot as far forward as you can before you have it touch the ground again that like shifted my focus away from trying to pump the ground as fast and hard as possible to it's more about stride and, and, and where how far forward I can get my foot before I plant it before I start to do my backstroke was uh, it just changed it, it I came I became like a, a really pretty subpar runner to yeah. a half decent sprint <laughs> I became um, overnight I remember yeah. uh, as a, I didn't sense. start swimming till my senior year but I was like a fish my whole life, right? And I had, you know, lots of surfing experience and stuff like that. So I was instantly one of the best guys on the team. And then in college, I joined, and I'm like, yeah, I only do freestyle, right? And I was so bad at the other strokes. When other people had to do other strokes, they're like, Woody, we're all embarrassed for you, right? Don't don't do the other strokes. Just swim freestyle all the time. That was high school. Come college, um, it was winter break, and they asked me to do butterfly, and I like. I knew how to do it. I had like tried it on my own and stuff. And I, it, it's, it's some consider it the toughest stroke. And for people that don't know how to swim, they can often do some kind of backstroke and some kind of breaststroke, but they can't do butter for shit. And I went out there and then he, they asked me to do butterfly and I mockingly did it. Like I put way more hips than I thought was appropriate and stuff. All the coaches were blown away by my form and how outstanding my kick was. And I added butterfly to my, my list. So that's, I became a butterflyer by being a jackass, like making fun of butterfly. And they're like, you got it. Yeah. (laughs) Butterfly sucks because I feel like, and obviously I never got great at it, but I took swimming lessons enough that I can do the butterfly. But I always felt like I'm spending 10 times as much energy as the breaststroke. And I'm only going like a little bit faster. (laughs) Like what? And maybe I was just doing it terrible. Maybe you can get going really fucking quick with a butterfly if you're good. What, what's the fastest if you're good? Freestyle? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If, so the, free is the fastest. Butter and back are nearly the same, and breast is the slowest. Is, bre- is breast uh, a hard one, or is that easy? Uh, it, it, like, in terms of, like, competing and stuff? Yeah, because that was always my favorite. That's stroke, just the standard hand-over-hand stroke, right? That's no, freestyle. Breast. Yeah, oh, so okay. freestyle's a hand. Breast is the one where you kind of go like this. And, oh, okay. uh, um 
a lot of people think that's the easiest in practice. Like you can, you go slower. No one expects you to keep up with the other strokes. Well, that's the one I can do. I, I don't swim very well, and that's the one I, I would. If yeah. I fell, if I fell into water, that's the stroke I do to try to get to safety. That's my go-to. In competition, yeah. they're all fully hard. I think you know you finish every <laughs> one of them dead, or you're not trying. Um, and the breaststroke, you have to hold your breath a long time, which kind of sucks. But yeah. Okay, then I do a modified version of it where I occasionally pull my face out and get some air. (laughs) (laughs) It breast is so slow that the underwater portion takes on like a special importance to it. And uh, you got to come off the wall and go real fast. Oh, is that the one where they just do like the dolphin kicking underwater for a long time? That's illegal. Yeah, you can't do that in any of them. But in breast, you get one pull and one kick and you got to make that last. Ah. Right. Unless the rules change. Are you a sports guy at all, Josh? No, just just track really. I mean, uh, I tried. I did like you know pop Warner football and stuff. Uh, um, but track was my my main one, and I was really a sprinter. And again, I became like a half decent sprinter. You know, won won a couple heats, came in second or third in a lot. Um, but the my my real fizzle out was I had to. Well, it wasn't a fizzle out because it was it was sort of the beginning of my running career. But I I uh, my my most embarrassing moment was I was. Uh, someone had dropped out of the 400 meter and I thought, well, you know, I do pretty good at the 100 and 200. So 400, not a big deal, right? I can, I can carry my own in that one and not a long distance runner at all. And never trained for long distance, uh, have apparent, uh, well, I would, I will have learned through this, this experience that I have no in- endurance whatsoever. I don't think 400 is <laughs> so, considered long distance though, right? That's no, mid distance no, at most. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Which is why, which is why our coaches were like, yeah, you could probably, you, you could do it. Go ahead. And uh, but even 400 was way too long for, for, for my shitty lungs. And uh, so I come we come around the first corner and I'm way ahead of the pack. I'm like, fucking hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kill this race. This is my race. What have I been doing? Wasting my time on the 100 or 200. <laughs> uh, and um, and then down the first stretch, uh, everyone just starts catching up to me. And I go around <laughs> the second I go around the second bend and everybody is just passing me by. And, and they're not passing me by like you know, at, at a modest clip, it's suddenly <laughs> as if I'm walking and they're sprinting. And that's the distance between the delta between our two paces. And then I'm coming down the last back stretch. And all I can remember, it was so embarrassing because I was basically almost blacked out. Like I'm tunnel visioning. <laughs> I'm just trying with all my might to keep running. And I just, yeah, I, I just remember the coach beside me, like, like, jogging but he's not actually jogging he's doing more vertical motion quickly because he could walk faster than i'm running and i'm like full on with all my <laughs> might and it was so embarrassing and what was really embarrassing was the how patronizing my school was about it and the and the other school was about it because they saw i was that i was that motivational story for the school <laughs> where like i was like the the special needs kid who got to have his hero moment on the basketball court right like Tower at, white guy everybody's <laughs> cheering my name and chanting me on and i'm just white like white guy white guy <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like the motivational story guy for that moment, and which was annoying because I was a half sprinter. But to right. look at me in that moment, I'm like the embarrassment of the school. So I got done, and everyone's like, "You did great!" or pat me on the back, and I'm like, "Oh God!" And I just remember looking at my dad. That was like the the one heat my dad went to, and he was just like face palming. You was, saw him <laughs> throwing over the disposable camera in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> just look like well. This is no more than blackmail now. Might as well get rid of this shit. <laughs> he comes home and tells the family he was no great shakes. <laughs> oh, my, my dad told me after 
he was driving me back because I was in eighth grade after I got blown out of that 100 meter hurdles. Like I was just, I was still kind of bummed about it because it's not fun, even if you don't care, to just get humiliated, <laughs> humiliated. I wasn't even, in, I never was in the lead, Josh. I never took the lead. <laughs> I never exploded outward. They thought people in the stands were thinking, "My God, does that boy know it started yet? Is he okay? Yeah. Oh, he's, he must be from the deaf school that's competing. You know, like he didn't hear the go." But it's like I me. suddenly it's like I suddenly it's like I was I was a really uh, gifted runner at the first around the first bend and then I suddenly it was like I was running through molasses like I literally had anchors that, in my in my shoes. Do you think that all the runners who were conditioned to the 400 and for 400 and they probably run it d many times a week, you know, they know the pacing and how oh, how they, people should keep up now, hang on. Do, do you think that they saw you explode and go, oh, my God, what, is he a collegiate runner? Or, did, or were they instantly like, what a dummy. That's Slow but steady, like. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe because, you know what? Honestly, Woody was right. Like, the 400 is not considered a distance uh, heat at all. So they probably were like, wow, he's really fucking good because yeah. they, they would never expect someone to burn imagine, out after 200 Can you imagine the like college that? track scout out there like, Holy shit, Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave. Yeah, who's this guy? This guy's <laughs> us. That's a Stanford man right there. Oh, wait, 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 what's he doing? Crinkle up the <laughs> throw away. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he's just tuckered out. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> That's a Stanford man. <laughs> hey, I got a little tip for you guys watching the Olympics this time. If you know either swimming or track, the sports are almost the same if you multiply or divide by four. So, like, if, if you're watching a guy swim 100 free... You can take that time, multiply it by four, and it's pretty much what it's like to see someone do a 400-yard thing. If someone, you know, runs 1,500 meters or something, you know, divide that by four, and you got roughly what you can expect in the 400 meter in uh, in swimming. Like the the times and the like, you know, the events and stuff are real comparable. Just runners are about four times faster. Is there like a science behind it? Is That's like water four times as yeah. dense as air, or is it just a little more than that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's called the rule of four. <laughs> yes, thank you, Taylor. It's more like the rule of four, and it's not perfect, but it's closer than you might guess. Like it'll be within two seconds or so. The, the rule of four. What's works. your uh, favorite Olympics uh, like uh, event? That's 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 an unconventional one. Don't give me fucking. I can't javelin. give you swimming. No. Yeah, exactly. Don't get me swimming. That's I honestly, I was always a little bit more entertained by curling than I should have been. Right? And, it's kind of, mm -hmm. it, it's interesting because you're like, this is a sport and then you're you're, you're just kind of <laughs> taken back by it because they're out there scrubbing the ice, you know, and I and, you know, there's the guy who's flinging the thing and it just seems so the hurler. stupid. The hurler himself. Yeah, it, it's interesting um, well, and I it like probably, curling. Yeah. when I see it, I watch it. I, I, well, so it's like it's like whenever you're at like a family reunion, it, there's always someone playing bocce, and it's kind of like bocce ball. There's always somebody playing, you know, with a shuffleboard at, at a at a bar or it's like gold medal for it. The announcers seem to be able to under to explain it too. They're like, all right, you know, that thing went in the ten. You'd think that'd be good, but it's early and so easy to knock out. You know, this is the ricochet that you might be expecting or whatever, and and you know, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it, it's almost like poker. To me, poker was terrible to watch until they dropped the percentage thing in the corner. Now you're like, oh, these guys are betting. You understood yeah. the risk. They don't yeah. know that it's 83-17, but I do. So now I'm going to watch how this plays out. Uh, prior to that, it was like, I don't really know how hard it is to like catch a club somewhere in here. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Curling's just not a good <clears throat> sport. It's not a sport. It's an activity. 
but it's like it's a Canadian thing, and I think the problem was is when they found out they could have sports on ice, they went really hog wild with hockey and put all their good ideas into that. And then when they realized, <laughs> like, fuck, all these other countries have lots of sports they enjoy. Well, we have ice. We got to keep with the theme. Can we just like, like, kind of bowl a cauldron? Why doesn't the, the Summer Olympics have happens? shuffleboard? Right, because it's uh, just ice shoot. shuffleboard, right? It really is kind of ice shuffleboard. Yeah, so the, it seems like the Summer Olympics should have shuffleboard shuffleboard. <laughs> Make it even. Yeah, or Baccarat. <laughs> I like the high dive. I like, uh, I like the Ooh, high dive because it's something one. that I think I would be very intimidated to do myself. Um, I, I, I would be... Scared. Yeah, I, I think it would be very intimidating. Um, and I... Because I, I'm certainly not acrobatic by any means. And I'm just imagining, like, what if you get half a rotation wrong? Then you hit your back on water and you just... Figure, figure skating is another good one for that same reason. There's a lot of there's a lot of aerial acrobatic like like just it's it's yeah. impressive to watch and it, it, you can appreciate the the beauty of the art form. This it's synchronized to music and it's it's a it's a performance and so there's a, there's a almost a story arc to it um, and you know and and of course it's really dram dramatic if you could clearly see when they mess up or they make a huge mistake they I fall like down the and yeah, they get so easy right away. Diving. Diving, I think, is one of the shittiest sports to participate in the whole world. Like, oh god, it's awful. If people have you don't done know, it? have I done it? Well, yeah. they're on the swim team, so I, I am like exposed oh, to okay. it. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought uh, it would like segregate them from you, actual athletes. No, instead they just treat them like second-class citizens. So they get in and out of the water constantly. They're freezing as fuck. They don't even have real towels because they work like twice. They have these like little chamois that are like towels that you can wring out they're this big and they're towels still for the men they're still wet uh they it hurts a lot right they're constantly trying new things and flopping <laughs> or whatever uh they have to dive in between swimmers doing laps right so that's like like i don't know it sounds it, stressful yeah so they class yeah like you don't get to like think and like all right now i'm gonna go it's like all right go time and you, you know you just swim like there you sorry you dive in between this and it you ever first, seen get hurt I've seen them like you know. You see that ooh, you know, not like injured, but the kind of belly yeah. flop that you wouldn't like, and okay. uh, yeah. Then the whole and and like I just feel like the success and failure of a diver is really like minute, right? Like you know, did, did, did the one thing a tiny bit better. Their ankles were touched closer toe. together. <laughs> the toes were just a little more pointed. You know, the splash, which you can only kind of gauge yourself. You know, you come up. You know, how was that one? Uh, I just think it's an awful sport to participate in. It's all if you, yuck. Uh, if you want to watch a sport that does occasionally have some really wild falls that's in the Olympics, speed skating. Mm. Some of those fuckers hit the ground or hit the boards so hard because they're fucking flying. And the thing about speed skates that you don't probably know is hockey skates, it's kind of like you're... I could draw this out. You can kinda, draw? I can draw. All right. Well, I can't draw well, but I'm saying like a hockey skate, if you're looking at the cross section of it, it's like this. So you can dig in. Can you breathe? That's invisible to me. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yep. Yeah, that's the blade so like itself, that, right? That's oh, how wow. it is. If it's a speed skate, it's like that, where it's just right. flat. I didn't know and that. so there is like... You have to be so careful with where you're placing your skates because if you're a tiny bit off, you'll just slide, just out, slide out. Why and eat shit. would they do that? Because you can. The skates are really long, and with this 
flatter blade, you you really don't have to deal with friction. Mm. Like you're you're gliding across it so well. Like the the with the, the with the other with the arc good. one, I, I know I know you'd think that oh there's there's more uh, contact with the ice, you think there'd be more friction, but it's not because the curve actually digs into the ground and yep. the ice, and then the ice has this pinching force on the friction yeah. in, in addition to it. That's why you want it in hockey, so you can quickly move back turn and forth and, and stop and turn yeah. and in uh speed scanning you just want that all flat but that looks like something that you could really fuck yourself up if you don't know what you're doing and just look that up on youtube speed skating fails or falls because some of those are like definitely broken bones and concussions uh the skiing slaloms and stuff i love those it's it's a lot of a lot of fun to watch just like the the competitive skiing courses people died a few years ago doing the uh skeleton or the slalom or something like that where they just went out of the the tube, I guess, that they race in. I don't remember where it was, but that oh didn't. god, did you see I it? S- no, I. But I've seen. I can, I'm imagining it. I've seen like where they reuse those uh, those slalom courses and stuff for like extreme bicycling and like random stuff like that. Well, like they'll <laughs> utilize that, that that infrastructure, and it looks terrifying. It's it's really exciting to for the for the the slalom skiing. It's really exciting for me to watch the uh, like the the lap timer to see like how far off the the high score you are or the person in front of you. Now you remember video games like Drive Club where they have that mode where uh, you can see the ghost image of the person in front of you racing when yeah. you're trying to like fr- fr- from somebody on the leaderboard. Yeah, that's really helpful. With. Well, I have a friend who's working on technology to build that into the Olympics. So they're they're going to have uh, like almost a ghost silhouette of the other competitors that are leading um, on the on the course as well. So you can see almost exactly where uh, the current competitor That's is. Awesome. Right That's cool, but, That's but, but so I want to awesome. see other things. Like I want to see like a lion running along and like leaving everyone behind. <laughs> or, Just or, for like, like, like reference, like if this was a if this was a cheetah, this is how fast. They, I want to see a four hundred pound man like in the back, just just like he he makes the first three steps, but out of the blocks, but really that he's just staggering because four hundred pound man should never be in the blocks. <laughs> he just kind of tumbles and you know they they kind of pan back to his ghost crawling a little. I, I would like that technology. It reminds me a little bit though of the old yellow hockey puck that Hawks that Fox had. So let's hope they yeah, yeah. do a little better. Oh man, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah. That helped um, a lot. All right, so so think about it though. You, on a modern television, yeah, that would be so stupid. But back then, on my, I remember watching a hockey game in my bedroom on my small like bubble TV, whatever. You could barely like see where the puck was half the time. And it was like, oh yeah, now I see the puck. Okay, because earlier it was just a bunch of guys sort of skating around. <laughs> like, yeah, you had to kind of use context clues to figure it out. Skating? They're terrible. <laughs> that is true. If you were watching hockey in like the 80s or early 90s and you didn't know a lot about hockey, it was kind of like, I assume the puck's in that region because all of those gentlemen seem to be interested in that <laughs> section of the boards. That's oh, they must have moved. Like, Yeah, yeah they- it was very helpful back then. Cause you know, and you got rabbit ears if you don't have cable. Like, you couldn't see that fucking puck. Yeah. Uh. I have, all right, I don't know how this topic's going to go over, but here we go. I have noticed individually on 4chan that tranny porn seems to be a very popular thing. And I thought they were all joking, like in on the joke. Like, they, you know, like, oh, yeah, post your favorite, uh, tranny is a bad word. What are you supposed to say, transvestite? Transgender? Transgender. Let's just stick with tranny because the next word is porn. Okay, I don't know, but... I, 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 let's not offend anyone when we talk about when we watch videos of them fuckings to jerk off. Like, come on. <laughs> so in my head, it was like, well, tranny porn, that's really gay, right? Like, like, like watching tranny porn. But then the argument was made that it is less gay 
right? Because most porn is half girl, half guy, right? But tranny porn is ha half girl and then half half girl, half guy. So it's seventy five percent girl. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I I'm following you. All right. So so let me help you out here. In a standard straight porno, por porno, you've got half girl, half guy. So half of your porn is a dude you're watching. Mm -hmm. In tranny porn, if you're watching tranny on female porn, which is a a subgenre of the of the topic itself, then you've got one actual female with a vagina and a transsexual, which is half a female by Woody's uh, estimation. And so, seventy-five out of a hundred, seventy-five percent girl. That and math. even and, and <laughs> even and, and by this logic, by this argument, then uh, tranny on guy porn is less gay than guy on guy porn. Of course, right? Yeah, because at least you're twenty-five percent girl in that situation. It's the straightest of gay porn. Well, the okay. the logic is it seems sound. The numbers uh, check at, out. At first check. The, the numbers <laughs> check out. I, I'm running the math through my, in my head, and it makes total sense. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I wow. think that that's become a. I think that's a real big fetish online. I, I see. I saw Bailey. Um, I was flipping through um, Reddit the other day on my phone, and it was um, maybe it was uh, the titty drop subreddit, whatever that is. You know, the tit drop where they like raise the shirt and the titties fall bounce. <laughs> I, I mixed and, them up. And, and, and there's Bailey J, uh, like like on on that one. And I'm like, I go to check the comments to see if everybody's hip to Bailey J. They know who she is and everything. And and they all are. Everybody in there. There was like one guy who was like, "Wow, she's so hot." And then like 50 people going like, "But she's got a dick." <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a she's a yeah. Like so a tranny there's porn star. A there's very two good one. Yes. tranny porn stars. One is Bailey J, and the is the other Chris Angel. Who's the other one? Isn't it Chris oh, Angel? Chris Angel's no. a magician. Chris Angel's the straight magician. Well, the okay. I, he's the one who made her uh, he's buck angel or something. Come on, come on. Help me out. A buck angel. Buck I, angel. Yeah, yeah. All right. And you know what? I just had to get close, and then we can get there as a team. Chris so, angel. So Chris buck, angel will make your Chris cock angel, disappear. Buck angel. And buck angel will make your dick disappear. <laughs> buck angel <laughs> looks like a dude. Like, a, like, he vibes dude. He sounds dude. If you were to see him with his shirt off, you would think dude. He's Shaved muscular. Head, mustache, I, I think that... X. He can beat either of us in an arm wrestling contest, right? And he's got like tattoos. He just all about. Oh, but he has a vagina. But he has a vagina. Yes. Yeah, and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He has real low body fat too. So like, just everything about she him was. is just like kind of like I don't know, like so prison would you, tough. So would you do him? No, no. We've no. talked about this before. Yeah, the we, question, we both of course, comes down to: Would you fuck? Would you rather fuck this woman who? Looks exactly like a man, except for the vagina, and that's not an exaggeration by uh, by any means. Or would you rather fuck the man who looks exactly like a woman, except for the penis, and that's not an exaggeration by any means. Yeah, yeah. And of course, on. of course, you want to fuck <laughs> the man who looks exactly like a woman. Yeah. Un unless you're just so hung up on and and an actual homophobe. Like I hate the word homophobe because I think it should be okay to just dislike people who are gay. You should be able to do that. But I'm not afraid of them. I don't well, agree no, it, it's, with that. I came out wrong, didn't it? Yeah, I know what you meant. There's going to be something different there. What, what, what you meant <laughs> is, Wait a minute. Yeah, you're not attracted to homosexuals, but you're... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's what you were going for. In the most uncouth way possible. <laughs> right? right? Like, that like thing was put together really well shop. in my head, and then it I came just, out. I was like, "Wait, wait, that is racism. That's that's what you just yeah. I that, just, that's I bigotry. Just love, it's a bigotry." You can see the moment yeah. you realized, in, in amidst all of the silence, that you said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Wait a minute, I need to find bigotry." No, yeah. All right. So what Kyle is saying is, it's okay to be not attracted to another guy. 
Um, but he's saying you should be able but, to take it further but, and hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you shouldn't call it homophobia because that implies you're scared of him. And in reality, you just don't want to fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, that's, I mean, I don't think anybody who's intellectually honest would say those are the same things. Right, exactly. You no know, one smart is going to call what you were actually trying to describe as homophobia. Yeah. Um, that's just sensational people trying to get a rise out of you that would call yeah. you homophobic. So, and, and to me, it came down like I totally preferred Bailey J because at least she vibes, girl. You know, yeah, look, I'll get in every way. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the whole experience is one of a man and, and a woman, except for the penis. Let me open incognito mode. <laughs> I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the I'm told. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, I, I guess I, I wonder if this is like, see, as you get older, like when I'm 29, right? I'm like, dude, I don't know what's up. I'm still in touch. Like, you know, like I feel like I know exactly what the. No, no, no. Yeah. Like when I was 29, I felt like. I still kind of got teenage culture. Like, I was, you know, a hip do it all. It wasn't like, and I didn't feel even like invisible to 18 year olds or something, right? I was married and such, but like, you know, whatever. At 43, I'm like, is this what the kids are jacking to now? I don't know. <laughs> you know God like, damn it, I'm behind the times. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have any teenagers being like, you know what? If I'm honest with you, I do like the tranny pool. Like, no, that, that, that doesn't exist in my whole life anymore. I, uh, <laughs> you know, the radio in my truck it, it is mediocre, but because the tires are loud, the whole music experience is just awful. And uh, what it's done to me is I only like songs I've heard already. Right, because if I hear it for the first time, like I don't get it, I don't know any of the words. Like all you get is a suggestion of the song that might be playing over all this fucking noise. So, like it's it's musically, I'm stagnant there too, because I only like songs I've heard before, and I really listen to music much outside the car. So I don't like pop. I don't like like teen culture. I really despise it, and and. and (laughs) I don't think that that's unique to my generation. I guess it happens every every single time, and I think it's for a reason. It's 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 what young people like is real shit, and uh, and 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 we've just wise up. Except when we bit. were young. Oh, okay. oh we were stupid too. That shit, the fucking Britney Spears and NSYNC, all that was garbage. I'm that, before you. I have MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Yeah, all that shit was garbage. <laughs> like, like like that that shit was trash, and we shouldn't have been into it. We should have been fucking getting some Sinatra vinyl or something. You're I don't telling know. me that NSYNC's No Strings Attached. That came out one was not an excellent CD. Well, those dance <laughs> numbers, those dance numbers were pretty fucking tight. Like they were good. Like like all the like like you know they were like the puppets. They were all like marionettes dancing and sync and stuff. And that stuff and was sync, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, huh. but 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 ninety percent of that ninety percent of that stuff was garbage. And I think that happens every generation and every young person just has bad taste. Because you're a young person, you haven't you haven't you haven't developed any taste yet. How would you know what's fucking good? But at the time, Backstreet Boys sounded great. Sure. Backstreet. I mean, I think so. Yeah, they're the they're the first ones, right? Backstreet Boys. No. They were before NSYNC. I'm going for New Kids on the Block. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, New Kids on the Block was uh, before me and Kyle. I yes, think. they were my teenage years. Um, I, I remember Wings of Redemption held this story. He's like, I hated Leonardo DiCaprio. This is Wings. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was like mortal enemies. He and, and Leonardo DiCaprio, he just like hated everything about him. And he really hated everything about him because girls preferred Leonardo DiCaprio to Wings of Redemption. And uh, now he's like, you know what? 
Leonardo DiCaprio is a pretty good actor. That's his current yeah. standard. That was uh, Orlando Bloom in at, in my age group. It was New and Kids on the Block for me. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hate Orlando Bloom though because he played Legolas, and <laughs> give him a little bit of leeway. But yeah, it, Kyle's right. It happens with every generation. Yeah, I remember there was a girl that I, I wasn't like making a move or anything, but if she expressed any return interest, I'd have been on it. And uh, her interest seemed to be more towards New Kids on the Block than me. So fuck them. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know what she could have had. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think uh, we're getting pretty near the end here. How, how much? How long? How deep are we into this uh, this show tonight? Three forty-eight. Let's crack four hours so that uh, everyone's so happy. Yes, <laughs> it's just yes, twelve minutes. So, so the kids these days just acquire that silence. arbitrary number. That's the they do. Days, they do. They days, they they want longer podcasts. They want longer than two hours. Yeah, Apparently. you know what? We we broke four like a time or two. And then all of a sudden, they, they loved it so much it became the standard for us. Let us know in the comment box. How long do you? What do you prefer? What what length of show do you do you mm. like? Let us know. Let us know. Um, are you want another topic? I have sure. eight ways you can get on the new fly list queued up. So the no fly list? Yes, I said it. I wrong. could add. I could think of more than eight. <laughs> <laughs> I got all kinds of cool ideas. So um, this is the top eight. We'll stay. So one, being suspected of direct terrorist activity. Seems cool enough. Traveling to certain countries. Uh, if you go to the wrong countries, you can put a flag on you and you can lose your, you can get on the no-fly list. Something you said in the past. Um, here's a guy who, um, who gave a lecture that was critical of President Bush and now he's on the no-fly list. You can have oh. a similar name to someone who's on the no-fly list. Um, not becoming an informant. Uh, there were four Muslims who were put on the no-fly list because they refused to spy for the FBI. Clerical error. Law enforcement issues. People who have open warrants or other characteristics, including criminal activity, find themselves on the list. And the eighth one, controversial tweets. I honestly uh, thought this was going to be a list like, oh, masturbating in the bathroom at the airport. Or, you know, trying to bring a full bottle of Dasani in your backpack. Or Half of those were, like, mistakes. Like, clerical errors, same name as someone else. And then there's, like, social media tweets. And I, I wanted it to be... I wanted, I wanted number eight to be Googling this list. Like, I wanted it to be some, like, awesome punchline at the end of it. Uh, but nope. No, they went serious on us. It was relevant yeah, because they're talking about using the no-fly list as a no-gun list. And... You can't, um, like... That, that was such a, like gut reaction from people where they were like oh well you know if you're on the no fly list you shouldn't be able to get a gun anyway it's like well you yeah. like that that you can't base shit like that on an arbitrary list that you can be thrown on as a mistake or for any reason well like, the, the, the 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 big contradiction is because i i look i understand the emotional response right but the big contradiction is we were once applauding edward snowden for revealing all of this illegal wiretapping and all these rights that the government was trampling on and we were condemning the bush administration for this illegal detention and indefinite detention of just suspected terrorists and not convicted terrorists without due process so really it just comes back to where do you, how 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 serious are your principles? You know how how are you going to stand by them even in times of inconvenience? Because it was very convenient and easy to be on the popular side of those issues. But on this issue, the question is, if the FBI who did interview the Orlando guy, I'm not going to say his name, um, you know, if even if obviously they suspected him of some shit, 
but they didn't have anything actionable that could warrant a search and seizure in his home that could warrant locking him up. And so at what point, you know, at what length do you suspend people's rights um, just under suspicion? And where is the burden of proof lie? And where, where does that fall on the due process plot line, uh, timeline? Right? I have a personal so it, answer. It, I, and by the way, I think you stated that really well. I thank you. Yeah. Um, I feel like the process for getting on the no gun list, right? Let's make up a new list should be similar to that of getting a warrant, you know, like, look, because it, it, because you have another right, like uh, they can't do a legal search and seizure, right? I think it's the Fourth Amendment. They can't just go in your house and check it. <clears throat> Everybody wants to take away your, your gun rights. But I bet that illegal search and seizure stuff protects a lot more criminals than gun rights do, right? There are tons of guys who know, like, you can't come in here. This is my safe zone, right? Yeah, right. That door stays locked until you get some sort of actionable proof that lets you come in my house. But it's possible to do that. You just have to get a warrant. And our judges have proven to be you know, pretty reasonable, I think, on the warrant thing. Like, they wouldn't get a... You have to show them something. You know, they're not perfect. You know, I'm sure there'll be flaws and such. But I feel like, in general, when cops get warrants, they get them because they had something to go on. You know, they don't just get to raid everybody's house that they want to. So... Maybe that's the best system we have if we're a gun list. You're like, look, you want to stop this buy guy from buying a gun? Show me his terrified girlfriend, you know, who, who has these threats, who can tell the story of the boyfriend banging on the door, and now she's scared for her life. You know, all right. Any, any probable cause, right, really. Yeah. Um, and, and, and make sure that that probable cause is, is obtained in a way that is legal. So there's also this disconnect between how we collect our information about <laughs> international terrorists and how we collect information about U.S. citizens, mm -hmm. and there's a big disparity there. And a lot of what, a lot of the, the what what falls under the burden of proof for suspecting you of terrorism is not enough to trigger a warrant or to suspect you of a of a, of a civil crime in, as a citizen. Like visiting so, a country, right? So exactly. So so because there's that disconnect. So I really empathized with uh, you know, of course, all the victims of the of the the shooting, but I also really empathized with like the FBI and a lot of people, the government and the police force who are being crucified basically in the court of public opinion about you had this guy, how could you let it happen? And it's like, well, we, we, we let it happen because we were doing everything you demanded us to do, which was give people due process and not, you know, wiretap them illegally. Um, so yeah, it, it was a shitty situation all around. And, and, um, you know, I actually, so I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a second amendment guy, but I'm definitely, I own guns. Um, I think that it's really counterproductive to make the conversation about Second Amendment and about gun abolishment and prohibition. It's just, I, I think that there is a lot better uses of our time and effort. Like, I, I, I fall on the side of there's definitely, it, it shouldn't be easier to get guns than it is to get a driver's license. I agree with that. But I don't it's not. agree. You need a driver's license to get a gun. Not in every state. And, yes, and, and you, this yes is, you do. Well, this you you don't need a driver's license. You need an ID. You need a, a government issued ID. ID. Um, so so the you know the 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 burden of proof that you are responsible enough to drive a vehicle is higher than the burden of proof that you're responsible enough to own a weapon, a firearm. Well, and we've I got a privilege versus a right. Like you know that. Like one is a, a little a legit right that's given yeah. to you upon birth to bear arms, and Driving the other is. is a Privilege. But that's but see, but that's what I'm saying is that I don't think that it's I don't think it's productive to debate the rights issue because it's this really complex system that becomes unraveled and unpacked and it's way better to look at the 
um, the, you, the, the, it, the other context what I heard is that would lead them to be it should be a privilege to bear arms like you know like hey you know let's let's turn it into like the testing thing we, we can make bearing arms a privilege too this is how I unpack that and you know you just gotta... in, in some states it's kind of like that like if you're in New York right. or California mm -hmm. they've already you know done away with the second amendment for all intents and purposes by just making it fucking ridiculously hard to to enact your right like we right, had Anthony the, on the other week yeah. right but look there's 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 a there are reasonable constraints on every right right like you, you have a right to free speech but not if you're inciting violence or a riot right mm -hmm. so there's you know there there's there are reasonable limits on rights and yeah, you could, you know, if you wanted nuance. I feel like if we do it, like, all right, so let's apply your reasonable limits that you did for gun ownership and be like, you know what, you need to like pass a certain test and prove that you have a certain mindset before you can have a Twitter account. You know, uh, because. Oh, for. No, I'm just, well, I'm, again, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, applying the same thing to your free speech, right? Like, you know, you, no, need, because I you can, should have I to pass a test account, and get a government I, approval before you have a YouTube account. Because you know what? Like that voice could reach a lot of people. And, you know, we can't just have everybody with free speech. No, but, it's but a privilege. Again, so, again, I, I, I prefaced all of this with saying I think this is the wrong way to go about the problem. Because it's what's happening is we're, di we're, we're, we're digressing into this place that's really counterproductive. Because, again, now you're talking about private companies with their own terms of service and their own policies for how you can operate on their, on their sites. You, you, you can go out and shout anything you want into the street or into a crowded theater. You cannot shout fire in a crowded theater that does not have a fire burning, right? Um, similarly, I could not go on Twitter and say and tweet out that there's an active shooter incident on this college campus and to seek shelter and expect my account to not get terminated if that were to blow up and people were to react to that and uh, it, you know and it were to cause panic or incite incite fear in people. So it, it becomes like really really silly really fast. I think I think the pragmatically you could take a step back though and understand why it's not okay to shout fire in a crowded theater. Well, yeah, but yeah, like no one's arguing for that. All I'm saying is like, hey, if you treat the second amendment, you know, the second right like you do your other rights, then suddenly like putting a lot of tests in front of it, you know, you start to realize like, oh no, 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 the second right is the second class citizens. All the other ones, pleading the fifth, right to free speech, right, you know, prevention of illegal search and seizure, women being allowed to vote. Those, you know, we don't fuck with those. But the second amendment, that's a second class right. And we mess with it all we want, right? It should be hard to exercise no, that but, right. But 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 the the logic goes back to any other right, right? So like the your your right to you know liberty and, and pursuit of happiness and mobility, right? Are you suggesting that the speed limit of fifty five miles per hour is infringing on a right, and now it's a privilege to drive fifty five miles an hour? Like you, you know, well, it is no, a privilege would, to drive compare, fifty miles fifty five miles an hour. It's a privilege that. to drive at all. Right. Like it, it, when you start saying like, you know, you keep going back to the, hey, you know what? We should take the way that we treat privileges and treat our rights like that. Then you're like, ah, you know, but I find that people are only in favor of that on the Second Amendment. They're only against it, honestly, in the Second Amendment. They're, they're in no. favor of that with the First Amendment. People are in favor of it being illegal to shout fire in a crowded theater. People are in favor of that universally. Well, that, and that's with the First Amendment. I, I don't quite understand this equivalency you're drawing between guns and shouting fire in a crowded theater. 
I'm talking uh, about reasoned reasoned uh, limits on them. So, for example, a limit on owning guns is if you have a uh, if you've been convicted of a felony or you've uh, committed a crime with a firearm, right? That's a reasonable restraint. That's that becomes a privilege to that class of citizen. And so that you know, adding in additional layers like that. Um, perhaps with mental health checks, perhaps with competency, your, your ability to operate a firearm, right? There's a lot of accidental deaths and there's a lot of people who don't understand even how they physically mechanically yeah. operate. So adding in additional layers and checks there and then mandating them, making it mandatory in every state um, that you have those checks and those, those uh, pass those certifications. I classify that under the same category of pragmatic, reasonable limits on a, what oh. should still remain a right. I understand which like okay that that clarified it so yeah, uh, yeah and, I understand you know where I'm you're not... coming from it's oh, just a, like I think what people are more nervous about is already in like I said in like New York City or Chicago like there's so much bureaucratic red tape to getting guns just for the sake of making it difficult but exactly that's that's all the, that's all that's, the bad wrong yeah, type of legislation and that's what people yeah. are afraid of it devolving into so when the second yeah. amendment is under attack people you know they're they're not they don't want to give up an inch of ground because they can see the writing on the right. wall of these people don't just want to take away assault rifles. A good percentage of them just want all guns gone. On both a sides of, of this, do. on both sides of this issue, it's it's almost like picking sides and taking pom and rattling pom poms, like with the Brexit leave versus stay uh, referendum, right? Mm -hmm. it, uh, there's there, there's some, but there's people who everybody's talking in black and white. No pun intended on race relations, and there's no gray, there's no, there's no middle, and not enough people are thinking pragmatically. So you have lobbyists and interests who will take studies and, uh, that that simply prove their confirmation bias on this side, and then on the extreme other side, it's the exact inverse of that equation. And there's not enough people going, yeah, a lot of the gun laws we're passing now or even debating now are fucking stupid, but. That's not to say that there aren't good gun laws to think about, and there's not good gun laws to enact. Yeah, I'm actually more um, aligned does, with that you. That does then. not mean prohibition. That does not mean confiscation. Um, again, that's just one of the extremes. I'm not. I'm actually more aligned with you than it might have sounded earlier. You know, because like, yeah. I feel like there might be some reasonable law to pass. Uh, it's just that I never hear those. I always hear like, "Oh, look, this Here, gun." You hear the sensational, right? This gun the looks that like that other gun country. that's used in the military. We should get rid of it, right? People want to get rid of the black guns all the time. Um, you know, because they look yeah. like they're tactical and they're scary looking, and the, but it, it's it's a dumb way to do it. People want to get rid of fully auto, but it's not even an effective way to like do bad things. They're just more they're just fun sometimes. Um, I wonder what Kyle said. Kyle, do you know that you muted? It broke. I'm, I'm assuming he's oh, saying it broke and he can't figure it out. At first, I thought that he um he was mouthing words, and now I realize that he can't speak. But uh, <laughs> he can hear, though. So, um, uh, and then they, they, oh, but there might be some reasonable thing. Like, the, the thing, like, hey, let's, let's restrict gun rights in the same way that, like, you know, we break our Fourth Amendment right by having a judge decide. You know, the judges are good at deciding. That's kind of what they do. Um, or Not something really. else reasonable. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> judges, I, I uh, not always. I don't know who's better than judges at deciding. <clears throat> so. Well, Kyle got disconnected. You guys want to call it a show there? Since Kyle oh. is apparently I'm gone. back. There oh, he is. Back. Kyle, did you want to jump in? Did you know that we couldn't hear you at first? No, you thought I thought we were being I, rude. I, I was getting, I was getting fucking madder over you. and madder. 
and I was about to have to cut someone out, and it was between Josh and you, and I was just like, why are you ignoring me? <laughs> At one point, I literally screamed, is my fucking mic not working? What's your problem? And then I realized it wasn't working, because it was like the fifth time I'd been talked over, and I was just like, I fucking know about this. Why aren't they listening to me? From my perspective, I was getting so mad. From my perspective, if we actually were just talking over you, and right now is our long game trick of like. I thought your thing of sitting there and mouthing words without actually joining the conversation was a little juvenile. That was in my brain. I was like, you're like. Like you're passive aggressive, like rolling your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> words like like if you mispronounce a name, I'll pronounce it correctly, or or like or or, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. If we get a to a thing wrong, I'll like say what I think it is, or if I disagree, I've seen with that. Yeah, to yeah. kind of let the audience know that like there's no reason to stop the flow of the show right here. But I'm not co-signing. I kind of give mm -hmm. a little visual stimuli. But at that, I, yeah, the fucking mic just wasn't working. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I need to look into that. Well, I don't feel so bad about my cam problems at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so yeah. what, what did you did you want to say something, Kyle? Uh, Put a period on the so end of the show. I things I, I don't even remember back. I I, I think you with the gun law thing. I, I think what you they're always coming up with this this one or that one. But I think what you really look at at is what change are you trying to affect with this gun law? Let's start there. What is it that you think is happening right now that is bad? because of the laws that are currently on the books, and how will your new law fix that or change that? And that's where you need to be. It doesn't need to be statistics. It doesn't need to, you don't need to be worrying about if the gun's black, green, or yellow. Just start where, with what I just said and, and go from there, because they're going to say, oh, well, it's too easy to acquire these firearms. It's, okay, so, so who's, who's, who's acquiring these firearms going around through your loophole and then committing crimes? Because I read today that one of the guns used in that Paris shooting was part of the whole Fast and Furious scandal, where Obama had Eric Holder um, leaking weapons using the ATF into Mexico. I mean, mm. if anyone's like, it's like the, the American citizen is kind of taking care of his own guns. Like, Woody's guns are locked up over there. My guns are locked up over here. We acquired our guns the right way, and when they talk about loopholes, got it. You can't get too much more into guns than I am. Like. It's hard for me to talk to one of my like associates without it being about guns or about gun rights or something like that. That's what we talk about here, and I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable on it. Yeah. I don't know what these fucking loopholes are. It, like, they keep talking about these loopholes, and I'm like, I'd like to get get in one of them loopholes. Like, like I don't want to do any paperwork. If I could just go somewhere and, like, yeah, here's $500. Give me that firearm. I know I it. I don't and, know where to go. I can go to a gun show, and I can look for the guy who's wearing the rifle, but... What kind of selection am I really getting there? He's it, not when I whenever I see that it's Milserp. It's 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 an AR. Yeah. It's a, a, a Mosin Nagant. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a British 303 Bush gun. Military surplus. It's World War II, and this is Pappy's old rifle that he's trying to get rid of. I yeah. rarely see a guy with a, like a, a pickup truck full of ARs in the parking lot slinging them for three grand a pop. Often to like. It, and you think it's always sunny of it where they yeah. try and convince themselves that it's really easy to get guns like i feel like the only people who think it's so fucking easy to get guns have never <laughs> actually bought a gun it's not like 
like they go in with like this, huh? Here's a grand in cash. Yeah, no, but, Give well, real me the real quick, real quick. We are law-abiding citizens who would never do something outrageously stupid to acquire a gun. So for us, it is really, really difficult. So now you're talking but, about a felon, right? A felon who is a tri- who's trying to acquire right. a weapon. Two, well, not just a felon, but any, anybody who's just willing to go outside of the law, which we, which people, people well, us in this conversation are. Well, not. that makes like, them yeah, felons. <laughs> yeah, it, it's only felons, really, or terrorists, I suppose, who don't necessarily have a criminal record, too. but. People who are up to no good and and right. think they're going to survive the thing they're going to do with the guns. Those are the ones who are trying to get a gun in a nefarious way. And right. if you if you're if you're a criminal, then why would a gun no, stop you? So, so ironically, what you were saying is, is you're all you're saying is just reinforcing what me and Woody really were agreeing on, which is these are just the we're we're, we're sensationalized and debating the wrong laws, the wrong yeah. issues, and and but that doesn't mean there's not right laws. But here's the thing: anytime anybody in the middle tries to talk about the right laws. The people on the left or the right just sensationalize it and categorize it as one or the other. And so even the good ideas get get put into this box that no one wants to hear about anymore. And it's, like there's it a thing. I, it, I don't like it when they call it the gun show loophole. And that's all they call it. There yeah, is it's, no it's, it's, gun show loophole. It doesn't exist. I swear to you, I bought three guns at gun shows, and you fill out the exact same paperwork. Well, again, that you the, do, the hold on. Then you fill out the exact same paperwork that you do in a gun store. There's no gun show loophole. What there is, you know, if you're to be fair about this, is a private yeah. seller loophole, right? I right. can buy from another Craigslist. guy, and it doesn't have to happen at a gun show, right? It can, it can be. I don't know if Craigslist allows you to post there, but I'm sure that it happens. Oh, yeah, they no. don't. But they, but yeah, you could potentially. I don't know. You, you go to your off-roading club, and some guy's selling a gun there, and there is a private seller loophole, and if you call it that, where you can just buy a gun off another dude. And you don't fill out the same paperwork that you do at a gun show. And but to be clear, that is illegal. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, so no. yeah, no, it, it's absolutely not. So so and and there is a place where a, a law could be in put it put in place, and it already has been because if you sell a certain number of firearms right. per year mm-hmm. or a certain gross amount of dollars, then clearly you are in the business of selling firearms. It's a it's at least a part, a substantial part of your income. So you should have to get a federal uh, a firearms license. Like they have like other tests too. It's, like if you have a business card. You know, if you have a no, business no. card, sure. for it. yeah, that's yeah. good. So, so, so the reason why I don't want to talk about complete gun bans and abol and abolishments is because everybody likes to talk about Australia and how effective it was there. But it's like Australia doesn't have two neighboring countries to the north and south of them who, with this massive border, where you know you, you think that you see what the what what our war on drugs has done to the drug import and export business for Mexico, and you have to imagine Nothing. that that same problem is going to happen with firearms if we were to ever consider a real ban in the country. And, um, like, real quick interject, the Australia thing, unless I'm mistaken, when you actually look up the violent crime stats instead of the gun crime stats, yeah, violent it's crime pretty similar, and it's yeah. it actually goes up a little bit. It's just because it moved it just from guns to stabbings, or stabbings to, well, you grab, grab a cudgel and beat someone to death. A boomerang. We're all really just afraid of the, of, of, the, of the mass shootings, even though st- if you, know, you look at the stats, it's, it's more likely you win a Powerball than being involved in a mass shooting, but, um, you know, it... It doesn't matter. Everybody's still really, really afraid of that, and that's why we talk about the AR-15, which kills less than eight percent or five percent, whatever it is, of the people a year in the country. And yeah, and it's this just time Florida had a SIG. 
You know, yeah, of course, and, and and you we we are all weapon you know gun guys, right? We know that you can get a high capacity magazine in your Glock, and you can go out and cause you know just as much damage that a, a forty five caliber round is going to do a lot, just as much to you as a two two uh, three a two two three is going to do, right? Or a five five six. So, um, you know, but but the mainstream doesn't understand that, and um, where, where there's too many interests that are are just looking to win. A vote and they're not interested in actual progress and so whenever I talk on the issue I try to talk about the pragmatic middle the 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 reasoned um, solutions and the reasoned steps we can take to solve what is legitimately a problem there are more people per capita getting hurt and killed by firearms in our country than other countries and there there is a way that we can mitigate more that people uh, more people drown in houses that own swimming pools, I've heard as well. Oh, that's that's true. But again, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think that's it's just not pragmatic to talk about that either because it's like I am um, one issue oh, I God. have. I don't like that they lump in the. <laughs> I don't like that they lump suicides. in the suicide stats with the yeah. other ones. That I feel. and the accidental discharges. Oh, and, and the other thing that I hate is the 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 one side inflating the mass shooting stats by counting it any time that two people or more are involved in the in the right. shot. So no one like, thinks that, that means mass shooting. Suicide. You could have fired one bullet and got a collateral. Like, yeah. like that's not a mass shooting. Come on. I, I saw well, a murder suicide on. is a mass shooting. A, a gang that just you know blows by two dudes in a car is a mass shooting. And it's like this is not the same thing though as Orlando. We're, we're, we're these these statistics and these sensational commercials make it out like an event like Orlando happens every day in our country. Yeah. that's not, not even close. They, I saw what was on Twitter after the Orlando shooting, where you know obviously everybody's got an agenda in the the few days following shit like that, and they were saying you know there have been 990 some odd mass shootings since Sandy Hook, killing a total of 1,079 <laughs> people, and it's like wait, yeah. wait hold on like I'm not saying that that's good or okay in any way, but. Somebody's, it's not as scary as you're making it out to yeah, me. Somebody is yeah. finagling the numbers and really over there crunching the numbers, trying to make it exactly fit their Tetris agenda of, like, this is what right. we need it to be. Meanwhile, 4,000 people have been sucked into cherry harvesters. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going Threshers with cloud suck on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I, like, I, I thought this was better than normal gun talk, in my opinion. Yeah. Yay. It definitely yeah. was. Thank right. you for coming on, Josh. Josh, what are you working on lately? Well, I'm working on a bunch of things. Uh, so at 3D Realms, I'm helping uh, uh, build out this uh, interesting indie uh, program that for, for publishing indie games. Again, we want to become more friends to indie developers. We think that that's where a lot of the innovation is taking place and a lot of the risks are happening. So for just a little incremental help, we can bring a lot of more creativity and unlock a tremendous amount of creativity and bring it to more people than, than ever before. So we'll be talking a little bit more about that later this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our own game coming out as well later this year that we'll be talking more about. So keep an eye on at 3D Realms on Twitter or me on Twitter. Um, it, mine's JD underscore 2020. Um, and then on the side, I'm also doing a bunch of other stuff. I've got a, a mobile game that I'm working on called Boxy Kingdom. It's a free-to-play game that's like Crossy Roads, but combined with a dungeon crawler. Um, I'm, I'm working on uh, a few other mobile titles as well that I can't talk about yet, but I'm just doing a lot of little things and I'm, I'm waiting to see what ticks um, and, and what catches. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm far from my days of just being the, you know, the, the one trick pony guy, the, the Call of Duty guy, right? Um, I still try to be as active in the Call of Duty community as I can. I try to help advise on esports issues and, and um, you know, a lot of the 
strife that the community is feeling right now. Um, I try to be active on Reddit and try to be active on Twitter and social media in informing and engaging those those issues. But um, so, you know, I, I don't want to Call of Duty is always going to have a special place in my heart. So I don't want anybody to feel like I've turned my back on that. Cool. And hey, before we wrap up the show and talk about uh, our Patreon, if you guys know, there's a link on the side there. And uh, for $5 a month, you can get access to PKN, the video side of it. And um, do I have those backwards? No. $5 to get PKA early. We upload it as soon as we finish wrapping. This show will literally be up within like an hour of me saying this right now and available for you. Um, sometimes that means getting it on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night because we film out of schedule. But most of the time, you're getting it a day or two early because normally it's up on on a Saturday afternoon, and we can get it to you on a Thursday night or a Friday morning very early uh, using PKN. That's then that's uh, or, or when you get the PKN. early access for five bucks. For ten bucks, you get you get that as well as PKN every week, which is the hour long additional show that we do. Um, where I think we have a lot of fun, and it's a little more casual, a little more laid back, and because we're only filling an hour, like. It's a little more rapid fire. I have, I have fun with those. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So check out the PKN, uh, the Patreon on the side. Uh, maybe you'll find something you think is cool. Check out all of JD2020 stuff. Well. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Anything yeah, else, Kyle? Thanks for coming, man. No, that's all I got. Mail me stuff in my P.O. Box, 102 Carnesville, Georgia, 30521. <laughs> all right. That was PKA289. Bye, guys. <laughs>